Hi there, welcome back. Welcome back. And um, we've been listening to Gaia, but let's check into Midas Touch and see if there's some juicy news about motherfucking traitor Trump going to fucking jail! Finally! What the hell is wrong with you people, man? Um. This is popping up the Big Bang Anunnaki Chronicles. Oh my god. Oh, wait, that's the only album. That's not Billy Carson. I thought it was Billy Carson. Chronicles of the Anunnaki. Hmm. That looks bitchin'. Okay. And. thinking of making some chicken curry and rice. Sounds nice. We'll come back to the Chronicles of the Anunnaki. Let's go to Midas Touch. You know, my uh, microphone cords is broken. I have to see if I can find another one. But it's the universe telling me to go a cappella. And acoustic. It's a way to go. Keep it simple, stupid. It's like maybe I had too many pets. But I was gearing up to actually that was my I was gonna turn that into a income stream. I raised all those mini, like 50, 60 mini chickens. That's like a hundred bucks a piece for a special, you know, mini chicken. That's uh, five, six thousand dollars right there that they stole away from me. And they stole my pets. You know, they're not just my pets, they're other people's future pets. Motherfuckers, they just want to sell them off for themselves. They do a brisk side business. By the way, apparently they do a brisk side bit. I'm going to put that on Instagram and TikTok. Um, I'm going to still call it a Twitter. Fuck that X shit. Um, P.S. I heard they do a brisk Everybody call, call, 
Selling our pets. Pima at Hack. Just do a fuck some fucking articles on that. Better not even think of that, mofos. Cease and desist. We filed to get sanctions against Hack and APS. Withholding our pets. Stop torturing them. No 54k extortion. Fucking stop. Uh, we filed for for sanctions against PAC withholding. A mountain. Okay. Anyway. Let's ah. see. So shout out to KA and Peace in Radio with the University of Abbotstone. And keep it watching, but we all keep travel radio, travel radio, travel anyhow. On the rise with Tristan travel radio, travel radio. Okay. Sicko Trumper gets the brutal karma he always deserved. Terrified Trump Rico to co-defendants make desperate ask in federal court. These motherfuckers just everybody's still running free. <laughs> Duh. Like fucking three years later. Fuck you, Justice Department. Jealous MAGA demand Travis Kelsey. Uh, Casey Chiefs be canceled as he leaves the game. As he leaves the game with Taylor Swift. It looks kind of cute to me. Hey, Taylor. He's cute. <laughs> Go.
I'm a heavy metal fan that respects Swift a lot. She stood up to that scooter bully, now standing up to right-wing hate mongers. Good on her and Kelsey. Relationships are hard to find. Go for it, Travis and Taylor. Make it work. Seeing MAGA meltdown over this is priceless. <laughs> Say it again. I've suddenly become a fan of Taylor. Go, girl. Use your platform. Get your generation involved. Yeah, thank you. Uh... Something to a crowd. For getting 35,000 people to register just by saying something to a crowd. Do you want to... My yo. Hey Taylor Swift, do you want to run for the executive with me? Hey Taylor Swift. Okay, let's go to where it's supposed to be on Midas Touch. Come on, Midas Touch. Um, 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 Trump issues order the House GOP to shut down government and then blame Biden. Fucking asshole. Fight up suburban women instantly destroy latest GOP scheme. Sounds cool. Trump gets the gag. I judge, so what's next with this dangerous threat? The weekend show. Okay, cool. There are three toxins that are commonly found in supplements that you don't want anywhere near you. Number one, pesticide. Security expert and army veteran who served as the lead threat analyst and incident responder on the Biden Harris campaign in 2020. Jackie Sir, welcome back to the weekend show. Thank you so much. Uh, hello again, Anthony. Uh, and a big hello to everyone watching. It's great to be here again, and I'm so excited to talk about it. 
we've got lots to talk about. I want to look at, uh, we'll kind of we'll have a big picture conversation about the state of the world. This is after the UN Secretary General basically tipped off all of the world leaders and said they weren't doing enough. So we'll, we'll look at that. Uh, I'm going to look at Project 2025, this manifesto for the next conservative president. Um, but first, let's look at free speech and Donald Trump. This is after a gag order has been announced, a request by prosecutors that a judge impose a gag order on the disgraced former president in the federal election subversion case. It presents a thorny conflict between the scope of his First Amendment rights and fears that he could, intentionally or not, spur his supporters to violence. Now, Trump is... He's not frightened of a gag order. He's not frightened of Jack Smith, or maybe he is. I don't know, but he gives the impression by these horrific messages that he puts on Truth Social, calling him the worst names. Really is like abusing the judge, he's abusing the special prosecutor, and intimidating witnesses, potentially. Do you think it's the right thing to do to, to silence Donald Trump in the, in the run-up to this, this case? Well, conversely, I would ask, um, is it free speech to use one's position and power to make incendiary statements targeting individual citizens doing their jobs or exercising their own speech? I mean, what kind of world are we in where a uh -huh. former president... Nobody gives the impression by these horrific messages that he puts on truth social, calling him the worst order. He's not frightened of intentionally or not, spur his supporters to violence. Now, Trump is... Of course it's intentional, Dad. He's not frightened of Jack Smith, or maybe he is, I don't know, but he gives the impression by these horrific messages that he puts on truth social, calling him the worst names. He really is like abusing the judge, he's abusing the special prosecutor, Abusing, inciting terrorism. Do you think it's the right thing to do to, to silence Donald Trump in the, in the run-up to this, this case? Well, conversely, I would ask, um, is it free speech to use one's position and power to make incendiary statements targeting individual citizens doing their jobs or exercising their own speech? I mean, what kind of world are we in where a former president can make statements about citizens doing their jobs, um, highly negative, inflammatory, incendiary statements. I mean, he called Fannie Willis um, a young racist, which really stuck in my head for a long time because it was such a, an interesting uh, phrasing. You know, he has no limits to what he'll say about people that he perceives to be political enemies, and I don't think that we have ever really seen that in political in the political world of the United States and in, in, in politics. So um, unprecedented, as much as we've already used that word, unprecedented. And because we live in this era of mass communications and we have greater access to technology than ever before, we're, we're not just starting to see. I think it's already well established that
start minimizing. Here's um, his treasonous activity. Stop. Stop in the name of love. Stop. Minimizing his, uh, his fucking his conduct. To incite. No. He's inciting fucking terrorism. He's not abusing the judge. He's abusing the judge. No, he's fucking inciting terrorism against the judge. All of them. All of The guest says he says incendiary things. No. He says No. Unindicted, unindicted, well, many different types of actors now have access to technology tools that enable them to conduct abuse and harassment at scale in a way that was simply impossible 20 or 30 years ago. And those capabilities, um, the tactics and techniques that are used to harass and abuse political enemies online are being disseminated at a rapid clip. Really rolling around the right. President Trump. You know, this is really concerning for me. He's like a vessel, isn't he, for for the far right to operate? You know, they, they've they've used him as as their mark. But I sometimes feel like he doesn't really know that he he's being used in this way. He's like not really smart enough because people compliment him and he likes that, and so then he just kind of takes them on in the same way that he kind of welcomed the, the Proud Boys and the Earth the Oath Keepers and referred to fine people on both sides. It's like. To him, anyone is is fair game. But we've never had this issue before, where the the president or a senior politician or a leader rubbishes the systems that we have in place to keep our nation safe. Uh, the judiciary, 
security services, the FBI, like, you know, he is wanting to take down these institutions. And that is, in my mind, what is more dangerous than him, say, abusing Jack Smith online. This is what their supporters will pick up on. 
the, you know, the system does need uh, a reboot. The criminal justice system has you know, been very problematic for a lot of people, interestingly, mostly minority groups, and, and that really isn't who is, you know, we're, we're talking about. But a lot of the systems, from taxation, through criminal justice, and police brutality, a lot of these things that we know need reform, do need reform, and the, the left isn't really talking about a kind of, you know, total reform of, the, of these um, pillars of, of society, but Donald Trump is, by, you know, getting rid of them and maybe wanting to rebuild them in his name. And unfortunately, that's the problem, isn't it? That, that it's not like the systems are perfect. And people will see that he wants to rubbish them, and they will support that. They will agree with him. You know, people don't like the taxation. They don't like the policing. They, they don't like the kind of big brother aspect, which is why conservatives advocate for small government. I think I think you have a point that Democrats need to do a much better job of presenting their vision for America. Right? We're building back better, but what comes next? What happens after we build that better? What does the what does the next iteration of America look like? We're at that crossroads today. We're all as a country uh, in this upheaval because we are at a critical inflection point that requires us to reaffirm our values and state what it is that we are here for. What kind of country are we? Are we going to continue the democratic experiment, or will we become a shithole country, as uh, Trump uh, called them? You know, when you think about um, you know, where Trump has taken this country, I really urge Americans to think about whether that is the path that we should be on. And most of the people watching this program, I think at this point, have come to the realization that that isn't the path that we want to be on. But there has to be more. We have to discuss more. We have to be more uh, clear about these values. We have to continue to promote them instead of having it be an osmosis. You know, when I was a child in elementary school in the United States, I had a lot of Americanisms kind of imposed onto me that didn't necessarily teacher didn't like it, but ultimately I felt that what I received from the reality that I didn't have to stand up and say anything and that I could advocate for myself was that America was a place where you could be who you wanted to be and you could embrace your own values and, and, and kind of decide what kind of an individual you wanted to be. And that didn't necessarily separate you from your, from your community. It didn't cause me to have to be separated from the classroom. I simply sat down. So I think we need to think a little bit more about what it means to um, be a citizen, what you know, civic service really means to push uh, voting and the conversation about civil service overall with Gen Z, because we're losing the plot of what it means to be an American. And that fabric that unites us, that we were always told existed and united us, is now fraying at the ends. We have to do the work to sew that back together. And that's 
something that every citizen has to do. Every citizen has to pick up the thread and say, I'm going to join in. I'm going to be Betsy Ross and sew this American flag into the next iteration of America because I'm here and I'm part of this and I want it to continue. And what we're seeing with the GOP is a complete and total rupture from that American project, from all of those values that, that we had all um, received by osmosis and had lived with for, uh, you know, the, the uh, last uh, 50 to 100 years. And I, look, I don't think any of these upheavals that they plan are positive. I don't think it's positive to stand up um, on, a, on a social media platform as the top leader, right, having been a top leader of a country and make nasty statements about individual citizens. I mean, that really degrades... Well, it's where civility cross the line of civility. And in order for the U.S. to remain a civilized country, and it's already struggling because it's the only country that has mass shootings and school shootings and these types of things, you know, on this level. So it is already an uncivilized country, and it's getting close to being a shithole country, as Donald Trump would describe, because it doesn't offer health care for all. And, you know, it has a kind of multi-tiered system that if you're not kind of white and wealthy, that you will suffer. I just want to pick up on what you were saying about the, the, the fabric of the nation. Now, I've been thinking about what this means, because I use fabric as a descriptor often, and I actually have realized that the fabric that is often abused is the flag. The flag is fabric. And whereas before, if someone hung a U.S. Stars and Stripes flag outside the front of their apartment or their house or whatever, they would be considered patriotic and just celebrating the country, and now that flag has been co-opted by the right, the far right, and the, and the MAGA Republican movement, and it's almost got, it's, it's almost become like a confederate flag in a way. You know, it, it speaks differently to how it did before. And this is very dangerous, isn't it? And in, in certain states, certainly in, in you know, Dem states, to see a flag outside the house, now people are like, oh, Trump's supporting this thing. Isn't that I mean, that's not right, is it? It's not right. It's not right. Uh, it, it's uh, incredibly distressing back. to me as a military veteran who carried the U.S. flag as a patch on her uniform along the that she served with. That was our, our, our unifying symbol, our foundational symbology for what we were doing. It, um, it represents so much and um, certainly represents, you know, the promise of America for my immigrant parents when they came from India and the Dominican Republic to the United States. You know, but I, I feel like that, that promise no longer exists. And you're right, that, that co-optation of symbol that I love, that I, that, um, I see as the bulwark against authoritarianism, against fascism against the, the closed off bubble of what the GOP believes a person should be or what an American should be. You know, I think these are very contrasting, very contrasting ideas and distressingly contrasting. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't, I don't really know what they're about. You're right that if someone has an American flag now and they're really proud about displaying it, you have to ask yourself what it is that that means. What are they representing? What are they saying about themselves? And because we no longer know what that is, we are under risk. It's, 
it's very sad, especially for me as an immigrant, you know, choosing to move here and wanting to bring my children up here. I have it with my kids at home, and they're having to say the, the, the Pledge of Allegiance in school, in public school. And, you know, again, you know, we're not religious either, so you know, it's, it's, I'm starting to have conversations with young children about allegiances, and I think that that is, you know, it's already a very um, tribal country that what you're effectively doing with kids is you're trying to instill a sense of tribalism with them at a very young age. And, you know, the U.S. does that differently to how Europe does that. Uh, and, and it is very interesting. Let's go back to, to Trump and, and this gag order. Just finally, would you say that if a gag order is in, imposed, that he would even know how to adhere to it? Because... Normally, if a gag order is, is put in and that person disobeys the gag order, then they'll get put in jail until their trial. That's not going to happen to this guy. I mean, we've already seen time and time again that he, as much as Tanya Chutkin's like, I'm going to treat him like I'd treat anybody else, she hasn't. The justice system hasn't. He is being given special treatment. And I fear that if a gag order is put about, that he is going to... He'll probably stick to it for two weeks at the very most, and then he'll, he just can't help himself. I mean, he knows he's above the law, and he kind of is. What makes New York New York? It's the energy. No, he thinks he's above the law. Simmons technology is helping the And the judges and juries and etc. are judges that enable him. To continue funding. against public officials. And prosecutors. said, no, you're wrong that he knows he's above the law. He thinks he's above the law, and the justices, Justice Department, FBI, etc., enable him to continue inciting terrorism against his critics. Kind of is. Kind of is. I mean, when you think about equivalent, um, you could think about someone like Elon Musk. Elon Musk operates in a world where he can do and say anything he wants. He can wake up and simply uh, choose to disregard the advice of his legal team and proceed in a way that allows him to 
allows him to give power to the, a human being's most base instincts. Do you know what I mean? Like, he, he's really uh, kind of treading these pathways again and again, right? He lashes out at people again and again, and he isn't stopped, and nothing happens, and there's no consequence. So it's... Uh, I think we're going to see this more and more. I think we're going to see this personality type, the archetype of Donald Trump, uh, be passed down to many other types of men who are going to seek to emulate this kind of I do anything I want, I'm the king of the world, and people are so afraid about what would happen if they stopped me. And there isn't anyone big enough to stop me at this point that I am an unstoppable force. And that's what he's relying on, right? He's relying on this sense that he is an unstoppable force to allow him to continue to engage in campaigning while he's facing many legal battles throughout the United States. Um, his threats and the big bombastic statements that he makes on you know, a, a side platform, because he can't be on Twitter, which is the main platform for political uh, discussion and analysis in social media world. And so he has to be on Truth Social, where he has a smaller audience which leads him to have to be bigger and bigger with his statements in order to get them to go viral and them around. That's interesting. I think there's a, there's a, there's a, concerted, uh, there's a concerted PR strategy that has been in place with uh, Trump for a long time. I think they know that there is no danger of long-lasting consequences due to the shortness of the news cycle and the shortness of the attention span of the average American who's just trying to buy groceries and pay their rent and think about buying a house and try, you know, try to think about having some kids or raise their kids or pay for childcare, whatever they got to do, right? I'm frustrated. Every American is frustrated who's my age right now because millennials are having a hard time. But I do, you know, caution that if millennials think, you know, it's all bad now, we're having a hard time now, the madness and the chaos that would be unleashed in a second Trump presidency would be unmatched at any, you know, by any other point in American history. And I think that none of us want to It's really a terrifying prospect. And the, the timing, because I want to talk about climate change in just a minute, because, you know, I am forward planning for mass climate migration yes. and mass extreme weather events, which are snowballing as it as it's even as as we speak. And Donald Trump and his cronies and a future Trump presidency has no interest in that. You know, they're blaming the planet doing its own thing and we're nothing to do with that. That's the kind of ego, you know, thinking that that, that man can't have caused any of these problems. And and people have no idea. You know, there's some issues going on at the moment at the southern border, an increase in, in, in crossings. People have no idea what's coming in terms of mass climate migration, where people will not be able to stay in their native land because it's too hot, it, where systems fail. Infrastructure, you know, I mean, look at, look at uh, uh, Hawaii recently, you know, the, the, the infrastructure for a lot of these places, especially shithole countries that have not invested, and we've seen that recently in, in Turkey, where you basically cannot rely on the government to invest enough and keep up with the changing climate. So that all infrastructure, water distribution through pipes and you know, 
sewage and tunnels and all of this stuff, none of it was built to withstand what is coming in terms of extreme heat and exactly. extreme weather. And that, that is going to be a much bigger threat than the, the rise of fascism or the far right, because it's nature. And as you know, if you're swimming in the sea and a big wave comes, you don't stand a chance. We've seen that in Southeast Asia with tsunamis where we see pictures of humans being reduced to, to tadpoles with the power of, the, of, of, the, of Mother Nature. And, and so that's my biggest fear, is that we're looking in the wrong direction. You know, Trump is, a, is, is distracting and it's entertaining and it's frustrating and it's all of these things. But we've got much bigger problems on this planet. Well, and, don't and look up. Don't look up. Exactly. Okay, listen, we have to take a quick pause for our sponsor, but we'll come back and talk more Here with Jackie Sam in just a moment here on the weekend show. Scoop big savings. Enjoy top quality at TikTok Shop. Thanks for 262K, by the way. It's available 24-7. Not ideologically. The program... Um, to make money in the future, the residents, right? We're talking about citizens have heard um, you know, me into reality has been from the same world the UN is reacting. I think we're corporations and go. governments. If I if I just make yes, I think uh, the the conversation about that China has, and yet they are going to see the worst of the weather, and and, and that is a problem, isn't it? No wonder they're angry. Yes, I think uh, the, the conversation about climate change really needs to focus specifically on the uh, greatest producers of carbon. I think there has been a lot of promulgation to the average citizen that they can somehow make a change. You know, if I just recycle, if I, if I just make sure that I put this glass bottle in this container instead of that container, then I can have some sort of an effect. But the reality is that largely corporations and governments, right, in their policy decision-making are the ones who have the ability to make a change there. So when the Secretary General of the UN is reacting, I think what he's saying is we know what to do and we know which direction to go in. We all need to be operating from the same level of reality, the same plan of reality in order for us to even start thinking about how to work together. I think that Reality has been ruptured in many ways by different interests who have a lot of money and who pour I'm trying to these like tamarind candies. These are actually pretty good for you. Pour that money into shifting the American public's beliefs about certain things. For example, ESG. Many citizens have heard, um, you know, someone like Elon Musk or maybe some other big uh, business leader complain about ESG. 
ESG is environmental and social governance, right? We're talking about companies making decisions about where to put their money based on the risks associated with climate change. The risk that they won't be able to make money in the future, the risk that they'll lose a lot of money in the future, right? That's what companies care about in a capitalistic society is money. That's their bottom line. So when you have, um, you know, influence campaigns, entire influence campaigns that are intended to influence the average citizen into believing that ESG programs, which are just like a, a few people inside a company helping the company make decisions about how to spend their money a little bit more wisely, um, not ideologically, but literally based on what is going to make them more money and reduce their risk. I think you're seeing a symptom of the larger problem that these interests that are very powerful and moneyed produce news and information and content that is designed to shift our beliefs about things. And realistically, we aren't all experts on everything. We're lucky if we're an expert on one thing. We are working to live right? To have a, a home and a family and a pet maybe, or you know, whatever it is that makes you happy and feel good. That's the promise of America is that the, the pursuit of happiness is what we've all been told that we're but here that, for. But that is incompatible with the problem that the world faces, isn't it? That, that, it is. The, you know, the idea of collective responsibility, because, you know, the recycling is fine. You know, we can all do that. And, and hopefully we all do do that. But they only actually recycle it if the recycling, which is a volatile commodity, is, is high value that time. And a lot of the time, the, the city just goes and buries it in landfill anyway. You know, we need to trust that everybody in the chain is doing their bit. And, and my fear is that there's just not enough pushback. Because energy companies can make just as much money from green energy and this, this whole movement. And I've talked on the show before about you know, the, the Defense Production Act and how it would be great if Biden got up and said, okay, the whole country, we're going to plaster with solar panels and wind turbines and we're all going to build it and we're going to down tools with other things making crap we don't need and we are going to turn this country into a, into a carbon neutral country, which is totally possible. Elon Musk has said that it's possible and he owns Solar City and most other things. Um, Biden did announce something a few days ago. He, he's calling it Climate Core. It's uh, a new uh, initiative to get people good green jobs and to try and uh, motivate industry to kind of just focus on, on, on the green future for the, for the UK without calling it the Green New Deal. Of course, those are dirty words in politics. <laughs> um, and you can sign up for it on the White House website. And, you know, it's, it's becoming a thing. But again, this is just getting the people and the public to do all the heavy lifting, when really the heavy lifting should be being done by industry, corporations. That's where the big pollution is happening. I agree. I think we need to uh, right-size our government so that we actually have power back in, in our federal government that can um, speak to these interests. When we think about the biggest stories in America every day, they're stories of corruption. You know, you, you started the call today, our conversation, about uh, a Democratic senator who was caught engaging in corruption. That's right. This right. is Robert Menendez, who's a, yes. a Democrat from New Jersey, and he and his wife have been charged with bribery offenses in connection with accepting gold bars and cash and a Mercedes in exchange for protecting three businessmen and influencing the government of Egypt. This guy's a Democrat, 
and and so yeah, corruption is happening at, at everywhere. And, you know, it's un, it's unmistakable. Corruption. That's why we need half women in Congress. On the ballot. America every day now, and that is what is unrecognized by Americans. And I think if we follow the grand vision for the next Trump presidency or any kind of a GOP presidency, we're looking at um, or, you know, we don't want to we don't want to spend any more money. We don't want to protect citizens. We aren't going to change what the police does. We are going to continue um, being belligerent with China. We are, you know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of a long list of concerns, grievances, concerning situations for American people. And I just don't understand how they can promote this policy platform. without racism. It doesn't work without the racism, right? The racism and, and kind of the hatred towards minorities is the glue that makes it all work and, and kind of hand waves over, right, papers over everything that they actually want to do and what their vision is for America, right? And instead of promoting that, they have Donald Trump shouting on Truth Social. It's just random stuff every day. It's hammering the news cycle, flooding the zone with crap, and, you know, recycle. Right? So <laughs> we're told to recycle. Um, we, we, we're we um, just kind of in this situation where none of us really know what to do other than voting. Yeah, it's, 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 a very, um, it's a very weird time to be alive. Because for corporations,
We need to call for the Justice Department to break up the corporate media monopoly because four corporations own all the media. And then we and we need to and we need to demand the Justice Department lock up, charge, remove. From office, all these Republican insurrections took uh, took part in January 6th. Because there doesn't seem to be much in the way of uh, a lane, you know, that phrase, stay in your lane. You know, I, I, I think that people, this is why it's become popular to look at Insta reels, you know, where you just look at other people doing silly things or cats dancing and stuff. You know, people need the escapism of looking at other people's lives through their phones because everyone is so busy working and trying to hold down multiple jobs to pay their way because, as we know, inflation and cost of living continues to rise and wages do not meet that. And so, and in fact, I think we crossed the threshold very recently where the average wage in the U.S. does not even come close to giving people the opportunity to pay for their lifestyles, the normal, basic family lifestyle. So there is not parity anymore. And that's going to become more difficult going forward. So people don't really know what to do. And I feel like this separation of, you know, I love the fact that Joe Biden's come up with this climate call. I think it's, it's very clever. And it's great branding, you know, and it's, uh, I guess, a little bit like Space Force. You know, it's, like, it's like a thing that sounds great and can have a nice logo and everything else. But in terms of feeling motivated, I have actually spoken to so many people and they're like, well, I don't even know what to do. Like, what am I supposed to do? And it would be really nice to be told, you know, to have like a climate um, press conference every month or every couple of weeks from the president and say, do this, do that. Don't run the water when you brush your teeth. You know, like little things that we can all do. Debunking some of the, um, the messaging about electric vehicles, for example. You know, there's so much propaganda from the right about that type of stuff. And so we're just stuck in kind of information warfare, and it's actually preventing us from doing anything that the Secretary General of the UN would, would like us collectively to do. Yeah, so when you have, um... When you have, um... Her name is Singh, by the way. S-I-N-G-A. Someone like Elon Musk who is managing the public square. You know, the town square that we use to have these political discussions and to drive policy discussions and to get a sense of what it is that uh, citizens care about, right? The more politically active citizens care about. you're finding yourself in a situation where the fog of war is so thick, intentionally made thick, that citizens don't have what they need in front of them to make really good decisions. And part of that is engagement with other people in your community. So you mentioned you know, short form videos as kind of an opiate of the masses. I think, I think there's something else there. I think that apps like TikTok allow people into each other's lives in a way that isn't happening. I think that there have been so many divisions politically that people are afraid to engage with each other. And so what I think happens with TikTok is you're you're thrown into an ethnography. You're thrown into other people's lives. How do they live? What do they do? 
when they go uh, to the kitchen and they open their fridge, what's there? Is it similar to the stuff that I like? Is it, you know, in the past, we would all be in a room talking about these things. We would go to church or, we, you know, we would um, have, have community meetings. We would uh, see each other at the park. I think there's been a, a condition of American life that has slowly crept into our, our culture that we are not only individualistic, but we are separate. And I think the the you know success of apps Isolated. like TikTok ultimately speaks to that separation because people are social creatures. We're human beings. We want to be with each other. We want we're like ants. We want to work with each other. So we're looking for things that we might have in common. We're kind of hoping that what they have in their fridge is what we have in our fridge. You know, this idea that we might be connected in some way because we're not doing it in real life. So that that kind of human needs to be with other humans has now shifted online. And, and this is especially post-pandemic where we are now all in tune with the idea of being remote. But we're not giving it the respect it deserves. We're not, um, we're not forcing companies to treat these platforms in a way that prevents the type of harassment that Donald Trump is driving to individual citizens. Right? Because Trump making statements leads to other actions, and those other actions are being taken against people who don't share the same politics. Uh, you know, again, we're in this new world of very easy to disseminate mass communications, right? We can disseminate messages at scale. And the more money you have, the more resources you have, the more time you can spend on strategizing on how best to produce these messages, how to get them out there, how to um, you know, move them around the media. You know, it's, it's a totally different world that we're in because human beings are now being presented with information they simply can't trust on a regular basis. And it's causing individual citizens to tune out of the work of democracy. Meanwhile, the climate crisis is not going to wait for us. You know, it's 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 already happening, and 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 that's the problem, isn't it? That that whilst we might be taking too long to get our messaging together, the the nature is moving at an absolute like crazy pace. What he said? Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, What he said? I I was I was like really uh, tuned into this in his speech. He said. The world is on thin ice, which is moving. He said that concentrations of carbon dioxide are at their highest in at least two million years. He said, he described the climate situation as a time bomb that is ticking. And he, um, you know, essentially said, we all have to work together or we won't be here for much longer. And he criticized the wealthy countries specifically in the fossil fuel industry. He said for their ponderous response to the climate crisis. And anybody who thinks that it's two decades away is blind. I mean, you know, the, the, the extreme weather and the extreme heat and the, in, the insanity of, of, the, of the patterns, you know. The... Hi there. Uh, let's see what uh, General Milley Blast wannabe dictator Trump during retirement speech. We don't take an oath to a king or a queen or to a tyrant or a dictator. We don't take an oath to a wannabe dictator. We don't take an oath to an individual. We take an oath to the Constitution, and we take an oath to the idea that it's America, and we're willing to die to protect it. Every soldier, sailor, airman, Marine, Guardian, and Coast Guardsman, each of us commits our very life 
to protect and defend that document, regardless of personal price. We don't take an oath to a king or a queen or to a tyrant or a dictator. And we don't take an oath to a wannabe dictator. We don't take an oath to an individual. We take an oath to the Constitution, and we take an oath to the idea that it's America, and we're willing to die to protect it. Every soldier, sailor, airman, Marine, Guardian, and Coast Guardsman, each of us commits our very life to protect and defend that document, regardless of personal price. We don't take an oath to a king or a queen or to a tyrant or a dictator, and we don't take an oath to a wannabe dictator. We don't take an oath to an individual. We take an oath to the Constitution, and we take an oath to the idea that it's America and we're willing to die to protect it. Every soldier, sailor, airman, marine, guardian, and coast guardsman, each of us commits our very life to protect and defend that document, regardless of personal price. We don't take an oath to a king or a queen or to a tyrant or a dictator. We don't take an oath to a wannabe dictator. We don't take an oath to an individual. We take an oath to the Constitution, and we take an oath to the idea that it's America, and we're willing to die to protect it. Every soldier, sailor, airman, Marine, Guardian, and Coast Guardsman, each of us commits our very life to protect and defend that document, regardless of personal price. We don't take an oath to a king. That's awesome. Or a queen. Okay. I said, I said, thank you, General Milley. You are an American hero. Camelot. Said, what well am president? You get a Camelot prize. Camelot. Camelot. Got a Camelot prize with your name on it. Let's tweet that. Um, General Milley is. At ya. Price. Camelot. Wanna be. Colonel Millie. Is it? Um. E L L General Millie Millie That was E Y 
Okay. Sorry, Ms. Beach. Mr. Turley, I have a simple question for you. In your testimony today, are you presenting any firsthand witness account of crimes committed by the President of the United States? No, I'm not. No, you are not. Ms. O'Connor, you are the second uh, Republican witness here today. Have you, in your testimony, presented any firsthand witness account of crimes committed by, pre by the President of the United States? She's got a smile on her face. <laughs> Thank you. Now, Mr. Dubinsky, as the third and final Republican witness, uh, in this hearing, have you, in your testimony, presented any first-hand witness account of crimes committed by the President of the United States? Uh, I have not. And Professor Gerhardt, uh, given that you are the minority witness, I assume the same, correct? I'm not a fact witness, correct. Thank you. Mr. Yeah. Turley, I have a simple question. Gonna tag the Justice Department. Okay. The entire Republican Party should be suspended for misconduct, insurrection, cheating in elections, actually. And obstruction of justice. And brought to justice. Where the F is the Justice Department. And okay, when you need them. Do your damn job. AOC. Thank you. Gracias, Chica. Chica. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tweet that. Mr. Turley, I have a simple. 
while you're still there. Shout out to KAMP Student Radio at the University. Nikki Haley Fist. With that makeup, Ron, that much makeup, Ron DeSantis must now, may now be banned in the state of Florida. Trump went to the non-union, and our, our president came here, so let's go UAW. Donald Trump being re-elected would be very, very bad for unions in this country. I know he wouldn't be fighting for us like Biden does. Trump went to the non-union, and our, our president came here, so let's go UAW. Donald Trump being re-elected would be very, very bad for unions in this country. I know he wouldn't be fighting for us like Biden does. Trump went to the non-union, and our, our president came here, so let's go UAW. Donald Trump being re-elected would be very, very bad for unions. It would be a fucking disaster. Trump went to the non-union, and our, our president came here, so... Another Trump maladministration. Trump maladministration would be total disaster. Everybody must fight and make sure the secretaries of state do not allow Diaper Donald to get on the ballot. No Trump on the ballot. No, no Trump on the ballot. Hashtag UAW. Not poo clown. Trump. Biden or Trump? Biden. Biden. In 10 words or less, why? I am a woman. Trump's going to jail. <laughs> Definitely Biden. Not the grifter. Biden. Biden. Trump or Biden? Yeah. <laughs> I hate Trump. I think he's a stupid fuck. He's not nothing for the damn company. For us. He's for the companies. Biden. All the way. I support Biden all the way. Biden is our color. Cool head Biden. You want to hear what I think about Trump? Fuck Trump. <laughs> That's why I feel about him. Fuck him. <laughs> nice.
Maybe I should Biden or Trump? Share this one. Biden. Biden. In 10 minutes or less. Let's see. Biden. 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 West Valley. Based on what other world leaders and people in other countries think of America. But you said, okay, you don't need to watch him. Let's just hear what comes out of his mouth. And I put together some of Trump's latest cognitive beauties from the last 10 days. He said you need an ID to buy bread. Has anyone shown ID to get Wonder Bread lately? He said that he ran against Obama in 2016. He ran against Hillary Clinton. He warned that Biden will get us into World War II, which I'm pretty sure we already fought and won. And yesterday, he confused Jeb Bush and George W. Bush and said that Jeb got us involved in the Middle East. And then, of course, there are his authoritarian posts on Truth Social calling for the chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to be executed and saying that he's going to investigate media companies that he doesn't well, like. You know and can you imagine if Biden said, you know what, I'm going to look into that Fox News. This, they don't seem to like me over based on what other world leaders and people in other countries think of America. But you said, OK, you don't need to watch him. Let's just hear what comes out of his mouth. And I put together some of Trump's latest cognitive beauties from the last 10 days. He said you need an ID to buy bread. Has anyone shown ID to get Wonder Bread lately? He said that he ran against Obama in 2016. He ran against Hillary Clinton. He warned that Biden will get us into World War II, which I'm pretty sure we already fought and won. <laughs> and yesterday, he confused Jeb Bush and George W. Bush and said that Jeb got us involved in the Middle East. And then, of course, there are his authoritarian posts on Truth Social calling for the chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to be executed and saying that he's going to investigate media companies that he doesn't well, like. You know and can you imagine if Biden said, you know what, I'm going to look into that Fox News this, they don't seem to like me over based on what other world leaders and people in other countries think of America. But you said, OK, you don't need to watch him. Let's just hear what comes out of his mouth. And I put together some of Trump's latest cognitive beauties from the last 10 days. He said you need an ID to buy bread. Has anyone shown ID to get Wonder Bread lately? He said that he ran against Obama in 2016. He ran against Hillary Clinton. He warned that Biden will get us into World War II, which I'm pretty sure we already fought and won. And yesterday, he confused Jeb Bush and George W. Bush and said that Jeb got us involved in the Middle East. And then, of course, there are his authoritarian posts on Truth Social calling for the chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to be executed and saying that he's going to investigate media companies that he doesn't well, like. You know and can you imagine if Biden said, you know what, I'm going to look into that Fox News. This, they don't seem to like me over based on what other world leaders and people in other countries think of America. But you said, OK, you don't need to watch him. Let's just hear what comes out of lady. his mouth. And I put together some of Trump's latest cognitive beauties from the last 10 days. He said you need an ID to buy bread. Has anyone shown ID to get Wonder Bread lately? He said that he ran against Obama in 2016. He this is absolutely...
Camelot. Need to get Wonder Bread lately? He said that he ran against Obama in 2016. He ran against Hillary Clinton. He warned. Love this lady. Running against Hillary Clinton. He's still there. Oh my gosh. What a shocker. Okay. Just when you thought MAGA Republicans couldn't get crazier, they are now attacking Taylor Swift for dating Travis Kelsey. <laughs> yes, you heard that right. Our government is about to shut down in under six days, and all they focus on is Taylor Swift. Take Exhibit A from Nick Adams, a known Republican MAGA troll, or Exhibit B from our good right wing friend, Tommy Lauren. Or from the Federalist, who thinks that Taylor Swift's popularity is a, quote, sign of societal decline. All this because Travis Kelsey appeared in a commercial advocating for individuals to take the COVID vaccine and the flu shot. It's truly insane where their priorities lie. Millions of Americans have received the vaccine and have been perfectly fine. But it's not surprising with 2024 coming up that MAGA Republicans are making this an issue again. But in any event, you can't go after Taylor Swift, who is one of the most iconic individuals of our decade. Because if you go after Swift, you're going to lose. Just when you thought MAGA Republicans couldn't get crazier, they are now attacking Taylor Swift for dating Travis Kelsey. Yes, you heard that right. Our government is about to shut down in under six days, and all they focus on is Taylor Swift. Take Exhibit A from Nick Adams, a known Republican MAGA troll. Or Exhibit B from our good right-wing friend Tommy Lauren. Or from the Federalist, who thinks that Taylor Swift's popularity is a, quote, sign of societal decline. <laughs> All this because Travis Kelsey appeared in a commercial advocating for individuals to take the COVID vaccine and the flu shot. It's truly insane where their priorities lie. Millions of Americans have received the vaccine and have been perfectly fine. But it's yeah, not surprising, with 2024 Many coming up, that MAGA Republicans are making it. this an issue again. But in any event, you can't go after Taylor Swift, who is one of the most iconic individuals of our decade. Because if you go after Swift, you're going to lose. Just when you thought MAGA Republicans... One thing is real simple, and it's very brief. The fact of the matter is that you guys, the UAW, you saved the automobile industry back in 2008 and before. Made a lot of sacrifices. Gave up a lot. And the companies were in trouble. But now they're doing incredibly well. And guess what? You should be doing incredibly well, too. One thing is real simple, the fact of the matter is that you guys, UAW, you saved the automobile industry back in 2008 and before. Made a lot of sacrifices, gave up a lot, and the companies were in trouble. But now they're doing incredibly well. And guess what? You should be doing incredibly well, too. The AFC was better. The fact of the matter is that you guys, UAW, you saved the automobile industry back in 2008.
It's less than four months before the season starts. We start in Iowa, we go to New Hampshire, we come down here. You know, the beauty was when I came here, everyone thought Bush was going to win. And then they took a poll and they found out Trump was up by about 50 points. Everyone said, what's going on right here? They thought Bush because Bush supposedly was a military person. Great. You know what? He was a military. He got us into the uh, he got us into the Middle East. How did that work out? Right. But they all thought that uh, Bush might win. Jeb. Remember Jeb? He used he used the word Jeb. He didn't use the word Bush. I said, you mean he's ashamed of the last name? And then they immediately started using the name Bush. Never forget it. It's less than four months before the season starts. We start in Iowa. We go to New Hampshire. We come down here. You know, the beauty was when I came Badly. here, everyone thought Bush was going to win. And then they took a poll and they found out Trump was up by about 50 points. Everyone said, what's going on right here? They thought Badly. Bush because Bush supposedly was a military person. Great. You know what? He was a military. He got us into the... Uh, he got us into the Middle East. How did that work out, right? But they all thought that uh, Bush might win. Jeb. Remember Jeb? He used he used the word Jeb. He didn't use the word Bush. I said, you mean he's ashamed of the last name? And then they immediately started using the name Bush. Never forget it. It's less than four months before the <clears throat> season starts. We start in Meeting Iowa. Breakfast. We go to New Hampshire. We... And my hands are a little bit dirty. Where is she? Oh, anyway. To share this mm. about a group. Let's see here, Democrats, the babbler and thief. Democratic America. Climate change is real. We got to do something about it. Yeah, this one's called. This is not uh, conservative republicanism. This is stupidity. Uh, it's a New York idea Republican that we're congressman. Shut the government down. Uh, when we don't control the Senate, we don't control the White House. These people can't define a win. They don't know how to take yes for an answer. Uh, it's a clown show. You keep running lunatics, you're going to. Yeah, you're going to get lunacy. Florida deputies search woods for man with Alzheimer's and return him home. Oh. Hmm. Breitbart News. Hmm. Trump's attack against D.C. judge backfires in court. Great. Five minutes ago. Hello, I'm Martin Sheen with an urgent message. Will you chip in before midnight? Oh my God. Why don't you chip in? Fuck arse. Hello, I'm Martin Sheen with an urgent message. Oh my God! Will you chip in before midnight to help re-elect Sheriff? You're watching the legal breakdown. 
so changed his name because he was uh, he was ashamed of being Latino. Mart the you know Sheen. That's a fucking fake name. Recuse herself from presiding over his election theft case in Washington D.C. She's now responded to his request. Can you go over what happened here? Yeah, Judge Chuckin will be presiding over Donald Trump's trial in Washington, D.C. for his attempt to overturn the results of the 2020 election because the judge pretty easily and definitively denied Trump's motion to have her recuse herself, have her remove herself from the case. And when you read the pleading that Donald Trump's lawyers filed with her, trying to convince her that there was some basis to have her remove herself from the case. It, it really read like a combination of an extended tweet and a campaign ad. Brian, I, I continue to marvel at how all of the lawyers that sort of undertake to represent Donald Trump immediately seem to stoop to his level, such that they are filing you know, pleadings and motions in court that are an embarrassment. They're a joke. So here's what the lawyers said. They said to Judge Chutkin, well, while you were presiding over other January 6 cases, when you were trying other cases, when you were sentencing other January 6 defendants, people who attacked the Capitol, um, you said certain things about Donald Trump. And those things you said really didn't paint Donald Trump in the most flattering light. Therefore, you can't be a fair judge presiding over Donald Trump's trial. Well, for openers, that's kind of absurd. But if you dig down and you look at the law of recusal, here's the thing. There are two dramatically different kinds of statements that a judge can make. Extrajudicial statements and intrajudicial statements, legal mumbo jumbo. All that means is that when judges make extrajudicial statements, meaning statements outside of court, when they're giving speeches or, you know, they're, they're talking about something in a setting other than being in court handling a case, if they start to say things that make it seem like they have some kind of a bias against somebody, that could be a real problem. That could lead to the judge having to recuse themselves from the case. But when you're making intrajudicial statements, when you are talking about the very case over which you are presiding, which is what Judge Chutkin was doing, those statements rarely are going to be enough have a judge recuse herself from the case. And even more pointedly here, what Judge Chutkin was doing was talking about the arguments that these J6 defendants were making. The arguments they were making were fact-based arguments. They said, hey, I'm not as guilty as Donald Trump. Donald Trump is more guilty because he ordered the attack on the Capitol. I was just following orders. But you know what? He hasn't been held accountable. He hasn't been charged with anything. This was before Donald Trump was indicted. So therefore, I am deserving of less punishment than Donald Trump. So what she did, as she is obligated to do, I'm turning this into a crim law class, is when a judge is presented with those kind of arguments, the judge has to acknowledge them, has to comment on them, and then has to say why she either agrees with them or she disagrees with them before she imposes sentence. And that is all Judge Chutkin did. She didn't say anything inappropriate. She didn't do anything appropriate. Most importantly, she demonstrated absolutely no bias against Donald Trump. The defense, on the other hand, would pick and choose a word here and a sentence there and try to string them together out of context. And Judge Chutkin's 20-page ruling and her order 
made all of that clear. And so she refused to remove herself from the case. And that is an absolutely bulletproof ruling as far as I can see based on the rationale that she put in that 20 page order. To that point on whether it's bulletproof, does Trump have the opportunity to seek her removal from the case by appealing to a federal circuit court now? And is that something that he might try to do? Yeah, that's a good question. So he doesn't have a right to appeal this decision. Ordinarily in a criminal case, and this is good news because we've seen Donald Trump involved in civil cases where he seems to appeal every ruling, really just to weaponize the delay built into the system. Right. Well, in a criminal case, you can ordinarily only appeal after the trial is over, after you've been sentenced. That is the time. It did, the volume just went off for no he reason. Does have, um, he does have the ability to only appeal after the trial is over, after you've been sentenced. That is the time to appeal all of the issues that you disagreed with that unfolded during the course of the trial. So he doesn't have a right to an immediate appeal of this. He does have... Um, he does have the ability to file what's called petition for a writ of mandamus. Again, legal mumbo jumbo. It's an extraordinary writ. It's something that's rarely filed and even more rarely granted by an appellate court. Here's what it is. If a judge essentially violates the law, or precisely, if the judge departs from a clearly established legal duty, does something that is so far out of bounds there's really no legal authority for it, well, then a defendant can file for this extraordinary relief, asking the appellate court to basically direct the judge to do her job because she did something she had no legal right to do. That writ is available. He can try to file it. But here's the good news, Brian. If he does, it will involve pretty much zero delay because it is not a meritorious writ or appeal, um, and the appellate court would almost certainly instantly and summarily reject it. So this is one where Donald Trump really can't weaponize the delay. Okay. Now, Jack Smith specifically opted not to ask Judge Cannon down in Florida to, to, to recuse herself because it may have colored how she would rule, how she would go on to rule on that case. Does this here in D.C., does this create a hostile environment for Trump now that he basically fired a shot across the bow at Judge Chutkin? I think the answer is no, because knowing Judge Chutkin as I do, I used to try murder cases against her. She was a defense attorney. I was the prosecutor. Um, she won't hold this against him. You know why? Because she's a good, honorable, ethical judge. You do not hold against a, a party, whether it's the defense or the prosecutor, motion that they filed that is just surely a losing motion, not a strong motion, even if it's not a good faith motion. You decide the motion and then you are back on that level playing field and you continue to treat all parties fairly. So no, this will have no impact on the way she rules moving forward. She won't hold a grudge and she certainly won't hold it against Donald Trump. Here's the other thing with respect to Judge Cannon. Um, I think Jack Smith could have filed a motion to have her recuse herself. Why? Because unlike Judge Chutkin, where there was no basis for a recusal, Judge Cannon had an established record 
of violating her judicial discretion in order to do a huge favor for Donald Trump. Don't take my word for it. That is what the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals ruled. So I think Jack Smith could have done it. But here's the thing. I don't think Jack Smith declined to file the motion for fear that Judge Cannon would hold it against Jack Smith or his team of prosecutors. I think he looked at the issue, issue he assessed that maybe there's not quite enough evidence to support a motion to recuse, and that is why he likely declined to, to ask Judge Cannon to remove herself from the case. At least that's my take on what was motivating Jack Smith. So I want to pivot here to a different Trump trial and some more news that we have. This is in the New York Attorney General's case. An appeals court just rejected Trump's request to delay that trial in the wake of the fraud ruling. So I think people are going to be a little bit confused here because the judge ruled against him. So what is Trump even trying to delay here? Motherfucking traitor and thief. It's time to go to jail, bitch. Yeah, good question. This is a confusing one. So if <laughs> we, we unravel it. We just had a blockbuster ruling by Judge Arthur Engeron up in New York in the <laughs> civil case that was brought by Attorney General Tish James, basically trying to hold Donald Trump and his family, and his chief financial officer, and his organization, Trump Org, accountable for long-term rampant fraud at the expense of the New York uh, taxpayers. And Judge Engeron just granted what's called a summary judgment motion. What does that mean? That means part of the case that was brought by Tish James was so strong and so conclusive regarding the proof of fraud that there was no need for a trial. There was no issue of fact to be resolved. So he basically directed a partial verdict in favor of Tish James. It was a big one because it was a verdict that came with um, Judge Engeron ordering the dissolution, his word, of Donald Trump's companies, his LLCs. Basically, he is ordering the dissolution of Trump Org. He also held a bunch of Donald Trump's lawyers um, liable for sanctions, money sanctions. So, And he also canceled Donald Trump's business certificates. I mean, this is basically the end of Donald Trump as businessman in New York. It was a dramatic ruling. However, there are still some other issues that do need to be resolved in a trial. So this was only one count. I believe there are another five or six still to be resolved. And then there's the big issue of how much Donald Trump should be made to pay because um, A.G. James brought the suit against him asset. seeking at a minimum Shut a quarter down of a billion dollars. And the amount he may have to pay is still... How about, I said, how about Caesar? All his ill-gotten assets. 
open question. So that's why the case has been partially resolved, but there are still some more issues to be tackled in a trial. Now, in that trial specifically, the witness list includes Alan Weisselberg, Michael Cohen, Ivanka Trump, Eric Trump, Don Jr., and Donald Trump himself. Does that mean that we're going to see these people testify? The answer is maybe. So, you know, Tish James put all of those names in the mix as possible trial witnesses. She may call some of them, but not all of them. If she calls some of them, they may have a Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination and decline to testify. She may end up using some of their deposition testimony in lieu of trial testimony. Um, so it, it's a mixed bag. We won't know who will actually testify until you hear, you know, the, the prosecutors in the case announced that, you know, the next witness being called for the state of New York is, for example, Donald Trump Jr. That's when we know Donald Trump Jr. will be called as a witness to testify. Is there any scenario where you would imagine it would be smart for Trump's lawyers to allow Trump or his kids Why don't they get a search warrant and search the rest of his properties? Why doesn't the Justice Department get a search warrant and search the rest of his properties? He's obviously got uh, a lot more uh, who would otherwise be very hostile witnesses to actually testify in this trial. None, none. Other than perhaps Ivanka. Why do I say that? Remember, she was actually called out of the litigation. She successfully filed a motion with the court to get herself removed from the litigation. And I believe there is no longer a civil case pending against her. You know, that can be read in a couple How of ways. How the fuck did she do Maybe that? Maybe she began cooperating with yeah. Tish James. That's Maybe was there wasn't too. enough evidence to pursue the civil suit against her. It's an interesting development. But, you know, I would say if any I of think the Trump end up testifying, Save her ass. the most likely one would be Ivanka. And could she be compelled to testify or would that have to be voluntary? She could be subpoenaed. You Good can be question. subpoenaed to testify. Um, but in a civil case, you can certainly um, invoke your Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination in the event she thinks her truthful testimony could, could possibly incriminate her. Could be a link in the chain of proving that she committed some sort of a financial crime as part of the Trump organization. So, again, all of these questions, you know, will really only be concretely answered when we see that trial unfold. Okay. Obviously, we'll stay on top of that as soon as we have any movement on that trial, as well as the raft of other trials that we're contending with right now. So, if you want to stay on top of this stuff, make sure to subscribe. The links are right here on this screen. I'm Brian Tyler Cohen. And I'm Glenn Kirshner. You're watching The Legal Breakdown. See her, um... Exclamation point, you two make a powerful duo.
You two make a powerful duo. Questions? Make a powerful duo. You two. Duo. Okie doke. Right. Make some coffee. Set some breakfast. Make some coffee. Alright. I want to rewind a little bit. Uh. Anyway, thanks for 263k. 264k. trial in the wake of the fraud ruling. So I think people are going to be a little bit confused here because the judge ruled against him. So what is Trump even trying to delay here? Yeah, good question. This is a confusing one. So if we unravel it, we just had a blockbuster ruling by Judge Arthur Engeron up in New York in the civil case that was brought by Attorney General Tish James, basically trying to hold Donald Trump and his family, and his chief financial officer, and his organization, Trump Org, accountable for long-term rampant fraud at the expense of the New York uh, taxpayers. And Judge Engeron just granted what's called a summary judgment motion. What does that mean? That means part of the case that was brought by Tish James was so strong and so conclusive regarding the proof of fraud that there was no need for a trial. There was no issue of fact to be resolved. So he basically directed a partial verdict in favor of Tish James. It was a big one because it was a verdict that came with um, Judge Engeron ordering the dissolution, his word, of Donald Trump's companies, his LLCs. Basically, he is ordering the dissolution of Trump org. He also held a bunch of Donald Trump's lawyers um, liable for <laughs> sanctions, money sanctions. So, And he also canceled Donald Trump's business certificates. I mean, this is basically the end of Donald Trump as businessman in New York. It was a dramatic ruling. However, there are still some other issues that do need to be resolved in a trial. So this was only one count. I believe there are another five or six still to be resolved. And then there's the big issue of how much Donald Trump should be made to pay because um, A.G. James brought the suit against him seeking at a minimum and put him quarter in of a prison. billion dollars. And the that amount he may have to pay is still an open question. So that's why the case has been partially resolved. But there are still some more issues to be tackled in a trial. Now, in that trial specifically, the witness list includes Alan Weisselberg, Michael Cohen, Ivanka Trump, Eric Trump, Don Jr., and Donald Trump himself. Does that mean that we're going to see these people testify? The answer is maybe. 
So, you know, Tish James put all of those names in the mix as possible trial witnesses. She may call some of them, but not all of them. If she calls some of them, they may have a Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination and decline to testify. She may end up using some of their deposition testimony in lieu of trial testimony. Um, so it, it's a mixed bag. We won't know who will actually testify until you hear, you know, the, the prosecutors in the case announce that, you know, the next witness being called for the state of New York is, for example, Donald Trump Jr. That's when we know Donald Trump Jr. will be called as a witness to testify. Glenn, is there any scenario where you would imagine it would be smart for Trump's lawyers to allow Trump or his kids who would otherwise be very hostile witnesses to actually testify in this trial? None. None. Other than perhaps Ivanka. Why do I say that? Remember, she was actually culled out of the litigation. She successfully filed... What was the question? You won't know who will actually testify until you hear, you know, the, the prosecutors in the case announce that, you know, the next witness being called for the state of New York is, for example, Donald Trump Jr. That's when we know Donald Trump Jr. will be called as a witness to testify. Is there any scenario where you would imagine it would be smart for Trump's lawyers to allow Trump or his kids, mm -hmm. who would otherwise be very hostile witnesses, to actually testify in this trial? None. None. Other than perhaps Ivanka. Why do I say that? Remember, she was actually culled out of the litigation. She successfully filed a motion with the court to get herself removed from the litigation, and I believe there is no longer a civil case pending against her. You know, that can be read in a couple of ways. Maybe she began cooperating with Tish James. Maybe there wasn't enough evidence to pursue a civil suit against her. It's an interesting development. But, you know, I would say if any of the Trump family members end up testifying, the most likely one would be Ivanka. And could she be compelled to testify or would that have to be voluntary? You could be subpoenaed. You can be subpoenaed to testify. Um, but in a civil case, you can certainly um, invoke your Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination in the event she thinks her truthful testimony could, could possibly incriminate her. Could be a link in the chain of proving that she committed some sort of a financial crime as part of the Trump organization. So, again, all of these questions you know, will really only be concretely answered when we see that trial unfold. Okay, obviously we'll stay on top of that as soon as we have any movement on that trial as well as the raft of other trials that we're contending with right now. So if you want to stay on top of this stuff, make sure to subscribe. Yeah. The links are right here on this screen. I'm Brian Tyler Cohen. And I'm Glenn Kirshner. You're watching The Legal Breakdown. Awesome stuff. It, that idea of, you know, clinching your money, you know, under a, a mattress and not doing anything. Clenching your weirdos. Americans are so fucking weird. <laughs> crazy things around me and I feel like I'm suffocating and the pressure is crazy. You know, you don't want to do it then because that, that'll give you a totally different trip, right? Because it's up to you on your trip. So take it progressively when you're at your happiest on the trip. Right? That's, that's what I have to say. I eat a lot of them. Just wow, that was lot. great. That was really, really, really great.
I needed to hear that. Thank you, I love you. Because I tend to take it all at once, and I think mm -hmm. then I, I, I would... Alright, so I got my first, obviously, hateful comment ever. Um, <laughs> and this was about a video that I've been posting lately, like, just... Uh, Trumplican bullshit and it's propaganda and I'm an immigrant socialist yes I, I love I like socialist policies because capitalism is stupid but um, wow um, I was born in Shreveport Louisiana <laughs> <laughs> my parents are both American my mother is about as white as you can get blue eyes blonde hair my dad is a mixture of Mexican and Spanish so I'm a quarter quarter and I'm more white than anything else so you can go fuck yourself <laughs> and I'm going to report you because why not you're just so hateful so hateful I hate hateful people and you just came right in and just blurted it out and you have no picture right I guess no you, you're high. can't stand to be sought out and figured out who you are because you're fucking cowards. You are just so weak. To sleep, he was just. Alright, damn it. This has been going on for two weeks. Clues are everywhere. Swifties, clues are everywhere. Okay, we're gonna talk about MetLife Night 2. Taylor Swift is gonna be at the MetLife um, thing or what have you the game, the football game this weekend with Travis Kelsey, but that's just because MetLife Arena is a clue and has nothing to do with Travis Kelsey, much like um, the Kansas City game. That was all just a clue. So at MetLife, night two, and that's the night that's important, she played Holy Ground and the lover track, False God. Lover is a clue. HG from Holy Ground is the clue, and FG is a, is a clue. And then she also played Karma with Ice Spice. So you have FGH, you don't have an I, you don't have a J, but you have a K. So there's no IJ, right? That is correct. There is no IJ. And if you remember, Travis Kelsey was wearing the 1989 blue and white outfit. And remember also that that suit had two naked ladies on it. And again, there was something to do with lovers or lover night or something like that at this Mijo Castle. What day? Well, this festival only shuts down, you know, at the beginning of December when they move into the Christmas season. Just real quick. Pond right here. And there may be other ponds out there with different suns, right? We don't right, know. So in this, in this module that is up now, where would Antarctica be? You're looking at Antarctica right now, in this. Oh, so we you're, don't know oh, so you're far, supposing. We don't know how far Antarctica go out, you know, we don't know, right? This is technical speculation. But guess what? We know that the, the waters are level. We know that Antarctica is a shoreline of our world. So therefore, this is a a kind of illustration to, to get the point across. So basically, if you go to Antarctica, right, you're not going to fall off the edge of any earth. There's no falling off as far as we know. When you reach the edge of the earth as we know it, you reach Antarctica. When you reach the edge of a lake, you don't fall off the edge of a lake. If me and you are in a boat and we're in a giant lake, 
right? And we're yeah. sailing around Billy. And there are islands in without taking out to a king or a queen. Every time you like something, you're making your we don't take it out to a king or a queen or a tyrant or a dictator. We don't take an oath to a wannabe dictator. We don't take an oath to an individual. We take an oath to the Constitution, and we take an oath to the idea that it's America, and we're willing to die to protect it. Every soldier, sailor, airman, marine, guardian, and coast guardsman, each of us commits our very life to protect and defend that document, regardless of personal price. We don't take an oath to a king or a queen or a tyrant or a dictator. And we don't take an oath to a wannabe dictator. We don't take an oath to an individual. Every time you... After the Civil War, naturalization was extended to persons of African descent as well. But it was the white citizen who had clear access to the vote, sat on juries, was elected to public office, and had better jobs. Whiteness was not simply a matter of skin color. To be white was to gain the full rewards of American citizenship. In order to be a naturalized citizen in this country, you had to be categorized as white or black. And almost everybody who tried to naturalize, all but I think one case that went to the Supreme Court, all of them were people trying to be categorized as white. So the court had to make decisions about who was white and who was not. Courts and legislators had long been in the business of conferring racial identities in the South to enforce Jim Crow segregation and laws against mixed marriages. Courts had to first determine who was black under law. And here's where it really gets interesting. You got some places, for example, Virginia. Virginia law defined a black person as a person with one sixteenth African ancestry. Now, Florida defined a black person as a person with one eighth African ancestry. Now, Alabama said you're black if you got any black ancestry, any African ancestry at all. But you know what this means? You can walk across a state line and literally, legally change race. Now, what does race mean under those circumstances? You give me the power, I can make you any race I want you to be because it is a social political construction. In 1909, American courts had that power. That year, the U.S. Court of Appeals in Massachusetts. The illusion of race, exclamation point, hashtag Black History 365. Hold on, my pet's back. Blue Armenians, often classified as Asiatic Turks were legally white. If Armenians could be designated white, what of the other so-called Asiatic races? Filipinos, Syrians, the Japanese, 
Could they all serve petition successfully to be designated white by the courts and thus become Americans? White by law. In 1922, when Japanese businessman Takao Ozawa petitioned the Supreme Court for naturalization, many in the Japanese community believed his was the perfect test case. Takao Ozawa came from Japan, went to the University of California at Berkeley uh, for a few years, then moved to Hawaii where he had um, a family, and he applied to become a naturalized citizen in 1915. My father wrote his own brief and everything, and he was really uh, devoted. He wanted to become an American citizen, and nothing would stop him. He was determined. Japanese growers in California watched Ozawa's case closely. By 1920, a series of alien land acts prohibited many non-citizens from owning or leasing land. Without a legal designation of whiteness to make them citizens, Japanese immigrants could not have the full protection of American law, no matter how long they lived in the country. In his brief, Azawa argued that his skin was as white as any so-called Caucasian, if not whiter. But he made a much more important second argument. But a second argument was that race shouldn't matter for citizenship. What really mattered was a person's beliefs. My honesty and industriousness are well known among my Japanese and American friends. In name, Benedict Arnold was an American, but at heart he was a traitor. In name, I am not an American. But at heart, I am a true American. The articles would come out in the paper. I thought, ooh, what did he do, you know? I thought only bad things came out in the paper, and I was kind of ashamed, you know, when I was a child. And it was just the way we were brought up. I didn't have any Oriental friends. My neighbors were all Caucasian, and so he was so determined to get us, well, when the time came, to be American citizens. Hey there, Guten Morgen. We just listened to Legacy of the Ancient Wisdom Keepers, Emerald Tablets. Archive Covenant. Oh. Secret footage of Trump interview surfaces that sinks his defense. Introduce the invisible rotatable air vent mount hardphone holder. This holder features an invisible... It's Michael Popak, Legal AF. Did you know there were nine missing minutes from the Kristen Welker Meet the Press interview of Donald Trump? And they were right at the beginning? Meet the Press took one look, and, the, and NBC News took one look at the first nine minutes and basically gave uh, Kristen Welker and the, and the interview a mulligan, a do-over, by cutting that out and not showing that on television. But we have the clip right here. In fact, I'm going to show you the clip that the prosecutors 
Jack Smith, Fawny Willis, and others are going to find the most intriguing from the quote-unquote missing nine minutes. So edited out, as anticipated you will see by Donald Trump himself. You'll see right in the middle towards the end of the interview or so, Donald Trump says, your network isn't probably going to air this. And he was right. I think the producers and editors heard that and said, we just got a great idea from Donald Trump. Cut that out. Start the interview later. No one will ever know. We'll just slice and dice it. Well, we do know. And it is out. And here's the rest of the interview. And when you listen to this clip I'm going to play right now, in its entirety, about the election the, and the false statements that Donald Trump continues to make on this show in order to try to cover his tracks and make it more difficult for prosecutors to prove criminal mind and criminal intent by Donald Trump, actually it backfires and, he act, and it actually will help them prove it. Let's play the clip and then we'll come back and talk about it. I'm looking to appoint an attorney general who's going to be tough on crime and fair. Very simple. And go after your political enemies? No, no, I would never do that. But Biden has done that. Look, Biden, these aren't indictments against me. These are Biden indictments. This isn't God coming down and very fairly said, oh, you spoke badly about an election. The election was rigged. There's no question about that. There's so much proof on it. Even if you go to the more modern day proof with the, uh, they call it Twitter files, FBI and Twitter, or you take a look at the Amazon stuff, or the Google stuff, or you take a look at 2,000 mules, you take a look at all of the ballot stuffing that's on tape, you take a look at the fact that the legislatures didn't approve a lot of the things that were done in the elections and they had to approve, and we could go on forever. We could go on forever, but, but no, I want somebody that's going to be strong, respected, tough, and fair. Just to go back to a couple of the points you said, the ballot stuffing, that's something that's been debunked it hasn't as been you know let's it's on camera but, but let's i do want to keep moving forward yeah, because of course, it's on camera hundreds and even thousands and thousands of people you take a look through the vote take a look it's on camera but mr president they have you know, thousands of pictures but i know but Kristen, you can't say it they have thousands of pictures of people i know you have to say that for your network but you shouldn't say it that, because that's the problem. But Mr. President, the news has lost such power. Let's stay on track, though, Mr. President. Let's I, but stay no, on track. But you're saying this to, it hasn't. We have thousands of essentially motion pictures of people stuffing the ballot boxes. But, Mr. President, Tens of thousands. They're not stuffing the ballot boxes. And you've been told that by your top law enforcement officials. But let's stay on track Listen, because we have so much Listen, ground to cover. You have, we have people that went and, and voted to cover in one place, Biden. another place, another place, as many as I understand, 28 different places in one day with seven, eight, nine ballots apiece. They can't do anymore because it would look too phony. These were professional people. They were stuffing the ballot boxes. It's it's there. I mean, it's there to see. A lot of people don't like looking at it. 60 different cases all across the country. You lost that, but let's stay on track. We, we lost because so the judges many, didn't want to hear them. Mr. President, but if, so this, many if this were ever before a court, we would win so easy. There is so much evidence that the election was rigged. And you may not even put the section on your show, and you'll have to decide what you want to do. But people know it was rigged. Look, the media, when I first no got involved in politics... As you know, there's no evidence of that. You have so many different Tremendous topics. evidence. I want to talk about what... Listen, let me ask you this. Mr. You President, agree there was tr Twitter files, right? Mr. President... You agree there were 51 intelligence agents that lied. You agree with I'm that? I'm not the one who's being interviewed. Let's well, no, stay but, on track I know, because I want to talk about... That's rigging the election. That's what voters want to hear about, Mr. President. Let's talk about what's happening on Capitol Hill right now. Speaker McCarthy announced that he was launching. Okay. Kristen Welker, listen, 
I, I hope you get better at what you do. I admired you before you took this job. I know that's a tough get to do Donald Trump when he comes on with his talking points, but you got to do better. Thank God we got that nine minutes. You just saw about two and a half or three minutes of it. And what we heard was an unstable, deranged Donald Trump who's either crazy as a fox or he's just crazy, in which he keep, keeps clinging to this um, falsehood that there was ballot stuffing and dead people voting and people voting out of precinct enough to overturn the results of the election. In other words, uh, f uh, dispositive fraud, right? Election dispositive fraud. Enough elect election fraud to overcome Joe Biden's electoral advantage in each state of the seven battleground states that he um, won. Boxing streaming services, that exercise app to show your friends you bike 20 miles in the rain, and your hometown newspaper for that one homecoming game score, the to 200. And manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash there's fraud at every election. You know, legal AF, rocketmoney.com slash legal AF. So for instance, in Georgia, there's fraud at every election. You know, there's always somebody voting their mother-in-law's ballot or somebody's mother-in-law died in voting that ballot, right? Or out of precinct voting by mistake or on purpose. But they'd have to show that there was enough of that to overcome in Georgia, for instance, you know, 11,758 votes. And there hey. isn't. You know, that usually happens at the most infinitesimal level, 0.001%, I think is the stat I've seen about fraud in any given election. You'd have to show, you know, like, you know, uh, single digit fraud, you know, like 2%, 3%, 5% in a state, not happening. But Donald Trump continues to even, as you heard on that clip, refer to things like, you know, 2,000 mules completely debunked, right? Completely de debunked BS documentary that claims that there were 2,000 people that stuffed bags of with ballots for Biden and shoved them into voting machines and shoved them into ballot boxes. That's the 2,000 mules, right? Election vote mules as opposed to drug mules or other types of mules. Or True the Vote, which is a completely underhanded right-wing organization that's been challenging votes and trying to act like there was voter fraud and which competent investigators and law enforcement have looked into it and found that they were completely wrong. But Donald Trump keeps referring to it as he pushes Kristen Welker. And he keeps talking about, for instance, um, true the vote in 2000 and 2000 mules. And there was ballot stuffing and ballot stuffing and ballot stuffing. And all Kristen Welker can do helplessly is say, but there wasn't, but it's been debunked. It's been debunked. Let's move on. Please, let's move on. Well, Jack Smith and Phony Willis aren't going to move on. They're going to get that nine minutes. They have that nine minutes. I have it. And they're going to use that to throw up on the board and show how Donald Trump, against the tremendous weight of evidence, of testimony, of lawyers around him that he appointed in his Department of Justice, in his White House counsel's office, his outside counsel, his election officials, all around told him that he had lost the election. His head of cybersecurity, the FBI, the CIA, Homeland Security, his own attorney general, Bill Barr at the time, everyone told him that there was nothing to the allegations of fraud. He chose instead to listen, or at least act like he was listening, to Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, Powell, Ken Chesborough, John Eastman, Peter Navarro, Jim Troopas, 
Jenna Ellis, and the like, because they told him what he wanted to hear, because they're bootlickers of the first order. Instead of listening to all the people that he appointed and had confirmed in office, like his White House counsel, deputy White House counsel, attorney general, deputy attorney general, acting attorney general, acting deputy attorney general, and, I could, and head of cybersecurity, homeland security, um, and the like, FBI and the like, right? And there's a concept in the law, you can't bury your head in the sand, it's called willful blindness. It's a reasonable person standard. Is it reasonable for a person possessing the knowledge and information that Donald Trump had from all of these very mature adults about the results of the election to continue to cling to documentaries like 2,000 Mules or organizations that are outside the periphery on the fringe at the QAnon level like uh, True the Vote? And the answer the jury is going to conclude is no, it's not, Right. You know, he can continue to try to go on television and say the same thing over and over again. But we know on the very moment, back in the dining room, when he was watching the election results, he turned to his communications director at the time, and she's already testified, and said, can you believe I lost to this effing guy, meaning Joe Biden? Yes, we believe you lost to that effing guy. And you did it by 7 million votes in seven, battleground, seven battleground states. But it, the, the, in, the interesting thing about the clip is not, you know, what some of the press is. Kristen Welker was worse than we thought. Okay, that, if this was a journalism hot take, that would sort of be interesting. Although I felt sorry for her. It, it certainly, I felt like somebody needed to throw her a life preserver, and, and all Donald Trump was throwing her was like an anvil, <laughs> okay? Um, and bullying her, as he, as he always does, especially women in positions of authority or power. We saw it with Hillary Clinton on the debate stage. We just saw it with Kristen Welker, um, and we saw it with other people, other people around him. But having said that, that's not the headline. The headline is, how does the prosecutors use that three-minute clip I just showed you against Donald Trump as they play it in courtrooms to juries? And I just explained to you the way they do it. They talk about the concept, and, and the jury will be charged, instructed by the judge, on willful blindness, that a reasonable person with the information that is in front of them can't also, in their mind, maintain at the same time the concept that they are lost by fraud in the election, given the overwhelming tidal wave of information and evidence arrayed around him and witnesses that have testified. And he couldn't possibly have held that view at the time he committed the crimes for which he's been charged for the 91 felony counts across four indictments in three jurisdictions. And that's going to be the way, using a clip like that, right, that I know NBC was embarrassed about and tried to hide it so that we wouldn't see it, we wouldn't see how bad Kristen Welker did so they could edit their way around it. But the American people are smarter than that, I believe. American juries are smarter than that. And, and I wouldn't run from this if I were Jack Smith or Phony Willis. I would embrace it and make it a feature in my opening statements to the jury at the time of these trials. I'll continue to take information that we learn at the intersection of law and politics in only one place, the Midas Touch Network, and bring it to your attention with the benefit of my 32 years of trial experience in courtrooms and courthouses just like the ones I'm talking about. I do it right here as one of the leaders of Legal AF, the leading podcast at the intersection of law and politics, along with Karen. Freeman Ignifolo and Ben Mysalis. And then we tie it all together, and on Wednesdays and Saturdays, right here, same place, YouTube channel, Midas Touch, free. 
We bring you Legal AF. Yes, it's what you think. We do it just like I just did it, except five or six stories and two of us at a time talking about it um, and bringing it to you in a way that we don't blow smoke or sunshine. We hope is at least marginally both informational and educational. Um, and so and text, until my next hot take, until my next legal AF, this is Michael Popak reporting. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report. Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the... It- put a dry towel in the dryer with wet clothes. Here's why. Why would you put a dry towel in the dryer with wet clothes? If, so this, if this were ever before a court, we would win so easy. There is so much evidence that the election was rigged. And you may not even put the section on your show, and you'll have to decide what you want to do. But people know it was rigged. Look, the media, when I first no got involved in politics... As you know, there's no evidence of that. You have so many different Tremendous topics. evidence. I want to talk about what... Listen, let me ask you this. Mr. You agree President. there was tr- Twitter files, right? Mr. President... You agree there were 51 intelligence agents that lied. You agree with I'm that? I'm not the one who's being interviewed. Let's well, no, stay but, on track I know, because I want to talk about... That's rigging the election. That's what voters want to hear about, Mr. President. Let's talk about what's happening on Capitol Hill right now. Speaker McCarthy announced that he was launching. Okay. Kristen Welker, listen, I, I, I hope you get better at what you do. I admired you before you took this job. I know that's a tough get to do Donald Trump when he comes on with his talking points, but you got to do better. Thank God we got that nine minutes. You just saw about two and a half or three minutes of it. And what we heard was an unstable, deranged Donald Trump, who's either crazy as a fox or he's just crazy in which he keep, keeps clinging to this um, falsehood that there was ballot stuffing and dead people voting and people voting out of precinct enough to overturn the results of the election. In other words, uh, f- uh, dispositive fraud, right? Election dispositive fraud. Enough elect- election fraud to overcome Joe Biden's electoral advantage in each state of the seven battleground states that he um, won. Boxing streaming services, that exercise app to show your friends you bike 20 miles in the rain, and your hometown newspaper for that one homecoming game score? There are subscriptions for everything these days, and sometimes it feels impossible to keep tabs on what you're paying for every month. That's why I'm such a huge fan of Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, when in reality the number is closer to 200 When you're signed up for so many things, like streaming services you used to watch one show with, or free trials for delivery you don't use, it's so easy to lose track of what you're paying for. With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. No more long hold times or annoying emails with customer service. Rocket Money does all the work for you. Rocket Money can even negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. With over 3 million users and counting, Rocket Money customers have saved an average of $720 a year. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the e- um, 
slash legal AF. So for instance, in Georgia, there's fraud at every election. You know, there's always somebody voting their mother-in-law's ballot or somebody's mother-in-law died in voting that ballot, right? Or out of precinct voting by mistake or on purpose. But they'd have to show that there was enough of that to overcome in Georgia, for instance, you know, 11,758 votes. And there isn't. You know, that usually happens at the most infinitesimal level. 0.001%, I think, is the stat I've seen about fraud in any given election. You'd have to show, you know, like, you know, uh, single-digit fraud, you know, like 2%, 3%, 5% in a state. Not happening. But Donald Trump continues to even, as you heard on that clip, refer to things like, you know, 2,000 mules completely debunked, right? Completely de debunked BS documentary that claims that there were 2,000 people that stuffed bags of with ballots for Biden and shoved them into voting machines and shoved them into ballot boxes. That's the 2,000 mules, right? Election vote mules as opposed to drug mules or other types of mules. Or True the Vote, which is a completely underhanded right-wing organization that's been challenging votes and trying to act like there's voter fraud and which competent investigators and law enforcement have looked into it and found that they were completely wrong. But Donald Trump keeps referring to it as he pushes Kristen Welker. And he keeps talking about, for instance, uh, true the vote, 2,000 and 2,000 mules, and there was ballot stuffing and ballot stuffing and ballot stuffing. And all Kristen Welker can do helplessly is say, but there wasn't, but it's been debunked. It's been debunked. Let's move on. Please, let's move on. Well, Jack Smith and Fonnie Willis aren't going to move on. They're going to get that nine minutes. They have that nine minutes. I have it. And they're going to use that to throw up on the board and show how Donald Trump, against the tremendous weight of evidence, of testimony, of lawyers around him that he appointed in his Department of Justice, in his White House Counsel's Office, his outside counsel, his election officials, all around told him that he had lost the election. His head of cybersecurity, the FBI, the CIA, Homeland Security, his own Attorney General, Bill Barr at the time, everyone told him that there was nothing to the allegations of fraud. He chose instead to listen, or at least act like he was listening, to Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, Powell, Ken Chesborough, John Eastman, Peter Navarro, Jim Troopas, Jenna Ellis, and the like, because they told him what he wanted to hear, because they're bootlickers of the first order. Instead of listening to all the people that he appointed and had confirmed in office, like his White House counsel, Deputy White House counsel, Attorney General, Deputy Attorney General, Acting Attorney General, Acting Deputy Attorney General, and, I could, and Head of Cybersecurity, Homeland Security, um, and the like, FBI, and the like, right? And there's a concept in the law, you can't bury your head in the sand, it's called willful blindness. It's a reasonable person standard. Is it reasonable for a person possessing the knowledge and information that Donald Trump had from all of these very mature adults about the results of the election to continue to cling to documentaries like 2,000 Mules or organizations that are outside the periphery on the fringe at the QAnon level like uh, True the Vote? And the answer the jury is going to conclude is no, it's not, right? You know, he can continue to try to go on television and say the same thing over and over again. But we know on the very moment back in the dining room when he was watching the election results, he turned 
to his communications director at the time, and she's already testified and said, can you believe I lost to this effing guy, meaning Joe Biden? Yes, we believe you lost to that effing guy. And you did it by 7 million votes in seven, seven battleground states. But it, the, the, in, the interesting thing about the clip is not, you know, what some of the press is. Kristen Welker was worse than we thought. Okay, that, if this was a journalism hot take, that would sort of be interesting. Although I felt sorry for her. It, it certainly, I felt like somebody needed to throw her a life preserver and, and all Donald Trump was throwing her was like an anvil, <laughs> okay? Um, and bullying her as he, as he always does, especially women in positions of authority or power. We saw it with Hillary Clinton on the debate stage. We just saw it with Kristen Welker. Um, and we saw it with other people, other people around him. But having said that, that's not the headline. The headline is, how does the prosecutors use that three-minute clip I just showed you against Donald Trump as they play it in courtrooms to juries? And I just explained to you the way they do it. They talk about the concept, and, and the jury will be charged, instructed by the judge on willful blindness, that a reasonable person with the information that is in front of them can't also, in their mind, maintain at the same time the concept that they are lost by fraud in the election given the overwhelming tidal wave of information and evidence arrayed around him and witnesses that have testified. And he couldn't possibly have held that view at the time he committed the crimes for which he's been charged for the 91 felony counts across four indictments in three jurisdictions. And that's going to be the way, using a clip like that, Right? That I know NBC was embarrassed about and tried to hide it so that we wouldn't see it. We wouldn't see how bad Kristen Welker did so they could edit their way around it. But the American people are smarter than that, I believe. American juries are smarter than that. And, and I wouldn't run from this if I were Jack Smith or Phony Willis. I would embrace it and make it a feature in my opening statements to the jury at the time of these trials. I'll continue to take information that we learn at the intersection of law and politics in only one place, the Midas Touch Network, and bring it to your attention with the benefit of my 32 years of trial experience in courtrooms and courthouses just like the ones I'm talking about. I do it right here as one of the leaders of Legal AF, the leading podcast at the intersection of law and politics, along with Karen Friedman Ignifilo and Ben Mysalis. And then we tie it all together, and on Wednesdays and Saturdays, right here, same place, YouTube channel, Midas Touch, free, we bring you Legal AF. Yes, it's what you think. We do it just like I just did it, except five or six stories and two of us at a time talking about it um, and bringing it to you in a way that we don't blow smoke or sunshine, and we hope is at least marginally both informational and educational. Um, and so and text, until my next hot take, until my next Legal AF, this is Michael Popak reporting. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report. Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. show with or free trials for delivery you don't use it's so easy to lose track of what you're paying for with rocket money you can eat for you rest rocket money you've reached your spending limits with cancel your unwanted subscription af rocketmoney.com slash legal af so for instance in georgia there's fraud at every election you know there's always somebody voting their mother-in-law's ballot 
or somebody's mother-in-law died in voting that ballot, right? Or out of precinct voting by mistake or on purpose. But they'd have to show that there was enough of that to overcome in Georgia, for instance, you know, 11,758 votes, and there isn't. You know, that usually happens at the most infinitesimal level, 0.001%, I think is the stat I've seen, about fraud in any given election. You'd have to show, you know, like, you know, uh, single-digit fraud, you know, like 2%, 3%, 5% in a state, not happening. But Donald Trump continues to even, as you heard on that clip, refer to things like, you know, 2,000 mules completely debunked, right? Completely de debunked. BS documentary that claims that there were 2,000 people that stuffed bags of with ballots for Biden and shoved them into voting machines and shoved them into ballot boxes. That's the 2,000 mules, right? Election vote mules as opposed to drug mules or other types of mules. Or True the Vote, which is a completely underhanded right-wing organization that's been challenging votes and trying to act like there was voter fraud at which competent investigators and law enforcement have looked into it and found that they were completely wrong. But Donald Trump keeps referring to it as he pushes Kristen Welker. And he keeps talking about, for instance, uh, true the vote in 2000 and 2000 mules and there was ballot stuffing and ballot stuffing and ballot stuffing and all Kristen Welker can do helplessly is say, but there wasn't, but it's been debunked, it's been debunked, let's move on, please let's move on. Well, Jack Smith and Phony Willis aren't going to move on. They're going to get that nine minutes. They have that nine minutes. I have it. And they're going to use that to throw up on the board and show how Donald Trump, against the tremendous weight of evidence, of testimony, of lawyers around him that he appointed in his Department of Justice, in his White House counsel's office, his outside counsel, his election officials, all around told him that he had lost the election. His head of cybersecurity, the FBI, the CIA, Homeland Security, his own attorney general, Bill Barr at the time, everyone told him that there was nothing to the allegations of fraud. He chose instead to listen, or at least act like he was listening, to Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, Powell, Ken Chesborough, John Eastman, Peter Navarro, Jim Troopas, Jenna Ellis, and the like. Because they told him what he wanted to hear because they're bootlickers of the first order. Instead of listening to all the people that he appointed and had confirmed in office, like his White House counsel, Deputy White House counsel, Attorney General, Deputy Attorney General, Acting Attorney General, Acting Deputy Attorney General, and, I could, and Head of Cybersecurity, Homeland Security, um, and the like, FBI and the like, right? And there's a concept in the law, you can't bury your head in the sand, it's called willful blindness. It's a reasonable person standard. Is it reasonable for a person possessing the knowledge and information that Donald Trump had from all of these very mature adults about the results of the election to continue to cling to documentaries like 2,000 Mules or organizations that are outside the periphery on the fringe at the QAnon level like uh, True the Vote? And the answer the jury is going to conclude is no, it's not, right? You know, he can continue to try to go on television and say the same thing over and over again. But we know on the very moment, back in the dining room, when he was watching the election results, he turned to his communications director at the time, and she's already testified, and said, can you believe I lost to this effing guy, meaning Joe Biden? Yes, we believe you lost to that effing guy. And you did it by 7 million votes in seven battleground, seven battleground states.
But it, the, the, in, the interesting thing about the clip is not, you know, what some of the press is. Kristen Welker was worse than we thought. Okay, that, if this was a journalism hot take, that would sort of be interesting. Although I felt sorry for her. It, it certainly, I felt like somebody needed to throw her a life preserver and, and all Donald Trump was throwing her was like an anvil, <laughs> okay? Um, and bullying her as he, as he always does, especially women in positions of authority or power. We saw it with Hillary Clinton on the debate stage. We just saw it with Kristen Welker, um, and we saw it with other people, other people around him. But having said that, that's not the headline. The headline is how does the prosecutors use that three-minute clip I just showed you against Donald Trump as they play it in courtrooms to juries? And I just explained to you the way they do it. They talk about the concept, and, and the jury will be charged, instructed by the judge on willful blindness, that a reasonable person with the information that is in front of them can't also, in their mind, maintain at the same time the concept that they are lost by fraud in the election, given the overwhelming tidal wave of information and evidence arrayed around him and witnesses that have testified. And he couldn't possibly have held that view at the time he committed the crimes for which he's been charged for the 91 felony counts across four indictments in three jurisdictions. And that's going to be the way, using a clip like that, right, that I know NBC was embarrassed about and try to hide it so that we wouldn't see it, we wouldn't see how bad Kristen Welker did so they could edit their way around it. But the American people are smarter than that, I believe. American juries are smarter than that. And, and I wouldn't run from this if I were Jack Smith or Phony Willis. I would embrace it and make it a feature in my opening statements to the jury at the time of these trials. I'll continue to take information that we learn at the intersection of law and politics in only one place, the Midas Touch Network, and bring it to your attention with the benefit of my 32 years of trial experience in courtrooms and courthouses just like the ones I'm talking about. I do it right here as one of the leaders of Legal AF, the leading podcast at the intersection of law and politics. Trump accidentally commits possible felony on video. Here's how you can get free trash bags for life on Earth Day. Stop using wasteful plastic bags that destroy the environment. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Donald Trump's spokesperson, Stephen Chung, posted a video of Donald Trump in South Carolina that is actually a video of Donald Trump committing a felony. So shortly after posting the video I'm about to play for you and then realizing what Donald Trump just did is a felony and that he's just posting a video of Donald Trump committing the felony in South Carolina, Trump's spokesperson quickly deleted the tweet or X or whatever you call it that he posted First, let me show you the video that Steve Chung posted, and then I will explain what the crime is. But here's what Steve Chung posted. President Trump purchases a Glock in South Carolina. The problem is Donald Trump is involved in multiple felony cases where he's been indicted, and that would be a violation of the terms and conditions of his release. Play the clip. Like this from Glock. Wow. And they sell well. They like me. They like me. Sir, if you want to buy one. Can I get one more picture with the president? Yes, yes. I just want one. Go ahead. One, two, three. Hey, let me hear him. Y'all look so good. One second. 
Um, I don't know that they ever That's a big seller. Okay, this is fantastic. One and two, three. So as we've been reporting here, Donald Trump's playbook, every time he flies in for a rally or even during a campaign, is to stop at a restaurant where he hands out a few food items to the cultists who fawn over him. And uh, it was a little surprising today when he stopped in at the gun shop in the video I just showed you to purchase a Glock pistol with his face. If you actually look at it, his face is etched onto the side of it. And he told his aides twice, I want to buy this gun. I want to buy this gun. So the first question we had to ask is, did Donald Trump actually buy the gun? The reason why we have to ask this is that he has, on more than one occasion, loudly proclaimed when he goes into like the restaurants that he's going to buy food for the people, only to have them later report that it was never actually paid for by Trump or his campaign. Buy them all burgers, buy them all pizza, and then he doesn't actually buy them the things he says when he's on camera. So, as I just showed you, Steve Chung, the Trump campaign guy who filmed the video of Trump saying he wanted to buy the gun and in fact saying he purchased the gun quickly deleted it and thankfully um, the NRA uh, also recorded it on their social media platform. Thanks for reposting it but not to worry folks because shortly thereafter Marjorie Taylor Greene and her boyfriend from the right-wing extremist network, Right Side Broadcasting, his name is Brian Glenn. Yes, the Brian Glenn who dresses up in drag but then condemns people for dressing up in drag. That Brian Glenn, Marjorie Taylor Greene's boyfriend, confirmed that they were present and he did purchase the gun, that they saw Donald Trump purchase the gun. They were asserting this to kind of gush over the fact that Trump was demonstrating what a strong supporter he was of gun rights. Here, let me show you the video of Marjorie Taylor Greene and her boyfriend, Brian Glenn, uh, admitting that Trump purchased this gun. Play the clip, and then I'm going to go over the law at issue here. Play this clip. Something. Go ahead. President Trump is having a great time. So he went shopping. I don't know if you were you in there. I was there with him in the in the uh, in the armory, and he made a couple comments about wanting a gun. Yeah. And so. So President Trump is a great defender of the Second Amendment. Thank goodness, because Joe Biden and his administration are coming after our Second Amendment. But President Trump found a gun he liked. It was a Glock. And it had it had a beautiful uh, uh, picture of him on the side of the Glock, and he said, "I'd like to buy this gun." I heard him say that, <laughs> and I was behind him when he said it, and I said, "Well, I think he said he wants to buy that gun, so we can confirm that President yeah, Trump." Yeah, uh, I got a picture got the, for you. You got that gun today. Look, let me show you. It's it great. Was, Hang on one second. Right here. Let's see if we can. President uh, Trump <laughs> might be really difficult to hide. Let's hold it steady. Let's see if James can get a, a tight yeah. shot of that. You see that, James? You got it? <laughs> I, he seemed to enjoy himself in there. I seem to show all kinds of things. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, but he, he enjoyed that. You oh, can yeah, tell he got a kick out of that. Well, 
So the problem for Trump is both he and the gun shop owner may have just committed federal felonies on camera posted by his spokesperson, Stephen Chung, since Trump is under multiple indictments. Let's look at the law. 18 U.S.C. 922 D sub 1 makes it a crime for anyone to sell a firearm to a person under felony indictment. Section 922 D 1 also makes it unlawful to sell or otherwise dispose of a firearm to a person who is under indictment for or who has been convicted in any court of a crime punishable by imprisonment for a term exceeding one year. 18 U.S.C. 922 sub N makes it a crime for a person under indictment to either ship or transport a firearm from one place to another or to receive any firearm which has been shipped in interstate commerce. Just so you see it right here, here's sub N. It shall be unlawful for any person who is under indictment for a crime punishable by imprisonment for a term exceeding one year to ship or transport, ship, to ship or transport in interstate or foreign commerce any firearm or ammunition or receive any firearm or ammunition which has been shipped or transported in interstate foreign commerce. But perhaps what makes this even worse is that the Attorney General of South Carolina proudly posed with Donald Trump as he was saying that he was buying the pistols. That's who was right next to him. Now, the Trump campaign was quick to do damage control after being told by CNN it would be a felony if he purchased a gun. They had to clean up after Trump's mouth, claiming that Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene lied and that Trump did not, in fact, purchase the gun. So CNN had to do the dirty work for Donald Trump because one person, Stephen Gutowski, pointed out what I just said. It would be a crime for him to actually buy this gun because he's under felony indictment. Did he actually go through with this purchase? And CNN, how could we help Donald Trump? Kristen Holmes from CNN goes... Trump campaign spokesman Stephen Chung clarifies to CNN that former President Donald Trump did not purchase a firearm at the armory in Somerville, South Carolina on Monday. Curious. Beijing, Jack Smith. And also, it should be noted, too, that what the MAGA Republicans went after Hunter Biden for, what Hunter Biden was charged for, which they see no hypocrisy here, Perhaps the ultimate irony of this is a gun charge. They indicted Hunter Biden in federal court, the uh, David Weiss, the Trump-appointed prosecutor, for possession of a firearm while under the influence of narcotics, which has been determined by numerous other courts to be uh, unconstitutional infringement of the Second Amendment. So... Nothing like a good dose of hypocrisy by MAGA Republicans. And so, look, and by the way, if you're CNN there, why are you doing the work? Stephen Chung said, Stephen Chung clarified for me, perhaps you should just post Stephen Chung, what, what is he clarifying? He, he lied. He made a post that said Trump purchased it, and then they all said he purchased it. So there's nothing to really clarify. If you want to say Stephen Chung admitted to saying a mistake or lying, 
more like lying, that would be accurate reporting. But again, you've seen us here at the Midas Touch Network. We've been calling out legacy media for uh, crap like this. And I'm going to do another video of what went down at that South Carolina rally where CNN was just pushing, peddling Donald Trump's talking points. Look, Donald Trump's trying to help unions. No, he's they trying to destroy the unions' policies, literally destroy the unions. It's ridiculous. Anyway. We'll see what happens as a result of this. Um, you've seen the videos for yourself. You've seen the data for yourself. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 2 million subscribers thanks to your support. Check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's free to subscribe to YouTube. You can support the growth of this network by becoming a member on Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Midas Touch. Have a great day. Hey Midas Mighty, love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. A couple comments. Interstate commerce. Just so you see it right here, your sub end. It shall be unlawful for any person who is under indictment for a crime punishable by imprisonment for a term exceeding one year to ship or transfer, ship, to ship or transport in interstate or foreign commerce any firearm or ammunition or receive any firearm or ammunition which has been shipped or transported in interstate foreign commerce. But perhaps what makes this even worse is that the Attorney General of South Carolina proudly posed with Donald Trump as he was saying that he was buying the pistols. That's who was right next to him. Now, the Trump campaign was quick to do damage control after being told by CNN it would be a felony if he purchased a gun. They had to clean up after Trump's mouth, claiming that Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene lied and that Trump did not, in fact, purchase the gun. So CNN had to do the dirty work for Donald Trump because one person, Stephen Gutowski, pointed out what I just said. It would be a crime for him to actually buy this gun because he's under felony indictment. Did he actually go through with this purchase? And CNN, how could we help Donald Trump? Kristen Holmes from CNN goes... Trump campaign spokesman Stephen Chung clarifies to CNN that former President Donald Trump did not purchase a firearm at the armory in Somerville, South Carolina on Monday. Curious. Beijing Jack Smith. And also, it should be noted, too, that what the MAGA Republicans went after Hunter Biden for, what Hunter Biden was charged for, which they see no hypocrisy here, Perhaps the ultimate irony of this is a gun charge. They indicted Hunter Biden in federal court, the, uh, David Weiss, the Trump-appointed prosecutor, for possession of a firearm while under the influence of narcotics, which has been determined by numerous other courts to be uh, unconstitutional infringement of the Second Amendment. So... Nothing like a good dose of hypocrisy by MAGA Republicans. And so, look, and by the way, if, if you're CNN there, why are you doing the work? Stephen Chung said, Stephen Chung clarified for me, perhaps you should just post Stephen Chung, what, what is he clarifying? He, he lied. He made a post that said Trump purchased it, and then they all said he purchased it. 
So there's nothing to really clarify. If you want to say Stephen Chung admitted to saying a mistake or lying, more like lying, that would be accurate reporting. But again, you've seen us here at the Midas Touch Network. We've been calling out legacy media for uh, crap like this. And I'm going to do another video of what went down at that South Carolina rally where CNN was just pushing, peddling. Donald Trump's talking points. Look, Donald Trump's trying to help unions. No, he's they trying to destroy the unions' policies, literally destroy the unions. It's ridiculous. Anyway, we'll see what happens as a result of this. Um, you've seen the videos for yourself. You've seen the data for yourself. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 2 million subscribers. Justice Department, Criminal Division, Miami. Lock him up, boys. Thanks to being an American, I got a completely new luxury bathroom. The Nationwide Bathroom Remodel website makes... I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Donald Trump gave a speech in South Carolina that was very dangerous, very unhinged, very weird, but it also showed serious cognitive impairment on behalf of Donald Trump. And this isn't hyperbole. I'm not just saying, oh, cognitive impairment. Look, judge for yourself in the video clips I'm about to show you. Like this first clip where Donald Trump confuses Jeb Bush in the 2016 primary with George W. Bush and says that Jeb Bush was involved in wars in the Middle East. Here, play this clip. It's less than four months before the season starts. We start in Iowa, we go to New Hampshire, we come down here. You know, the beauty was when I came here, everyone thought Bush was going to win. And then they took a poll and they found out Trump was up by about 50 points. Everyone said, what's going on right here? They thought Bush, because Bush supposedly was a military person. Great. You know what? He was a military. He got us into the uh, he got us into the Middle East. How did that work out? Right. But they all thought that uh, Bush might win. Jeb. Remember Jeb? He used he used the word Jeb. He didn't use the word Bush. I said, you mean he's ashamed of the last name? And then they immediately started using the name Bush. Never forget it. But we came here. You can see Donald Trump almost short-circuiting in that speech. And we've showed you previous videos here on the Midas Touch Network where Donald Trump thought that he was running against Barack Obama. And he does this very frequently now. Also, here's a clip from the same South Carolina event where Donald Trump says the big issues right now are windmills that are killing so much wells. 
play the clip. Extreme regulatory attacks. The Biden administration is right now trying to bludgeon the boating and maritime industry. We were just discussing it with a lot of boat companies back there that create a lot of jobs and having a hard time. With a boat speed limit of less than 11 miles an hour, about 10 miles an hour. In other words, like a slow golf cart. It's like a, a think of it along the entire eastern part of our country. This is supposedly in the name of preventing whale strikes. But you have a better chance of being struck by lightning than hitting a whale with your boat. There has only been, listen to this, one such whale killed off the coast of South Carolina in the last 50 years. But on the other hand, their windmills are causing whales to die in numbers never seen before. Nobody does anything about that. They're washing up and show. I saw it this weekend. Three of them came up. They wouldn't, you wouldn't see it once a year. Now they're coming up on a weekly basis. The windmills are driving them crazy. They're driving, they're driving the whales, I think a little batty, and they're washing up on shore at levels never seen before, and they want to stop your boats one in 50 years. Can you imagine that? And in this next clip, Donald Trump says that he deserved a Medal of Honor because while he was in office, he landed in Iraq once, and that he believes that by flying into Iraq, he deserves the Medal of Honor. Play the clip. I said, you got to be, I flew to Iraq, remember? And I came back. Remember that brave flight when we landed on a runway with no lights? And I said, I want the Congressional Medal of Honor for myself. I said, am I allowed to give myself the Congressional Medal of Honor, Russell? And they said, I don't think that would look too good, sir. I said, I agree with you on that. Here, Donald Trump spreads a very dangerous conspiracy, a false conspiracy he says that the reason that there was COVID is because China created it and caused it because Donald Trump was being too tough on them. Again, this is completely false, completely dangerous, and these are the types of unhinged, very strange, dangerous things he's saying. Play the clip. Paid us hundreds of billions of dollars. Not one president got 10 cents from China. I got hundreds of billions of dollars from China. They weren't too happy with me, hence the China virus. Okay, going over more of the cognitive impairment that was reflected in this speech. Here, Donald Trump saying that migrants are getting all these cell phones and veterans are not getting cell phones. I don't know what he's talking about. Play the clip. Weirdest thing, they come in by the tens of thousands, sometimes a day, and they all have cell phones. I'm saying... Where did they get the cell phones? Everybody has a cell phone. They're all talking in these beautiful cell phones, and they're expensive ones, too. They're nice ones. Somebody who's into that said, those are good phones. And then I say, who, pay, who pays their bills? Who's paying the bills, Marjorie? Do you want to check that? I'll give it to Marjorie. She'll figure that one out fast. No, but you ever notice? They're all coming in with cell phones. Our veterans don't have cell phones, do they? But... They put illegal aliens first and everyone first, but he puts America last. He puts Here Donald Trump is trying to justify the fact that he's too cowardly to show up at the debates for the Republican presidential nomination. He goes, nobody watches the debates. Play the clip. We're at just about 60% already and we're going up and we're the only ones going up. They're going down. They're going down, down, down. They ought to stop wasting their time. You know, they're wasting a lot of time on these ridiculous debates that nobody's watching. 
The last debate was the lowest rated debate in history. That's a good compliment, isn't it? And what was I doing, Marjorie? I was someplace else, wasn't I, huh? I was doing another interview. And then when I watch these events, I don't always just focus on, okay, well, what's going on with what Trump's saying? I also want to know what's going on around the events. So these events are often covered by right-wing extremist propaganda media, and they go about uh, broadcasting this like Kim Jong-un-style productions. And here is uh, part of the production that was done by a organization called Right Side Broadcasting Network. And Brian Glenn's one of their main reporters, who is dating Marjorie Taylor Greene, so their boyfriend and girlfriend, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Brian Glenn, and they're talking about the federal government shutdown that MAGA Republicans are causing. And here in this clip, you'll see Marjorie Taylor Greene say, the American people don't care about the government shutdown. It's not going to impact the lives of American people, she says, which is a total lie. And then she says that she's not going to support any funding for the government that involves Ukraine or COVID, she says. Watch what they say. Play the clip. You know, we were talking earlier that we didn't feel any effects of the SAG, the actor strike. Now, okay. we will feel the effects of a UAW strike because automobiles will become not as plentiful. Yeah. People will lose their jobs or lose their income. That's a big difference. But if, you, if, they, if the government shuts down, let's just be truthful. We're not going to miss it. It's already in, it's already over overexposed anyway. Well, that's how the American people feel. The people that are affected are federal government employees, but the American people don't miss a beat in their jobs. That's the reality. Now we can we can talk about how it affects um, uh, uh, our ability to fund the government. We're not doing a good job in Washington right now. Yeah. I, for one, have drawn my red lines. I'm not voting for COVID anything. I'm not voting for, for Biden's weaponized special counsels. I'm not voting for Ukraine. And I think that's where we should be drawing our red lines. That's where the American people are. Yeah. They're fed up with it. But unfortunately, uh, we're still going to be fighting over those issues. But I think there's a serious issue with these auto workers, Brian. Yeah. We, yeah, we aren't worried about the people protesting in Hollywood. No. But between the Democrats' Green New Deal and uh, them d going to destroy the auto industry, change it to electric vehicles, these people that are out there striking, uh, their jobs are at risk, and there's nobody to blame except Joe Biden and the Democrats. Okay. This is also from that same network, if you even want to call it that, where one of the people covering the event says that we need to obliterate the deep state, obliterate the deep state, but we don't, don't actually mean violence, like obliterate them in general as a, as a concept. Play this clip. He definitely always is saying about, you know, obliterating the deep state in the sense of, you know, uh, taking care of business, not in a, uh, you know, a, a violent way, but of course a peaceful way. But at the end of the day, we want freedom in this country. And I wanted to show you those two clips because let's compare it to CNN, right? That was Right Side Broadcasting Network, an extremist right-wing media network. But like, how do you think CNN is covering it? It, it? Almost not different at all. And here CNN is parroting the talking points of Donald Trump and basically saying, and Donald Trump is out there saying to the union workers that he wants to help them and the electric vehicles are not going to be helpful. It's like your job, CNN, is not to parrot gaslighting and lies. 
Donald Trump's trying to destroy unions. That is what he and MAGA Republicans want to do. So do your job, CNN. Do your job, legacy media. Because, as I just showed, there's almost no difference between what you just said and what right-side broadcasting networks said. When RSBN and CNN are basically the same, that's an issue. Play this clip. Endorsed Joe Biden. They have not yet endorsed in 2024. Donald Trump has been posting about this on Truth Social. His team believes that while he has had complications with unions in the past, that he can sell himself as pro worker, essentially turn on the Biden administration on their green plans, their electric vehicle plans, say that those are going to kill jobs, and then say that Donald Trump himself is pro worker. Now, whether or not that will work, of course, remains to be seen. But this is a group of people that in a general election, Trump does believe he can siphon votes off of. Kristen, you're a pro. If it is that loud in her microphone, I can only imagine how loud it is in real life. We've been there and we know. Um, you know, and as I've been thinking about it, as I've been watching MAGA over the past few days, and I've been thinking about this slogan, and I want you to tell me what you think about it. Ready? Um, MAGA Republicans just talk shit. That's all they do. MAGA Republicans talk shit. But Democrats in the pro-democracy coalition gets shit done. Tell me what you think about that. Make a comment below. Hit the thumbs up button on the YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Have a fantastic day. Thank you so much for watching. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch. To keep up with the most important news of the day. our ability to fund the government, we're not doing a good job in Washington right now. I, for one, have drawn my red lines. I'm not voting for COVID anything. I'm not voting for, for Biden's weaponized special counsels. I'm not voting for Ukraine. And I think that's where we should be drawing our red lines. That's where the American people are. Yeah. They're fed up with it. But unfortunately, uh, we're still going to be fighting over those issues. But I think there's a serious issue with these auto workers, Brian. Yeah. We, yeah, we aren't worried about the people protesting in Hollywood. No. But between the Democrats' Green New Deal and uh, them d going to destroy the auto industry, change it to electric vehicles, these people that are out there striking, uh, their jobs are at risk, and there's nobody to blame except Joe Biden and the Democrats. Okay. This is also from that same network, if you even want to call it that, where one of the people covering the event says that we need to obliterate the deep state, obliterate the deep state, but we don't, don't actually mean violence, like obliterate them in general as a, as a concept. Play this clip. He definitely always is saying about, you know, obliterating the deep state in the sense of, you know, uh, taking care of business, not in a, uh, you know, a, a violent way. Hey there, welcome back. Let's see what Midas Touch is up to. Anything new? How about some fucking jail time? That would be groovy. Prosecutors tighten the screws on Trump with surprise moves. Saving with nice. Move. They customize Come on. your car insurance. Going for the kill. Going for the kill, prosecutors. Legally, have big news coming out of Georgia today with the judge, Judge McAfee, presiding over the criminal organized crime effectively conspiracy case against Donald Trump and others to interfere with the Georgia election and throughout the country. It was supposed to just be a hearing that he was presiding over about 
logistics of the October 23rd trial about what we thought was only two of the 19 co-conspirators, the two that wanted speedy trial, Ken Chesborough, Sidney Powell. Ken Chesborough being the one of the architects of the fake elector scheme, and Sidney Powell, co-captain of Team Crazy, and in charge of the ON60 losing record in, in litigation cases around the country. Those two. That's what we thought. But that's not what happened at the hearing. What happened at the hearing is we learned two things, and that's, gonna, that's the subject of this hot take. One, there could be an additional six defendants sitting next to uh, Cheese Bro and Powell. Could be eight people tried of the conspiracy on October the 23rd. I'll tell you why that is, because we always thought it was, as I joked, table for two, Cheese Bro and Powell, come on down for your trial. Could be table for eight. And the judge said, we'll just get new new chairs and benches in here and make it work. I'll tell you why that is. But the bigger news is there's a potential plea deal that's going to be offered to Powell and or Chesborough by the prosecutors. How do I know? Because the judge asked an open court. Everything's televised. The judge asked an open court to the prosecutor, Mr. Wade, from Fawny Willis's team. He said, he said to Mr. Wade, is there a chance that there's going to be a plea deal? The judge literally asked the prosecutor, is the state in a position to make one in the near future? To which Mr. Wade responded, Judge, I believe that we can. We'll sit down and kind of put some things down together uh, and we'll reach out to defense counsel individually to extend an offer. That's easy to interpret. The prosecutors are going to make a plea deal to both Powell and Chesborough to, to have them not be tried and possibly convicted and sentenced up to 20 years for conspiracy, but instead cooperate fully and truthfully with the prosecutors against Donald Trump and all the rest of them. Now we're going to see. This is where the rubber meets the road. We know, or rubber meets the, the liberty of these two, we know that the prosecutor is going to put together an offer because McAfee is watching. How MAGA are these two? Are they willing to risk being convicted in Fulton County, Georgia, a tremendously blue location for a trial of this nature, if you know what I mean, uh, and risk getting sentenced up to 20 years because they're, gonna, they're members of that cult and, and they follow their fearless leader, Donald Trump, anywhere? Or does their personal liberty matter to them and telling the truth? Um, to the prosecutors. We're going to find out because McAfee wants to know. So somewhere between now and the 23rd or the 21st of October when they start interviewing jurors and Scott McAfee's ready, he's already told his bailiffs and the uh, people responsible for jury the jury pool, bring down 900 potential jurors. And he also announced this is going to be a three to five month trial of just the two co-conspirators uh, Powell and Chesboro with Fridays off. They'll be tell, tell, you'll be hearing the groans of the jury as they're selected about being told at the end it's a three to five months uh, trial. We also, so plea deal, big news. But second big news coming out of it is we always thought it was just literally Chesboro and Powell on the 23rd and everybody else had backed away and said, we don't want to go that fast. We uh, waive our speedy trial. And a lot of, a lot of the defendants did particularly 11 out of the 17 remaining co-conspirators, including Donald Trump and Giuliani and Meadows, waived their speedy trial, meaning 
they don't have to go on the 23rd of October with the, with the other two, per the judge. But six haven't. And we're getting to the bottom of who the six are. We're, it's, a, it's a number of the fake electors and the uh, Georgia former Republican Party people. And since they haven't waived, the judge announced today, I said if you waived, you didn't have to go on the 23rd. But if you didn't waive, you do. So we'll just bring in new tables and chairs and we'll make room for up to maybe six more people. So we could have a trial of eight people, meaning Phony Willis's team, which I'm sure is well prepared, is going to put on a case about up to eight of the 19 people in this co-conspiracy. Now, I've already done a hot take to explain what happens when she tries a case with less than the entire group of co-conspirators. Fortunately, it's... Uh, the future trials won't really know about what happened here. If she wins, hooray, she'll get more flipping, she'll get more people cooperating down the chain, I'm sure, because they, they just saw what happened. Um, but if she loses, she keeps trying her cases, right? And, you, and that's the problem with having multiple trials. You can't have inconsistent jury verdicts. This, you know, Multiple juries hearing similar evidence can conclude different things. It happens. Probably won't happen here, but it could happen. And so she'll learn if she loses, and she'll, she'll uh, uh, use it to her advantage if she wins. So she gets sort of a dress rehearsal. And the way, they, the way they do it, as I described it, is, you know, if they only have two or they have eight now at a trial, they put on the entire case. They talk about the grand conspiracy in broad language and how everybody played a role, and then they drill down and focus on the role of each individual defendant that is actually there in front of that jury. So they'll have a Ken Chesborough week or two or a month. They'll have a Sidney Powell week or two or a month where they've combined and organized the evidence, the witness testimony, the documents about that individual person so as not to confuse the jury. And if they have more than that, then they keep going. Like almost like chapters in a book, right? They explain the overall arc of the story of the book to the jury. That's the conspiracy. And then chapter by chapter, chapter one, Ken Chesborough, chapter two, Sidney Powell, and so on and so on. And then they reset like a big etch-a-sketch. They do it all again in the next set of trials down the road. Two big developments today on one hearing, a procedural hearing to set the logistics for the trial. We learned one, right, pop quiz, could be another six people sitting next to Chesborough and Powell. We'll know. I think this hearing today will motivate those that. So yeah, how you guys doing out there? You're still alive apparently. Congratulations. You survived the Trump virus. Hey America, if you're still alive, congratulations, you survived the Trump virus. That's a good tweet. How do you do a poll anyway? I wanted to do a poll about uh, outrageous. Um, 
with her three trader green. Sweetie. Three toad, three toad green. Green three toad. Um, anyway, how do you do a poll? Oh, ask a question. Here we go. Okay. Um, which is your favorite Trump new? Diaper done. Conald Rump. Conald Chump. Ronald Dump. Drump. Smurf name. Smurf name. <laughs> um. Benedict Donald. the fucking antichrist whole length um how many days can it go seven a week seven hours huh for seven hours benedict donald are you gonna only have four choices Ronald Dump. <laughs> Drump Spurt Smurf name. Which is your favorite new name for Diaper Dime? Tweet. Secretaries of State.
to all secretaries of state this friendly reminder that no, no Donald jackass Trump allowed on our primary or general election ballots for 2024 presidential elections. Got it? He automatically disqualified himself when he incited January's insurrection, January 6th. 2021. Remember? 14th Amendment, bitches. Uh, this is friendly reminder that no! Donald Jackass Trump allowed on our primary or general election ballots for 2024 presidential elections. Got it? Diaper on. A golf twiddler. primary slash general election ballots for 2024 presidential elections. Got it? Diaper dine automatically disqualified himself when he incited insurrection January 6, 2021. Remember? You know, okay. It's not showing up. Baja California.
verify. for New Hampshire. Secretary of State. Politics, politics, girl. y'all are still there. Hi there, welcome back. Let's see what's going on, man. Got the brightest Everything I touch times go with nine diaper done. He got the reverse modest touch. Everything he touched turns to shit. Thanks for 263k, man. Even if they're all just censors. Okay, Maggot goes to war against the Swifties. Ooh. Hold on there. Thank you. I just asked Taylor Swift if she would join me on the executive tickets. And thanked her for getting 35,000 people to sign up to vote. Like I'm gonna write that, post that. Mm. I just asked Taylor Swift if she would
I asked. Uh, if she would so I asked her to join me on the executive ticket yeah okay so I wonder what they're doing, but I'm kind of like, it's hard for me to access that. MAGA. Trump appears to think whales can fly into windmills in new mentally addled rant. Um, Trump displays. Uh, I'm going to share this one about the Swifties. Oops. Um, share. I asked uh, in running for the executive. share with the, my audience on YouTube. Alright, Trump displays severe cognitive decline during disastrous rally. Visit shop that sold AR-15 used in racist mass shooting. Oh my god. Fucking psycho. Fox has stunned brutal tape town. Hmm. <clears throat> 27 insane things Trump said he will do in second term. A list of links and dates. Thanks, Jabs Bush was president, accused him of invading Iraq. It's a short new violation. Can't get rich though, why not? Trump spokesperson actually rats out Trump for federal crime on a live TV. Immediately backtracks in panic. Ha! Ha ha. I wish I could see it. Traitors, GOP congressman joins Trump. Calls for execution of... Yeah, this fucking Gosar fucking pig. Fucking Gosar. Pig. Fucking pig.
three years ago. Connection to the server timed out. Yeah, they just don't want me to post that. Problem creating my post. Of course. Static Trump issues dangerous threat as media malpractice continues. Maggie goes, oh, I don't play that. Um, um, why isn't, uh, why isn't he being thrown in jail? Calls for execution of General Milley. Trump caught boosting Nazi account that shares Hitler propaganda videos. Humans do vile things, convicted crybaby Trumper. Trump demands RNC and debates for money to stopping voter registration. Jesus. <laughs> Hurry up and disqualify this fucker. Hashtag C-R-E-W. Fucker. Trump the scab while Biden joins the UAW picket line. Trump will fly to Miss Michigan to speak at a small, faraway non-union plant. Described by one plane as one of the best places to destroy the confidence, morale, and enthusiasm of a human being. Trump may get hit with more charges for mafia-style behavior 13 hours ago. Okay, no ads, man. Uh...
Michael Bobak legally. I don't be fooled. Donald Trump does pay legal fees. He just pays him out of his political action committee pack and pays it to people that matter to him, including witnesses, co-conspirators, and co-defendants, so they can pay their legal fees. That is the dirty little secret that's going on with all of these co-defendants, uh, indicted co-conspirators, unindicted co-conspirators. What do they have in common? Their individual law firms are all getting paid by the Trump Save America PAC. It's gotten so bad that Jack Smith, special counsel, special prosecutor, has listed as one of the grounds to avoid letting Donald Trump know about any aspect of the investigation in advance um, it, that he uh, that he may tamper with witnesses and tamper with evidence because, as they pointed out in their federal filings, because Donald Trump has a penchant for paying off, buying and paying for legal representation for people that could testify against him. That could lead to witness tampering charges along the way. But let's look at the facts and then we'll talk about where they lead. In the $50 million or so that Donald Trump has paid to the co-defendants, the following people that I'm going to identify for you that are involved in the Jan 6 election interference cases, the Georgia election interference cases, the Mar-a-Lago cases, testimony given to the Jan 6 committee, all, all have taken money from Donald Trump because they've let their lawyers be paid from the Save America PAC. That includes um, lawyers that have um, now are, are representing different people and now have a conflict. And, and I'll talk about the conflict of interest as well. Let's start with what happens when Donald Trump buys and pays for testimony. Unless the people decide to stop wanting to get paid for their lawyer fees or stop having their lawyer fees paid for, they toe the line and they cooperate and they don't say bad things against Donald Trump. The best witnesses that we've heard about so far in any of the cases, Cassidy Hutchinson, former um, chief assistant to the, the chief of staff, Mark Meadows, Yasil Tavares, the, the former IT director at Mar-a-Lago, um, uh, all of uh, currently Molly Michael, former executive assistant for Donald Trump, both in the White House and at Mar-a-Lago. Once they break free from being represented by Donald Trump's bought and paid for lawyers, they then tell the truth, cooperate with the government, and become witnesses for the prosecution and witnesses for history. And that's what happens. And that's what Jack Smith is watching carefully to see who he can flip because his ability to flip a witness is undermined in part because those witnesses worry about where their legal fees are going to be paid for or paid from. As soon as they're freed, you seal Tavares said that he perjured himself in front of the grand jury about Mar-a-Lago, is now cooperating with Jack Smith, and now we have the second indictment in Mar-a-Lago. Cassidy Hutchinson was testified to the Jan 6 committee that she was told by her Trump bought and paid for lawyer Stefan Positano not to tell the truth, to not remember certain things that she said she remembered. She, was, she even testified that she was offered a job. This is how nefarious this has gotten with Donald Trump. He's not just buying their silence through paying for their attorneys. He's offering them jobs that look on the, on the face of them to be sort of independent, but they're not. For instance, she testified, and she's let it be known, that Red Curve Solutions, a company that received $4.2 million from the Trump PAC, just before they made an offer to Cassidy Hutchinson, before she was about to testify, to work, to have her work for them. 
That's a Trump-created job to try to entice her to not testify against him. So I thought, for instance, Donald Trump complained, I, didn't, I don't know Cassidy Hutchinson. Uh, I don't know. She seemed nice, but I don't really know her. And I don't know what she could say. Well, why are you trying to influence her testimony by donating money to another consulting company so they can offer her a job? Okay, so that's what we're seeing. So keep, keep your eye on the ball when I tell you all the people who's having their lawyers bought and paid for by Donald Trump and his PAC. Peter Navarro, obviously. Walt Nauda, obviously. Ray Smith, indicted in... Prison. Georgia, a lawyer for Donald Trump, having his having his uh, law firm uh, his law firm bills paid for by Donald Trump. Cleta Mitchell, a lawyer that was listed in the uh, Jan Six special purpose. I'm sorry, in the special purpose grand jury report from Georgia, as the people that they recommended be indicted, she's an election lawyer that went MAGA, and her, uh, and it's been the focus of a number of prosecutions, and she and her attorney's fees are being paid for by Donald Trump. Todd Blanche is representing Boris Epstein and having his bills paid for by Donald Trump. Boris Epstein, the in-house uh, counsel, fixer, consigliere for Donald Trump. Uh, in addition, a number of Jan 6 witnesses, including Bill Stepien, the former campaign manager for Donald Trump, had his bills paid for by uh, Trump as well. Bill Barr. Also, Lindsey Graham, reimbursement to his PAC for the, for the uh, law firms that Lindsey Graham needed, because he got involved, of course, in the co-conspiracy and the conspiracy in Georgia. So we have that. We've got um, Steve Bannon's law firm being paid for $3.4 million by Donald Trump's PAC. Stephen Miller, uh, aide in the White House, key witness uh, and part of the election prosecutions. His law firm, Greenberg Traurig, paid by the Save America PAC or the PACs. Um, Corey Lewandowski, a key figure for Donald Trump, had his attorney's fees paid for. Um, Lynn Wood, who's now cooperating with the uh, the Georgia prosecutors, at least by Donald Trump, Boris Epstein, the in-house uh, counsel, fixer, consigliere for Donald Trump. Uh, in addition, a number of Jan 6 witnesses including Bill Stepien, the former campaign manager for Donald Trump, had his bills paid for by uh, Trump as well. Bill Barr, also Lindsey Graham, reimbursement to his PAC for the, for the uh, law firms that Lindsey Graham needed because he got involved, of course, in the co-conspiracy and the conspiracy in Georgia. So we have that. We've got... Um, Steve Bannon's law firm being paid for $3.4 million by Donald Trump's PAC. Stephen Miller, uh, aide in the White House, key witness uh, and part of the election prosecutions. 
his law firm, Greenberg Traurig, paid by the Save America PAC or the PACs. Um, Corey Lewandowski, a key figure for Donald Trump, had his attorney's fees paid for. Um, Lynn Wood, who's now cooperating with the, uh, with the Georgia prosecutors, at least we think he is, although recently he came out with a, something on social media that says he didn't flip and he's 117% in favor of Donald Trump. Very weird percentage offered by a very weird guy, but former lawyer Lynn Wood had his legal fees paid for um, by Donald Trump. And then you've got the obvious sort of incestuous ethical conflicts that arise from law firms representing Trumpers and MAGA people. And then when those people break free, they could be cross-examining their former client on the stand, creating an ethical dilemma. For example, Scott Grubman, who is representing currently uh, Ken Chesborough, the now disgraced constitutional law scholar that's been indicted in Georgia. Scott Grubman used to represent um, Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State of Georgia, who obviously is cooperating with Phony Willis's investigation. And so that's one of the reasons in the list that Phony Willis just filed of the 18 witnesses for the prosecution, you see many overlaps between people that used to take money from Donald Trump to pay their legal bills and those that no longer. And we know, again, as I said at the top of this, uh, this hot take, as soon as uh, witnesses get out from under Donald Trump and refuse his payments, they start telling the truth. Cassidy Hutchinson, no finer witness against Mark Meadows and what happened leading up to Jan 6th in the White House and beyond. And Cassidy Hutchinson, whose new memoir is out, called Enough. Um, but we have a new Cassidy Hutchinson, Molly Michael. Molly Michael, which I'll do a separate hot take on, not only worked with Donald Trump as his executive assistant, his right-hand person in Mar-a-Lago, she did it on Jan 6th as well and in the White House. She was the gatekeeper for all the scheduling to, uh, to set up who would or would not seat Donald Trump at any given time. She just happened to be, I'm not making this up, running errands on Jan 6th, so she wasn't there until late in the afternoon when all the chaos had already started. But Molly Michael is now cooperating with the feds, cooperating with Jack Smith, and I'm sure ultimately with uh, Fawny Willis as well. And she has a lot to say that's unimpeachable about Mar-a-Lago and Donald Trump and his making his own personal decisions to hide, obfuscate, destroy, alter evidence, records, national defense information, top secret classified documents that should have been delivered to the National Archive, to the federal uh, prosecutors and the FBI pursuant to court order, federal court order. And she knows everything about the movement of those boxes. And she knows everything about Donald Trump's involvement in picking out which of the documents and boxes he would send to the National Archive. He would provide to his lawyer, Evan Corcoran, which he wouldn't. And that's the kind of witness that as soon as they crawl out from under having their bills paid for by Donald Trump, because she no longer works for Donald Trump, then, then, and only then, do they start cooperating with the government. I'm going to follow witnesses, the trail of money and legal fees through the Save America Trump Pact and otherwise, only one place, exclusively on the Midas Touch Network. You're watching me right here, right now. If you like this, on Wednesdays and Saturdays, I also do a podcast at the intersection of law and politics with two of my co-anchors, Karen Freeman, Ignipolo, Ben Mysalis. We call it Legal AF. It's what you think. We curate the best stories like this at that intersection and bring them to you in a one-hour podcast. 
on le called Legal AF. If you like this show, leave me a um, leave me a thumbs up. Open up a comment with me. We'll start having a dialogue. And until my next hot take, until my next episode of Legal AF, this is Michael Popak reporting. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important she news of the day. No what are you waiting for? Follow us now. Right. So, voila. Looks like we're almost caught up. Let's see, live Trump's legal train wreck continues. And prosecutors are ready to derail him. I purchased a house and was told that it was cleaned and yeah, it no wasn't. The judge in New York presiding over the New York Attorney General's civil fraud lawsuit against Donald Trump laughed Trump's lawyers out of court during a hearing on Friday and threatened them with sanctions. This hearing related to dueling summary judgment motions. And folks, I'm not exaggerating. The judge actually laughed him out of court and said, I thought what you filed, Trump's lawyers, was a joke, was a prank. The real question right now, though, is will trial start on October 2nd or will Donald Trump's mischief in the New York Appellate Department cause a delay. It's still scheduled, folks, for October 2nd. And I think that the trial judge may even be ready to grant summary judgment for New York Attorney General Letitia James on some of her claims. As the judge said to Trump's lawyers, you can't just lie on business records. You realize that, right? Next up, Jack Smith gets key smoking gun evidence in the prosecution against Donald Trump in the Southern District of Florida case for Trump's willful retention of national defense information and obstruction of justice as Donald Trump's former assistant, Molly Michael, dropped a bombshell. Ready for it? Donald Trump would use classified documents as a notepad. He used it as a notepad to send her notes. And then when the Department of Justice sought the documents back from Trump, Trump told her, according to sources, quote, you don't know anything about the boxes, Molly. Also, Donald Trump filed an unusual motion on Friday. I guess unusual for mostly everyone other than Donald Trump filed an unusual motion with Judge Eileen Cannon on Friday seeking to revise the schedule of Classified Information Protection Act discovery. But really what he's after here is to delay, delay, delay. He realizes how damning the evidence is against him. Then we go to Georgia where things are even more damning and heating up in both state and federal court in the RICO case filed by Fulton County District Attorney Vaughnie Willis. So here are the questions we're going to answer. One, why did Donald Trump join in motions of co-defendants that are actually incriminating him? 
what? And how did Donald Trump's co-defendant just get so humiliated in federal court? Perhaps the most humiliating federal court hearing I think I've ever seen a litigant be involved in, or at least one who purports to be a lawyer. We'll discuss. Also, a new billion-dollar shareholder lawsuit, or shall I say lawsuits, against Fox have been unsealed, and they pose an existential threat um, to the Murdoch empire, and this, as the billion-dollar Smartmatic defamation lawsuit, is chugging along, chugging along. Accountability season is also chugging along. Accountability season is here. I'm Ben Micellis. This is Legal AF. A lot to discuss, but never a dull moment, Michael Bobak. And we're chugging along. Chugging. <laughs> that's all That's all I can say. A little train that could. I think I can. I think, you know, that's what, I, when I grew up, that was my favorite book, The Little Train That Could. And when I would, uh, I took gymnastics when I was four years old, Popak, and I was on the balance beam, and I would get nervous. And you know what they told me to say? I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I can. Did you? <laughs> Unfortunately for Donald Trump, the little engine that could are two giant locomotives loaded with evidence and witnesses and cooperating witnesses for the prosecution barreling down on him in two or three separate prosecutions. I wouldn't want to be Donald Trump as he sees Fawny Willis or Jack Smith with a little engineer's hat tooting away on that train that's had, that he is now tied to the tracks on awaiting their arrival. It was a lot of fun having you on Wednesday. We normally have Karen on Wednesday. She was, as we like to say, away on assignment. And uh, I think people got a kick of you and I doing Wednesdays together, at least, you know, once in a while. And that we were a little more interactive on that one than usual. Sometimes it just is like, you know, you do your thing and I do my thing, and then we do our thing together. But I think the back and forth was fun, and that there'll be a segment or two in this in this episode. We'll be able to do that as well, where, where, we, um, where, we, where we have a conversation in front of, you know, two million people. We could be like two conductors talking about the next train stop. What if we just kept on using yeah. train analogies? Because Donald Trump is certainly combusting in court as we look across the various cases. So when I said in the intro that Donald Trump got laughed out of the court in the New York Attorney General's civil fraud case. I, I'm not joking. I mean, the judge, Judge Ngoron, in this hearing on the dueling summary judgment motions, actually said, when I first heard the arguments that you filed, refer, talking to Donald Trump's lawyers, I thought you were joking. I thought this was all one big joke, Judge Arthur Ngoron stated, who also added that he had repeatedly ruled on the very same issues that were brought up by Donald Trump's lawyers in their summary judgment motion. So Trump filed the summary judgment motion asking for the entire case to be dismissed, regurgitating these rejected arguments, saying that New York Attorney General does not have standing to enforce the New York Attorney General law. You know, also basically saying there's nobody who's injured here at all. The banks weren't injured, to which the judge had repeatedly reminded Trump's lawyers. The injury is to the fair market. The injuries to the people of New York. So Trump regurgitated those arguments, whereas New York Attorney General Letitia James put forward 
I don't know, something called facts, something called evidence, something that showed, for example, well, Donald Trump, you claim that the uh, apartment that you live in is 30,000 square feet. It's 10,000 square feet, for example. So if you just look at a calculation of the square footage and you have the multiple of what that value is per square foot, even if we accept your fraudulent valuation uh, methodology by your experts, you're still lying because you're lying about the size of your properties. And she went through methodically each and every one of the properties and says, Donald Trump is just lying about these. And here's his deposition. And Donald Trump's deposition goes, I treat my properties like I treat the Mona Lisa. It's just something that's beautiful. And I don't need appraisals. And any in any event, the Saudis would buy my Mona Lisas for anything, is what Donald Trump said. And Judge Ngoron was not buying it. At moments during this hearing, he was apparently slamming his fists, um, you know, on the table before him. And he was saying, look, you can't lie on business records and say nobody was injured. You were warned before about sanctions. And when you were warned, what you're supposed to do is not do the same thing over and over again. And I kid you not, this was Donald Trump's lawyer's argument, Popak. And then I'm going to toss it to you. Donald Trump's lawyer, Christopher Keist, who by all accounts, you know, was a smart lawyer. He's got, he's got, this guy had a decent reputation, but he has to make arguments like this. Quote, this is why billionaires are billionaires. These are his trophies. That's, that's the argument that Trump's lawyer made, Popak. Popak. That wasn't chugging along. That, that Trump's lawyer's not chugging along. Right? No, that that train, the bridge is out in front of that train, and and, um, and 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 Goron, the judge is trying to tell him, wave him off, because they're heading over a cliff. I don't think we have to worry about an October second trial date, even though there's going to be another hearing in the first department appellate division, the first appellate court above the court the judge and Goron is on, um, about whether the October trial, second trial date should be pushed or not. Uh, because I don't think that's, I think we're going to get a summary judgment in favor of the New York Attorney General finding civil fraud against Donald Trump and his organizations and executives without the need for a trial. And I think that's why he's never been that concerned about either, you know, having more time to have this hearing that you and I are now going to describe on this segment, which was the hearing. It was really a two-part hearing. It was a hearing on summary judgments, both filed by the state New York Attorney General and by Donald Trump's lawyers. Donald Trump's lawyers are like, we don't even need a trial. We agree. Uh, they all agreed on one thing. They had their own analogy. It was Alice in Wonderland. They both talked about through the looking glass, except it made more sense for um, the, New, uh, the New York Attorney General and the lawyer that was arguing there, Andrew Amer, than it did for Chris Keiss's argument. Um, and then the second part of that motion hearing uh, with Judge Ngoron was on sanctions against Trump for his continued, and his lawyer's continued raising of, as you said, Ben, frivolous arguments that have already been rejected time and time again. And just because some of the earlier arguments were made by a long-departed Alina Haba, doesn't mean that Chris Keiss gets to keep raising them in papers over and over again, hoping he'll get a different result. I mean, this is how courts work. You make, you take your best shot, you make your argument in paper, orally, at a hearing, at a trial, on paper. The judge rules. 
you may disagree and you can ask for reconsideration or re-argument on that issue and once that is decided finally and it lands on the table and in the record books you're done you don't bring up defenses long since dismissed by the judge or arguments long since rejected just because you got some time on the clock at another hearing and that's why and and costing the new york attorney general time and money and delay 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 and so that was the second Okay, <clears throat> I think I had enough of this. Hi there, we're listening to um, selling uh, Trump Org for scrap. Oops. Yeah. Corporate death penalty as federal judges are fed up. And Goron of the New York State Supreme Court finds Trump and the rest guilty of persistent fraud in the operation of all of their business affairs. The court has ordered the companies be dissolved, liquidated, a receiver appointed to sell the assets, including Trump Tower and Mar-a-Lago, and that a financial monitor stay in place with a trial in October just to decide how much of the ill-gotten gains are to be returned to the people of the state of New York. Bidding is starting at $250 million plus for the disgorgement order. Oh yeah, and all of his attorneys got taken to the woodshed too and hit with fines for persistent, frivolous legal argument. Appeals and stays may be, but overturning the ruling, highly unlikely. You heard of speedy trial? Well, how about one that is turbocharged? Judge Chutkin, D.C. federal court judge, is strongly considering punishing Trump's increasingly bad form and behavior not just by gagging him to stop hammering with threats of violence, witnesses, prosecutors, and potential jurors, but by speeding the election interference trial up some jail. Uh, from March. Did someone say January 2024? Trump claims this is all about his First Amendment rights against the Biden DOJ as he runs for office. But once again, he misses the point. A candidate and an indicted defendant's First Amendment rights do not give him the right to interfere drink, with the administration of justice and not in Judge Chutkin's courtroom. Continuing our speedy justice episode of Legal AF, Judge McAfee, the Fulton County Criminal Court judge, can do more in a one-page order than any judge we've seen in recent memory. Now we have his ruling on Fulton County DA Bonnie Willis's September 6th motion to protect the future juries in the Georgia election interference case from being harmed or attacked. Guess by who? We have the second anonymous jury ruling against Trump in a year, and we will tell you why this protects Trump's right to a fair trial, even if he doesn't understand that. Finally, Judge Cannon, the anti-Judge McAfee and Judkin, has set hearings too far out, writes confusing and conflicting orders, all in the Mar-a-Lago case. This time, she's going to hold a conflict of interest hearing about lawyers who are representing way too many witnesses in the same criminal prosecution and whose interests are probably not aligned, but she'll do it in her own convoluted way, not the right way.
We cover all of this and so much more on the midweek edition of Legal AF with, and I'm so proud to always be with Karen Friedman-Ignifolo, and this is Michael Popox exclusively on the Midas Touch Network for Legal AF. Karen, I don't know where you are. You're in some sort of some sort of old tiny bedroom there, but we, but we, we are ready to launch. And I have a big smile on my face, and so do you. People always comment on, on that in the chat. Oh, this is going to be a good one. Popock and Karen have big smiles on their face. We have big smiles on our face because for people that were sort of like looking, it's like when you're waiting for the bus to come and you look the other way and then you turn around and a bus is right in front of you. That's what happened with Judge Angoron's civil fraud case. We knew it was coming, but we've all been looking the other way at the criminal cases, wondering when Donald Trump's going to be brought to justice. Well, if you can call taking the very essence of his DNA and ego and heart, ripping it out and showing it to him and then tossing it into the street, that's what Judge Angoron has just done by basically, effectively, in granting summary judgment for um, the New York Attorney General, the Office of Attorney General, the OAG, as we like to call it in the neighborhood, um, against Donald Trump without the need for trial, he has found, as a matter of law, that the Trump organization and all the things under it and all the people under it, including Donald Trump, have been conducting persistent fraud in their business dealings, and that requires an extraordinary set of remedies that could only come from a New York Attorney General and a New York State Judge, which is, we're going to shut down all your businesses, cancel all of your certificates, all of your certificates of operation liquidate your company and then we'll have a trial on how much you owe us in addition to that i mean if donald trump has always run not only not as the master showman but as like the consummate business person we should have a business person in the white house I always reminded people, the guy went bankrupt four times. He's the only person in America who went bankrupt running a casino. Okay? We're talking about money hand over fist. And now, he's the, the, the whole, you know, the emperor has no clothes, although that's a disgusting thought in Trump's mind, in Trump's view, because his, his business model has been laid bare and laid to waste by this judge saying, You've only been able to do whatever you've been able to do because you guys are fraudsters, hyperinflating the value of, of property, including Mar-a-Lago, ironically, and Trump Tower and other properties, by, by not just what was I seeing in the driveway? by hundreds of millions of dollars. I think that red truck that's parked over there is what I'm seeing. I was seeing right there. See that red truck? And I've never seen it before. Millions of dollars per property, and then deflating it and fighting the tax assessor when you wanted to pay less in tax or giving out easements, like in Mar-a-Lago, conservation easements, meaning you can't develop certain aspects of your property. You have to keep it like a, like a park for public use because that lowers your tax burden, but then claiming to the lenders, oh, it's, I can develop every inch of Mar-a-Lago and put towers and buildings all over it. Um, and so that is the fraud, right? And that is that in, that inhibits and, and animates every action Donald Trump has ever done since he inherited this company from his father. I would like you, the inimitable Karen Freeman Ignifolo, prosecutor, former number two, I don't know why was, former one of the heads of New York for the Manhattan DA's office, who worked closely in matters 
Probably the New York Attorney General, who has a little bit of criminal power, but a big civil, a big civil stick that she gets to wield or whoever occupies it. Yeah, I see. I feel calm, calm. That, I mean, just really, my head is my head is beating. I, I think I need some aspirin. I hit it pretty hard. I think I need some relief or something. Cause my head's going. Oh, uh oh. What's he doing? Block this, bro. Let me try to block this in. I go around him. Ain't getting me, bro. Left right now. Arizona criminal court is it 30 minutes ago. Criminal courts? Yeah, yeah, it's criminal. Arizona, it says Arizona criminal, which means it's like our lawyers or well, somebody, you know, somebody from the court. You know, I, I it just might, don't. Might it not be the emergency hearing that we called for? Oh, that's maybe in civil court. Maybe, but but I want to go. I want to go down to the courthouse and put the papers in first. Uh, I, no, it doesn't matter. I guess I can call them one on the road. Right here. Let's see what they see what they say. I get to my bag. My my uh my phone is. One today, just the one. Yeah, just, we're just already, to get, get, get down, and then the rest of them we got to work on. It took a while to. We already just, filled out. We filled out all the stuff. And it took it like off. three days. It took three days for us. And we, what we go last night? Ten hours last night. Ten hours the day before. Maybe more. Twelve. Twelve hours. On it straight, straight paper, straight paper, because everything is so specific. We read every single, every single rule, every single motion every part single of, part yeah. of the forms yeah the forms are and they're it's extensive it's very stuff. extensive and it's um it's it's and it says if understand. you mess these up they'll just throw it out and this is important because we don't want this to get thrown out this one's a what's the name of it again um it's a uh there's a special uh, it, how do we get it back i like the wording the wording of it's great it's like really oh, yeah. eloquent to say give me my shit back huh. one face come on come on, come on. Come on, come on. Thank you. I go now. Watch it. Yep. Flutter Cowboys. Huh? Hey, you know, you can put up a sign too for um, tank, uh, you know, hot water tank. Oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. I don't like that because then, then the, the city sees it and they'll call you and then they'll try to trick me and stuff and they'll give me, they'll come down there and, hey, you want to do a hot water tank? And, they, and they, then they arrest you. They give you a misdemeanor, but it's a, they arrest you and then they make you take, you know, like the classes and stuff like that. But there's this one group out there, what they want to do is they want to enslave you. They, they try to in Denver, they catch you, then they threaten you with all this stuff, right? And then what they do is they say, we're going to send you to a school. It's in like Michigan. You're going to go there. It's like one year long. It's in this apartment complex and you learn, you learn top notch. I'm like, I'm a contractor, man. I'm like, they're like, no, you don't understand learn this whole other thing and they and then you move to another location and they yeah right and I'm like 
I'm no, I'm cool, man. I ditched the guy at Home Depot. But you know, they're they're cops. They're they're uh, they're uh, federal agents, and they arrest you for contracting without a license, and then they try to talk you into the school. I'm like, no, hell no. Fucking weird. It's not weird. What you what it ends up doing is, I I want to say I thought about it later. They want you to be a maintenance man inside the inside the federal government. Inside like the FBI building, inside the schools, inside of because I have a top, I have a, a, a you know SBI a secret background investigation clearance from the military because I, I handled uh, you know frequencies uh, that were were classified for like missiles and shit. Mm-hmm. So so therefore that gave me the that gave me the right to uh, you know to get a job with a top secret security clearance like that. That's the only thing I could think of that, that that's why they wanted me. But he's talking about one year of school. I mean, he's, I mean, do that in the military. You do 14 months, 18 months of school. That's what I went to school for, 18 months straight. No break. Look at that gym. Yeah, it's called AIT. Man, 18 months straight. I think I saw some of those people at the post office. What's that? that yeah so that's why I was thinking like why do they want me to take, go to this school for a year and then and then go take me to another location they wouldn't tell me like I'm like where and they're like is it literally a school where it's a school stu- students I mean like kids or or uh, I think it's or is it recruits, school trying to train you recruits well, I don't know I don't know but but they, they had me him and a, a, a Mexican dude and a black dude had me cornered in Home Depot they try to show me the pictures. So I said, something's wrong here. Something's wrong with the situation. I said, I've been doing plumbing too long, man. What do you want? What do you want? Pictures of what? Well, he showed me pictures of the plumbing job and how to get the parts, you know? But he's wanting me to come to the house first. I was like, just meet me at Home Depot. Show me the pictures of the parts. Sir. Show me the pictures of the parts. I'm like, there's there's something wrong with this. I could tell the tank was, the tank had, somebody had already done repairs on it. I'm like, this is brand new repair right here. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, somebody just did this. And I could, I looked at it and go, there's like five different repairs on this hot water tank, brand new, right now. What are you trying to do, man? And he's like, oh, you're a smart one, huh? And then they, they dropped it to me. They started explaining to me, and I was like, I've ditched him in Home Depot. I had to go to the bathroom, and I fucking left. And I've never, I've never seen him again. They didn't bother me. They didn't follow me. But they told me what they wanted to do, take me out of school. What do you think would have happened if you went to some I don't know. I mean, I went to some school. They told me for a year. Yeah, because, to be a maintenance. I mean, team. obviously they knew I'm in Denver by myself with no kids, so if they did their background on me, anyways, they would they would know something like that. So, you know, they thought probably wouldn't be a problem. You know, I, I guess I don't know, but that never I never did go, so I don't know what 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 they wanted. All I felt like was they were going to try and enslave me, and they were government. They were they were agents of some sort, but they didn't they didn't quite or explain everything to, to me. Pretending to be agents, huh? Or pretending to be agents. Of- uh, no, I think because I. I I think they were testing people's skills on the on the uh, hot water tank, and then offering them a job or taking them wherever. You know what I mean? But like they're looking for military type uh, maintenance guys that could work in like let's say potentially the FBI building or the CIA training uh-huh. facility or ma- real maintenance guys, real plumbers, electricians, drywallers who could actually work inside of the buildings, and they know that they've got a clearance like you know like yeah. I do. Yeah, maybe it's the spooks. Huh? Spooks. Well, I mean, that would be a cool job, but not really. I don't want to work for the government again. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I did my time. 
I'm good. Yeah. I'm way good on that shit. Government's overrated. Oh, They're gonna man. shut it down anyway. They need Nobody's to. Nobody's gonna get paid. I mean, come on, they need to. They all need to go Nobody's on vacation. Get Give them vacation. Speaking. Don't. And when they get back, say, we 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 hired somebody. <laughs> we replaced you guys. It's okay. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. Here's Don't a, worry. Here's full Here's retirement. Your severance pay. Full retirement, okay? No, just your severance pay. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck getting another job. All right. Guess government there. workers um, can't go on strike. No, <laughs> you can't go on strike. <laughs> <laughs> you get thrown in Leavenworth for that shit. Government worker going on strike? No, no, you need your phone. Well, you you didn't bring your phone? I brought it. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's got his phone. No, no, oh, no. Well. Nobody's going to go in there right now. It's too sen- things are too sensitive. I'm not even really worried about them walking in the gate. I'm more worried. I'm more worried about meeting them at the gate than walking in the gate. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't want to meet them at the gate. Yeah, there's a sheriff back there, anyway. Right there. But they, that's that. Uh, they're they're trying to they'll try and serve us. Uh, whatever, man. You know they got to serve us, and if they're gonna if they're gonna fucking take us to court, but but still, sure they, serve us. they have to. We gotta serve them. They've been delaying so long, um, you know, about the, uh, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. But our, our, our pets. This is a whole, well, they're, they're they, saying that they're gonna charge us, you know, for, again, or, you know, we're gonna, they're, they're, that's what the lady said, that they're going to, you know, attempt to um, try and charge Drag it, it out. Yeah. So that's they don't it. look bad. The way I see it, they're trying to do some funky fucking shit. You should keep some uh, extra, like the, you know, bag of bread, you know. I don't have anything in here. There ain't no food in here. Start, in here. start doing that. Bring oh. Bag of right. something. Oh. You'd be surprised. They might turn, they turn down. They get free food all the time. The pizza place over here gives them free food. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, they like cash. Cashisha. He's making it right. Oh, thank you. Is there? I thought it said sheriff. There was one that did say sheriff. I saw it. He didn't come this way though. Oh, right there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We eliminated them for a while. Eliminated who? Oh, well, they go on training because they've been training. Oh, yeah, they do go away. Somewhat. Winter time, they come worse. They get, 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 they're, they're pretty bad in the winter time. Um, but it's, it's, I can't go. I'm not going. On. I can't see nothing. I'm not dying today. I can't do shit. Should go, but I can't see a fucking thing. Sorry, bro. What do you mean? I can't see. I'm not going. You know what I mean? Like I, I see you. I get hit by that car right there. Yeah. I just don't. I'm not trying to get you fucking smashed up right there. See, that's yeah, still dangerous. We did it though. Where? Oh, I thought you meant a cop. Thank you. Huh. Sure. I saw two. Just now. Yeah, yeah. They, I think they're. Yeah, they're probably they've probably been um, scolded lately. Yeah. They never run this road though. 
uh, the, 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 the cop bars up here, the little fucking liquor, the, the, the water hole. Right here. And I think that they, they'd be sitting up here posted. That's why they don't come over and, and fuck with them. Because I never see cops on this road. Not at 2 or 3 in the morning, anyways. I don't think I've ever seen a cop on this road. But really, real talk. Hey, we're going, where's the Superior Court at? What's the address for that? Soup Court. It's on Congress. Okay, so it's right down there? We know where we're going? Yeah. I'm, okay, I'm good. Alerted. I call it Soup Court. You your seatbelt on? <laughs> what? Seatbelt. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Oh, yeah, right there. When we as kids, I never, my, my family never put seatbelts on us. Did you wear a seatbelt when you were a child? Yeah. You did? I think so, yeah. Uh, we throw it in the front seat, the back seat. Nobody put seatbelts on. Oh, shit, look at that. Ah! They need to get that quicker, sooner, way down the road. He's done dumb right there, because that, you can't see that. Yeah, we go down the road, like, you're going around corners. What's the, what's the address again? Wait, where? It's on Congress. It's, uh... You got me there. It's on Congress. All right, here we go. Cheerio, mate. So we're going to get it. Drinking some quarters? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna stop up here. That's a stove. By the way, you you always go um like go a where? roundabout way. Huh? Uh, you know like my my favorite way of going there and goes right to Congress. Yeah. Um, I, I go this I'll, way I'll because you. I feel safer going this way. I like this way. Uh you know what I'm saying? I just I just I feel more comfortable going the route. Because I know the streets, but I know you just once I get to the one point. Well, my shortcut is uh, my shortcut's pretty awesome though. Why don't you? Well, sure, you guide know. me. Tell me where to go then. Okay, you're gonna get in the left lane. All the way in the left lane. The only thing I don't want to do is just like run into a bunch this of cops. This is good. This is good. Yeah. Okay, and you're gonna stay in the left lane at this fork here. This is not. You're gonna go down here, under the bridge. Go under the bridge. I just heard you. Okay. Just for a second. Yeah, that's where the circle And you're gonna take a left here, instead of going all the way around there and, you know, waiting at a stoplight and shit. Left here? Yeah. There's a lot of cops travel back here, don't they? Uh, I think so. That's the reason I don't come this way. Hello, 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 Be over here. Ooh, what's that? Hello, 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 be over here. I think it's a more scenic route. Ah. We have to go through metal detectors. Yeah. About to find out if your little neck brakes and get the, <laughs> get the, huh? <laughs> First well, time. I kept everything. Oh, about your neck. Yeah. Have you been through a metal detector yet? Not yet. No, this is this is the trial. Well, if you go off with that thing in your neck, 
Yeah. He might. Well, they said it was titanium, though, right? Or stainless steel. I can't remember. I think it was stainless steel. Titanium. Does titanium go off? Metal detector? Yeah, I guess it would. I think so. Steel. Damn, that's a mission. This is Mission Garden over here, and uh, it's really neat. It's one of. It looks like it's one, garbage. One mission of, garbage? if not the oldest. Uh, mission garbage. Um, over here where the green stuff is. This looks like garbage over here though. Mission Mission garbage. It's behind the wall. Some garbage. It's the oldest garden. Oldest garden. Yeah. Yes, yeah, this, this area is old. It's got a lot of um it's where you got lead pipes. Native species and stuff. Lead pipe for the water coming into their houses. People dying them. People are dying of Alzheimer's and uh, uh, dementia over here. Uh, go around the cul-de-sac one more yep. time. Keep going, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, a roundabout, yeah, 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 yeah. not a cul-de-sac. Whatever. Whatever. Well, they say it clogs at the front of the brain here, the, the frontal lobe. Gets plaque in it. The frontal lobe is full of plaque, and then you you stop because that's where the everything comes through, and, and you stop uh, remembering. You start having you start seeing shit. They got a way to clean you out, though. The, what is it called? Uh, what do they call it? Take it right here? Take it right, yeah. They call that, um, uh, uh, when they put you down, anesthesia. The anesthesia cleans you up. Two weeks straight of that. You're brand new. Oh, no go when the pedestrians are here. I'm not doing it. What is that about? 100 cash with windshield replacement, insurance approved, free mobile service. Well, what it is is, is, is if you get your wind, you do your window thing right, they're covered. They give you $100 cash because they know you're going to do it. They turn in the thing for the window, insurance. they either fix it. Yeah, my friend was a, he did that. He made really good money doing it. He stand in a gas station and fix people's windows. Uh -huh. He was raking in the bucks. Back then, that was back then too. I was like, Two thousand or nine ninety things. Yeah. Stand at a gas station. Try to get me to like do it, but I'm like, ah, fuck that. Replacing the window? No, just fixing them, repairing them, and then oh. he'd get you to fill out the sheet, and uh, he would give you a fifty dollar bill at the gas pump. You go fill your tank up, or give you fifty dollars. Which one you want? Everybody be like, fifty bucks. Boom, they take it and they fix your window, and then you get your insurance information. Uh -huh. He would charge four hundred for a repair. Uh -huh. So he's making three fifty. And it's guaranteed. Wow. Right lane, left lane? Le uh, left lane. Yeah. It's guaranteed. You're going to get a drink. Oh, yes, we're going to go to Circle K. I'm going to give you the money and let you walk in. You want something? Well, no, thank you. I brought water. Yeah. Yeah. You want some water? Yeah. Got blood all over here. Man, that was. I told, look how fast I shot blue. Oh, it, took all, it took all a bunch of photos on my phone. Oh yeah, I thought it was my, I don't know why I did it, but I, I was like, yeah, I just want to see what it looked like. Gore. Uh, 
evidence. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like it. No, somebody bought me in here. I bled down my face like this. Dripping. Drippy, drip, drip, drip. Yeah, maybe put some like padding or something on there so that Where? doesn't on on that edge or the. Oh, it was yeah, open. It was should have been open. Yeah. It was open. It's normally not open. Uh, I just put clothes in there and I and I just ran into it. And the sheriffs are out today, though. They out today. Where'd you get that shirt? Um, it's actually it's actually a, a drone. That's the <clears throat> this is the drone. It's a it's a mascot for one of the drones. So it kind of looks like it's you know whatever, but it's weird. But it's it's actually a military uh, drone. No, no, no. It's actually a drone. Um, it's called uh, uh, like Bugs. It's called drone. Bugs. Bugs. And that drone is um, it's a you know it's just a drone called Bugs. Okay. And I'm not going. I'm going. Yes, I'm going. Uh, the ad with the three dollar uh, stock AI. See the what? You've probably seen the ads with the three dollar stock AI. Um, who did me? Oh yeah, I seen that. I seen that ad for that. Yeah, I have. I have. We have some. We have it. We bought it at a dollar a while ago. But like, I only got like, I'm not less than that. I think I got it. I think I got. Some, I got a bunch of AI ones. <sighs> a bunch of AI ones, and I got millions, millions. We have millions and millions and millions of dollars in crypto. Um, you know, millions of crypto, but it's not. It's not. Uh, you know, it got to come to fruition. I'd say we were in a bill. We got Bacon a billion. In the oven. We got over a billion in crypto. Over a billion. Maybe, no, two, maybe two billion. Billion dollar bun. Close in the to oven. two billion with hers counts and mine. Two billion in crypto. One is one. One is one is like six hundred sixty. Six hundred sixty million. Okay, here. Actually, I don't need anything. Let's go get, get this done. Right? change. Oh, shit. All right, I'm coming. I got no reverse. That's why I did that. Uh, you got no reverse. You got no reverse. I haven't had it in a while. That's funny. Ha ha, funny or? Ha ha. Funny yeah, kind of ha ha funny. Unified School District Number One. Tuesday, November 7, 2023, special election will be held in Pima County. Registered voters of Tucson Unified School District will be asked for approval to issue and sell 480 million in general obligation bonds for school improvements. Your responsibility will be to indicate whether these bonds should be approved. That's a hell of a lot of money, man. What are they going to do with it? Dustin J. Williams, Pima County School Superintendent. 
new air conditioning systems and controls. Replace or repair deteriorating roofs and floors. Update aging plumbing and restrooms. Repair athletic fields, ball courts, gymnasiums, and parking areas. Place aging furnishings and equipment to support strong instructional practices. Modernize systems for energy efficiency. New and updated science and project labs, new career and technology labs, improved facilities for the fine and performing arts. Place portables. Permanent building capacity. Update security and safety systems, cameras, lockdown systems, fire alarms, fencing, and access control. Sounds kind of vague. Sounds like, you know, renovated. They're just going to, like, renovate everything. The latest instructional technology, computers, tablets, that fit their learning level. $80 million they're looking for uh, school improvement bonds. Oh, that's why they need the 53000 Damn. Okay, you got to come here. We'll get the road clear. So okay, it's the, the same thing we did for the other one. Uh -huh. And remember I showed you that were yeah. those like parking that yeah. I usually start out to come up. I don't remember. That's you? Lending point. Who? Lending point. <laughs> so, straight or left? Left? Left. Replace aging buses and support vehicles. Provide fuel efficient, air conditioned, safe transportation services for students and staff. They already have this stuff. That sounds kind of bogus to me, actually. Bogus? Yeah. Brilliant. New air conditioning systems and controls, and they have air conditioning. So. Oh, inefficient. Uh, replace or repair deteriorating roofs, floors. And this for school? Yeah. Which school? Update aging plumbing and restrooms. I mean, it's a fucking toilet. It lasts forever. Um, $450 million? $480 million. Someone's about to get rich. Yeah, it sounds, sounds kind of like how they a do that shit, pocket, kind of like lining pocket, lining your pockets operation. Oh, they got to get the guys put in the contract. They just got to be their friends. computers, tablets that fit their learning load, and to make it sound, well, it's, it's for the schools, it's for the kids. You know? I mean, you know, for the just kids. Just to update. Fuck them kids. Make sure they have a computer. Yeah, right now, the, the song. Like they kids. don't already have. They got a song. Fuck the kids. Fuck the kids. Fuck the kids. They got fucking money. Who's got money? All the kids have a fucking. They're, they're broke. They're broke. The budget for the for the cops. They're gone. Um, look at the budget. The budget's online now. You can go get the budget of any any department. And oh man, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Because they're doing stupid shit like this, and we're gonna sue them, and probably, um, you know, and that that's gonna come out of. 
they're not gonna they don't have to pay that they come the taxpayers you know that's the that's yeah, the kind right, of downside the taxpayers do pay it. Yes, sir. yeah when when people sue them and they lose the taxpayers yeah. it comes out of the taxpayers but, so they don't care that's another reason they don't give a okay, shit where, right here this is the building or which building is it it's yes it's there's a parking for that building so so parking here is yeah it? not back over where we were no this the soup court is right there we can't go on that street over there that 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 hey, look, it's right. see it's I, I have a hard time yeah, getting out right. okay i don't have reverse man but i'll roll out of here we'll, yeah we're we'll looking we're in the shade that's too. how i do it shade it, roll out of here this this area is really pretty. You got some time on there. See that? Yeah, we'll put some money in there. Anyway, okay. Huh. So, all right, are we going here? Thank you. Yeah, we ain't worried about that. We ain't worried about shit. Okay, I just got some more seconds. Get my together here. Here, you put the change in there. Yeah. At least, at least, at least four quarters. Uh, it's like, what is it? Two-hour max. How much? I can't remember how much it was. It was but we need at least max. an hour in there. But just, just do a two-hour max. Two dollars in there. That way we don't have to come down here. That would be, that would be the work here. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it says right there, two-hour max. Yeah, yeah. Man, Your headlights are on, TJ. TJ. Your headlights are on. Your headlights are on. They go up by themselves. Okay. What was wrong with the drone shirt? What was wrong with the drone shirt? I can't go in there like that. Why not? 
That's fine, yeah. You want to be respectable? That's cool. Gray, gray shirt, that's that's safe. No, there isn't. Looks like your car band, maybe. Need a man bag. What'd you say? Said you need a man bag. If you got your wallet? Oh, did you bring your, you brought your cards, right? Did your, your EBT card? Oh, good, good. Yeah, you brought, you, you just, you have your EBT card on you, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, what do I need that? So I'm going to tell you right now. That makes it so that court costs are waived. Yeah, it's zero. Yeah. Okay. Critical. Well, there's, there's no way to make your payment at all. There's nothing to do right now, okay? Where are you going? To the court. What would you say? You're in the neg we're in the yeah, negative. negative. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, oh, what a beautiful tree. Yeah. 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 What are you? What else is there to say? You know what I mean? To the state court. I don't know which one. That building right here? Yeah, over there. Right. So this is my date palm tree. Your date? My date palm tree. Oh, Look at this. It's <laughs> so pretty around here. This one over here. 
So we got a uh, provisional, provisional, provisional. Uh, so we're oh, filing yeah. for the provisional and right action. And what about the what about the? What about the rest? And uh, asking for 54K, Pockets. Uh, you have the, all the uh, paperwork? Like, yeah. do you make copies? 
Oh, um, um, we might need copies, but I don't know. Where will we get copies at? You can get copies on the second floor in the law library. Mm -hmm. um, they will make them here, but uh, the law library, I believe, they're 15 cents per page. Oh, that's good. Okay. Mm -hmm. What we were doing was the fast, the fast port, you know. Oh, okay. And but we didn't push the button because we we're we need a waiver. You know, and so it's. I thought it said to come down to bring. You know, don't don't do it because you can't. Obviously, you can't do it because you have to pay for it online. So you have to come down to, for the waiver. Okay. Okay. That's so. That's why we're here. It's a civil lawsuit, right? Yeah, but that's two hundred forty-nine dollars for this one. Um. Yeah. The uh, law library has the paperwork for the deferment. Right. We have it right. too. Um. And we also print yeah. it off. And uh, for filing a civil lawsuit. Uh, where do we go? Right here in Civil on the right. Okay, mm -hmm. thank you very much. You're welcome. Right here. Okay. Take a number. I guess we're here. Hmm? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We need a stable room. Oh, yeah. Okay, thank you so much. 4.49. I haven't really changed the name. I haven't changed the name. We didn't even know anything. I never put it in first time. So we you take 45 minutes and that's how you did it. No, we were still in the room. Yeah. I never did it. I told you. I broke my head, remember? Oh. I bumped my head and everything stopped. Well, we can maybe ask them if there's... We can go to the library. I'm going to ask them too. He asked him if there's, there's a way to change it on the, uh, change it while I just have to do it, yeah. I just go, go to the law library and sit down for like 10 minutes before we go in Well, let's ask, okay, before we do that, okay. let's ask and see if there's a way to do it in person. <laughs> Start talking about that. <laughs>
Okay, guys. Hello. Hey, guys. Come on. Yep. Hi there. Hi there. Um, I can take your number. Uh, we have a, the, uh, three of us. Uh, we have a civil lawsuit that we want to file, and uh, we need to we need to change uh, we need to add him to the paperwork. We had the, we we printed it out. We have it ready to turn in. I was wondering, can we um, add him as a plaintiff? Um, well, explain to you. We're ready, we're doing the fast court, and we're ready to push the button to submit it. But yeah. we didn't because we need the waiver, and it says to come down. Because otherwise you have to pay for it online. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to get, we just, we don't have the means to pay for this right now. So we wanted to waive it or defer it and waive it. Well, okay. he's, he's so our third. He's about a, five to seven business days for the waiver and deferral to go through. Okay. Okay. Do you have the waiver and deferral? We have it. Can I have it, please? Okay. It's not filled out, though. We, we just have the okay. paperwork. You didn't fill it out, right? No. No. Okay, so you did need to fill it out. Yeah, okay. So okay. any documents that you are going to filing and everything to make sure you fill them out before coming here because if not we're going to send you so you guys can fill them out and then pull another number okay what we wanted to make sure was she's the first uh, defendant i'm the second i mean plaintiff i'm the second can he be the third and be well, in the, there on is the fee to add um so we will not be able to file to this add today a so? add a plaintiff it's 258 dollars uh, well, we need to go upstairs and, and uh, change change it um, yeah, I could do electronically, that. I mean, yeah. and then and then uh, fill out the paper waiver paperwork, come back down. What I'm saying is, kid, does he need to be the first plaintiff in order to be the one that gets it waived? If he's, or does it matter? Is anybody on there on the plaintiff list? If he's the third plaintiff, is that okay? Okay, that's all I need to know. Two hundred fifty dollars. So you do it yourself. Or? Three. Okay. Well, we didn't turn it in yet. Well, it's 250 bucks for, yeah, it's it near you already. When we turn it in. How do we pay this right now? It was take five to seven days to get approved. If, how do we do this right now? The case would still go forward, I think, you know. We just get it, we get it waived. I mean, not, we get it deferred, not waived yet. Like I said, I think that's what takes the five to seven days. We just need to know if we can file this today. Yeah, we need to file it today. So let's, uh, when she finds out that. Tell me whoever's asking for it. Whoever's what? Asking for it. Okay, great. Um, and then and then uh, my other question is, will we be able to file this today? Or, or, or will we be able to waive at least? So how I said, it takes Defer five to seven business days mm -hmm. for the judge to sign off the waiver deferral. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's it. But if it's a if it's a fast thing, it, the case would still go forward while he or she is deciding on the on the waiver. Like the case, uh, it's it's supposed to be a fast fast court thing. So we have an emergency, is what it is. Yeah. We have an emergency. We have we have like two hundred animals. Our being animals held. are being held ransom yeah. by a pack. And we've already been we have our bonds been exonerated, and we want our animals back, and they're holding them. I wouldn't. Okay, it wouldn't go fast, like if, you know, the judge's schedule is packed, and I can't yes, I understand. for the judge, right? mm -hmm. so I can't tell the judge, oh, you need to look at the test. Oh, I understand that, yes. Up to the judge, especially the way it's, I can't speak for the judge. What I meant is, will we be able to hand you the paperwork for that, for that today? Um, most likely. Okay, great. We'll get it done real well, quick and yeah, bring it back to you. Thank you for your help. 
touches. We can sit right here and do it. Or where's the ball? Stars. He, he said he, he could be anywhere on there. He could be anywhere on there is basically what it amounts to. He doesn't need to be first. Push the close button. Close door. Two or two. Four or two, yeah. She started like she's going to have an attitude. But they do that, and I just pipe up just as soon as it works. I Yeah, yeah. Nice to see you. I'm glad you're I'm glad you're doing well. <laughs> um, uh, I'm filing a, a civil lawsuit and I need the deferment and waiver. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, can I have uh, like two two packet two of those packets? And uh, do, do you have like paperwork the forms to to fill uh, file suit? As well? Okay, cool. Because it's going to be we're gonna, we're going to have to file maybe several and kind of get, get it, like three or four for the civil yeah. civil lawsuit yeah. forms. Yeah, awesome. Okay, great. Yeah. Yes, please. Yes. What's the difference between packet number five and packet number twelve? Here, five is the, the packet that we have to start before put out showing. Oh, okay. And what are the packets? Oh. Um, like we, we, we printed two one. Two is the petition to start with children oh. and without children. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, and what about uh, the for a civil um, lawsuit? It's over here. This is the cover sheet. This mm -hmm. doesn't have any instructions. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cover sheet, uh, the information of who's plaintiffs, mm -hmm. address, defendants, what the money you sue the people for. This is the rule. And then, you know, the type of case. That's the mm -hmm. cover sheet. Great. 
Is the actual complaint? Yeah, I want actual complaint. This oh. is the civil summons that goes with your complaint. It's okay. Oh, okay. And then there's the certificate that you need to, you need to file too. The certificate needs to go with your, your paperwork. This mm -hmm. is when it was implemented in the rule and everything. Mm -hmm. If your case is under $50,000, it's subject to arbitration. Mm -hmm. So you will check that one and information here. If it's over $50,000 doesn't meet that, then you check that second one. And after awesome. you after you write your information, you make copy, you follow it downstairs, you pay a fee, or you get a deferral waiver. Mm -hmm. The second step in the process is you have to serve the whoever you serve. Person. Whoever okay, you serve. and um, th this is like one per uh, filing for per civil lawsuit. Yeah, this is all these one, this all these paper all this case, paperwork. But one case, but if you have more than one defendant, you can mm -hmm. name as many multiple defendants. Hey, got some judicial malpractice. I want to share with you how federal judge Eileen Cannon's judicial malpractice has allowed Donald Trump to feign prejudice in connection with special counsel Jack Smith's prosecution in the Southern District of Florida case for Trump's willful retention of national defense information, other classified information, other charges of well for making false statements and obstruction of justice. And now Donald Trump is trying to seek a delay, saying that he doesn't have access to all of these documents and the real issue here is Judge Eileen Cannon's malpractice and Donald Trump's attempt to try to delay, delay everything. Special Counsel Jack Smith did everything right. So let's talk about some dates for a second. The indictment of Donald Trump in connection with the Mar-a-Lago document case was June 8th. When the indictment was unsealed, there was later a superseding uh, indictment. But from the very outset, because this case involved classified information, it was going to be governed under not just the federal rules of criminal procedure, but also the uh, law known as SEPA, the Classified Information Procedures Act, which governs how cases that involve classified information are handled. There has to be in addition to a regular protective order that's often entered in cases that govern how documents are handled, who can see the documents, how they are filed, a separate special protective order in SEPA cases, Classified Information Protection Act cases, uh, SEPA Section 3 protective orders. And this SEPA Section 3 pr protective order addresses how these documents are handled, where they are viewed, they're viewed in SCIFs, sensitive compartmented information facilities, how the documents are filed under seal, how they are transmitted to the judge. Um, in SEPA cases, there are classified information security officers who almost serve as like special masters or independent monitors, kind of, and they work with the parties to handle these documents because they are so sensitive. So there's a whole set of rules how these documents are exchanged. For example, uh, in a SEPA case, the parties can't review these documents outside of SCIPs, sensitive compartmented information facilities, and then there are limitations regarding what the defendant, who likely engaged in criminal conduct relating to these classified documents, can look at how they can look at it. Can they take photographs of it? No, they can't. 
Can they take handwritten notes on it? It depends. Who can they talk about it with? Nobody other than their lawyer. So it governs all of the rules like that. You want to handle sensitive, classified information in a sensitive way. So Jack Smith, from the outset of this case, was like, Judge Cannon, we need to enter a SEPA protective order right away. And Jack Smith submitted this right away. And Judge Eileen Cannon would like, um, she would like strike the documents that Jack Smith was filing under seal. Also, when Donald Trump's lawyers uh, entered appearances, they didn't fill out the paperwork because they have to get a limited security clearance for the case. It took them time to get uh, their security clearance. And then Judge Eileen Cannon, she just sat on the SEPA protective orders. She didn't control her docket the way Judge Eileen Cannon, the federal judge of the other Donald Trump case, federal case in Washington, D.C., for his attempt to overthrow the 2020 election. Judge Chutkin handles her court efficiently, promptly, and moves it along. But see, Judge Cannon's never handled a SEPA case, classified information protection in that case, in her life. And she doesn't seek help. As I always say, her corruption is matched by her lack of intellectual curiosity and incompetence. So she just sat on the SEPA protective order, didn't enter it, and then she accidentally, she made a mistake, and she didn't know what she's doing. So she set a public SEPA hearing on the protective order for August 25th, right? And then she realized, oops, I made a mistake. You can't do SEPA hearings in public. Like, it's so basic that you can't do that. So then she issued an order saying that there will be no hearing on August 25th. And she'll set a date to have a hearing to discuss the SEPA protective order. She eventually set the hearing date for the SEPA protective order to determine what to enter. Remember, this was all about Donald Trump wanted to build the skiff at Mar-a-Lago so he can just go out and review the documents, like, down the hallway at the scene of the crime. Remember, that was rejected. But, but take a look here. Judge Eileen Cannon entered the SEPA protective order on... Uh, September 13th. It took Judge Cannon until September 13th to issue the SEPA protective order and signed it. And even though she ruled in favor of what Jack Smith and the Department of Justice wanted, it went from June 8th, when the indictment was unsealed, to September 13th before the protective order was entered. You see this document here, look at the top, you can see on the docket. September 13th is when she signed the protective order. I am a primary care physician. I'm frustrated, and this is not what I signed up for. I'm tired of our sick care. Oh, hey, when did you get here? Let's take a quick break to talk about our next part. Not to continue to investigate something in the back when you cannot find any reason to impeach. What happened, Trista? I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Folks, this is danger, red alert, pure fascism stuff right here. Donald Trump's latest post 
on his social media platform attacking Comcast, attacking NBC, attacking the media in general, basically stating that if there's bad coverage of him, he's going to shut down the media, which he again calls the enemy of the people. This has the media, like NBC and Washington Post and CNN and other legacy media, try to suck up to Donald Trump, try to impress him, try to give him favorable coverage that he doesn't deserve, trying to promote his fascism. Let me read for you the post that Donald Trump just made, the threat he made directed at all media, including NBC. And I'm just going to show you how NBC is covering him and how they are promoting him and normalizing his behavior when he's just viciously threatening them. It's like, wake up, people. What are you doing? Here's what Donald Trump writes. He goes, they are almost all dishonest and corrupt. But Comcast, with its one side and vicious coverage by NBC News, and in particular MSNBC, often and correctly referred to as MSDNC, Democrat National Committee exclamation point, should be investigated for its, quote, country-threatening treason, end quote, their endless coverage of the now fully debunked scam known as Russia, 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 and much else is one big campaign contribution to the radical left Democrat Party. I say up front, openly and proudly, that when I win the presidency of the United States, they and others of the lame stream media will be thoroughly scrutinized for their knowingly dishonest and corrupt coverage of people, things, and events. Why should NBC or any other of the corrupt and dishonest media companies be entitled to use the very valuable airwaves of the USA? Free exclamation point. They are a true threat to democracy and are in fact and he puts this in caps, the enemy of the people, the fake news media should pay a big price for what they have done to our once great country. And folks, let's be very clear here. This is just the ultimate projection because the real campaign finance violation would be that Fox promotes purely a Republican agenda with disinformation. And frankly, legacy media, if you want to talk about the coverage that's coming from NBC, it's kind of overwhelmingly negative to President Biden and undeservedly positive in promoting and normalizing Trump's behavior. Behavior just like this. And the threat that he's making here is the threat combined with his threatening the life of uh, General Mark Milley, former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, saying that in other times what Mark Milley did would subject him to execution, is what Donald Trump wrote. Posts like this, every time Donald Trump reposts QAnon memes 
over and over again, which is a death cult. He is telling the media who he is. And, you know, the one point that he's being honest about here is where he says, I'm saying it openly and proudly. He's openly and proudly endorsing fascism. As per usual, the economy was also a huge topic for the day. And why wouldn't it be? It's changing faster than ever and demanding we all adapt to keep up. In fact, a stunning survey revealed that over half of Americans making six figures now live paycheck to paycheck. Now, even though Goldman Sachs is saying the classic investments are headed nowhere for the rest of the assets, the report by City prices have outpaced Masterworks teen exit. Oh, there is for artworks not yet sold. But I reached out to them to give you all the, I clicked the link in the description of the episode below. That's masterworks.art slash Midas Touch. M-A-S-T-E-R-W-O-R-K-S dot art slash Midas Touch. Or just click the link in the description of this episode below. That's masterworks.art slash Midas Touch. Yet the types of headlines that are coming from legacy media Frankly, from NBC, here, before I did this video, I just Googled, I said, NBC, Donald Trump, and I wanted to see what came up. That's the, that's what I did, and I just screenshotted what came up right away. The first search is on Google. So here's what came up. Poll. Overwhelming majorities expressed concerns about Biden, Trump, ahead of 2024 race both sides in it, and if you go into the article, it's like, well, President Biden, people think, is old, and Donald Trump, people are concerned about, but it doesn't really say that it's because he's a fascist tyrant, but they go after and attack President Biden, and they don't give President Biden credit for any of the things he's done. Then the next one is, NBC poll outlines voter concerns. Both Biden and Trump, just trying to create this equivalence between them that shouldn't exist. NBC News, Trump ramps up campaign stops in key states. Trump plans primetime remarks to United Auto Workers in the second GOP debate snub. Primetime remark to the people who he's trying to undermine transparently. He's trying to destroy unions, but let's just promote it as a prime time speech to the auto workers. Like, could you imagine them covering President Biden, covering President Biden that way, who actually supports union workers? The, the headline from NBC with Biden would be like, President Biden's support of workers will raise red flags for his chance of re-election. That's how every Biden story is going. Introducing the filter sorb, whole house water. NBC News. Trump says he's pleased by Putin's praise. Quote, I like that he said that. And there's like it's not critical of that fact. It's just normalizes that Donald Trump saying that the authoritarian who wants to destroy America's his buddy. Great work, NBC. Or how about this? Trump says he testified under oath. He never ordered Mar-a-Lago security video deleted. Thanks for telling Trump's story there, NBC. Great work. And, you know, you keep reading it. Trump, I could have pardoned myself before leaving. Trump criticizes Republicans for pushing abortion bans with no exceptions. 
Hey, Donald Trump's the reason that Roe v. Wade was overturned. I could keep on going. These are the NBC headlines, and Donald Trump is attacking NBC, and NBC will probably barely cover that they're threatening its existence because they're too terrified to do it. By the way, I'm also reminded of this. This was the Washington Post headline. This is what Washington Post says. As little as I loved Republicans the past few years, coinciding with the rise of our little autocrat, at least Donald Trump knows how to dress, Kathleen Parker writes. This is an opinion piece in the Washington Post. Dressing down for the Senate is just bad manners. So, on the one hand, we have Senator John Fetterman, who is recovering from a stroke, who is disabled, who is wearing sweatshirts and trying to ask for certain accommodations and is just trying to be comfortable, obviously. And on the other hand, our little autocrat wears a big tie that hangs down way more than it should to try to compensate for his little you-know-what. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny. Like, how do you, how do you, how are you a writer from the Washington Post and write that? Seriously, how are you a writer from the Washington Post and you think that's a good idea? And by the way, here's, uh, here's one that's worth sharing with you too. So this is, uh, from Brian Stalter. He goes, I'm sure every Trump voter would react calmly if Biden said this about a network referring to the Post, I said, who threatens the existence of NBC and MSNBC and, and, and all other networks. Like, could you imagine for just one moment if President Biden posted something and President Biden's post was, I think that the uh, Fox is the enemy of the people and we're going to, I'm going to investigate it and, and destroy it. Does it all in caps like that? Could you imagine what the reaction would be? Could you imagine what the reaction would be? But here, Donald Trump says that, and everyone's like, whatever, whatever. Not here on the Midas Touch Network. This is pure fascism. We're going to call it what it is. We're going to call it out together. The best day for you to get involved, to register voters and to do things, was yesterday. The next best day is today. Share these videos. Tell people about the Midas Touch Network. Let people know what's going on. We need to do an end run around. Legacy Media, they're not reporting the facts. Need your help reporting the facts. If you want to help grow this network, go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch. Hit subscribe. Right now we're on our way to 2 million subscribers. Have a great day. Hey Midas Mighty, love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. Trump threatens to shut down all the media and the corporate media does nothing. Yo. Hello. Hello.
I just took a nap. What's going on? See you. Nothing but to go to the office for a minute. Mm-hmm. Take a nap? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. This dragon. Did no. Did you find out if they have a number case number for us yet? No, there was not. I mean, I haven't seen anything. We're gonna check the mail. I'll check the mail, but uh, I haven't seen anything online because it takes. They get it, but then it takes like a couple days for the look, look how long it took them to load the fucking. The, the, uh, uh, the dismissal in the, in the fucking system. So what are, what's the correct paperwork? What, uh, what, what well, is it? Okay, so... It's, uh... We could do more motions. We could do more motions as soon as we find out the case number, let's say, because I think that's what that dude did. He was waiting there. They're waiting there, and they filed after you filed, so that you wouldn't get the case number. You know what I'm saying? I'm guaranteed they were sitting there waiting for you to go to the line, because I could hear them talking, and I'm I'm pretty slick when I hear people talking. I'm like, they're like they were they were talking about us, because they were sitting there with their paperwork, letting the, all the numbers go by, waiting for us. We were sitting there doing nothing. Mm -hmm. We were sitting there working, but he was like, he was saying something about you know like. The, the time frame, whatever, you know, I, I just, I just caught that he was, they were waiting for us. And so then, uh, I bet you anything, let me see, we look right now and see what we got. We could go to the, to sue him, it's going to be, um, it's going to be, it's going to be like, we have to get through, I think we have to get through this next one to sue them. Because we don't have an answer yet. We don't have an answer yet if they're going to keep our animals or not. There's no, there's no, they haven't kept them yet. They have to make, make us relinquish, I mean, I thought, or, yeah, or give them back, even if they give them back. I don't know, I don't know. I guess we could just do it now. I mean, I don't, I don't know the ramification, or how to, how to specifically put a lawsuit together, but you know, for, for that, but I mean, I'm sure it's I'm not thinking, that uh, I'm thinking it could only help our case um, if we slam them with a lawsuit. Oh, I know what it was, I know what it was. We're going to fucking make a complaint against the officer. Since the, since oh. the, huh, Palisade. Oh. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, here, mm -hmm. back here, this one. I listened to the, the the recording again, and guess what? Arizona is a stop in ID state, but not on your own personal property. See, we had we didn't committed no crime, so why why would we have to? Even if he, we thought he had articulable reason, suspicion, we had committed no crime. Therefore, we weren't we were in the right to say no. Well, at any rate, we told him we told him that. Adult, you know. Well, let us come on and look, and then we'll, and then we'll let well, it go. That's what he said. We told him that a dog. We had a, a sick dog that taken to the vet, <laughs> but all our other animals were fine. Yeah, so we, there was we didn't no really need. say much. Of I listened to the tape like three times today. We didn't say too much about that because he said started. All animals are yeah, because yeah, he started like yeah, getting to, to come in. Us and shit. Yeah, yeah, he wanted to come in, and and we're like no, and then he's like. Well, he's like you ID Lucky yourself, and, you're, and then and then and I just said she doesn't have to ID yourself. It's on personal property. I mean, it's not a stop and ID state, but it actually it is a stop and ID state. 
Mm-hmm. You know that. It's recently changed. Arizona did. Mm-hmm. It's a stop mm-hmm. an ID state. You have to produce your ID if a fucking government official says to in this state. This is one of only a couple states to have it. I'm really floored about that. But not on your personal property. That's the difference. In the car, yes. In the in the but on your property, no. No, they can't just walk up here. Give me what's your ID? Who are you? They can't do that. They can't do that. They could do it in a car when you're on the public right away streets, but not if you're on your property. They can't do it. Stupid thing was that the um, you know he he said you have a distressed dog you're taking care of for somebody else. Right, and, and I think confused and, us. And it confused us because we we're like, what? The dogs at the bed. The dogs at the bed. Well, it took us a second to even figure that out because he was like, that's what he said. He said, he said first we didn't yeah. we don't have that on tape right there. We couldn't yeah. hear that part yeah. of it. But. Even and then they um, they called us on the phone and uh, you know we explained to them that it was uh, Hank was uh, you know everything was fine they did there's nothing to see yeah yeah that Hank was um, sick and so we also you know got uh, got him to another vet and uh, for all the other Edibles were fine, and uh, they just refused to. Uh, they were just using anything they could yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. to shut us down. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. I just get the feeling that they um, they've already like probably given away or sold. They can't. They can't. They're not supposed to. Well, good. Uh, I, ho- I, I hope I, they didn't. I hope they didn't, but dude, I'm, just, I'm just worried. Well, I didn't see no animals they, for, for, you know, like on their site or anything like that. You know, they would go up on their site, I would think. But there's not, not anything. Yeah, there, there, was some, there was something about like adoption events. I mean, it was the weekend, too. I thought I saw Olivia, though. I did. I thought I saw Olivia. They said six-month-old pups, black, straight black. It looked like her. I did. I think I did see Olivia. Uh, I, I, she, she, there's no more picture of her now. I think, you know, someone with six-month-old, you know, people would go straight up and adopt that shit. Puppies just go fast. This shelter does utilize, but uh, they got a list of, of ones that they like a like a fucking death sentence for them. Fucking sad, but you know they're they're dogs that have been there for a year, two years, two years before they've euthanized them. Hmm. Long time. Yeah, they put some new dogs up today. Well, I, I hope they don't. I still swear to you, this looks like Hank, but he's just clean. Yeah, it looks. looks he looks just like Hank, but he's clean. You know, showered yeah. or bathed. Like I mentioned, Hank comes from this area, and there are other. I've seen. But the patch on his eye is what I looked at. So Hank has the patch on his eye, and he's in in a 
only, only thing is that little pink mark right there. I got. I have to look at his thing, but he's pink under the bottom, and he's got all these spots all over. He has no black on his paws, nothing, but he has, you know, he's got black. He's just a little black on the back and a little black on there. You know what I mean? And his eye, his eye goes back, and his ears are black, jet black. Both of these dogs' ears, are, this, this dog's ears are jet black. I mean, it's just kind of. But the patch, the patch is on the right side. His is on the left, but it could be mirrored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could have switched the When they mirror rods. the picture, it makes it look like it's on the other side because yeah. it's mirrored. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it looks a lot like them, but like I said, this area produces a lot of dogs that look like that. I've seen many dogs. Yeah, they're all that, over. That, that dog looks, is pretty yeah. common around the United States. It's, a, it's American Bulldog, uh-huh. and those patches are mm-hmm. just, just indicative of them. They either come out white or white and black. There's brindles, but there's mostly white, straight white. And then white and blacks with the patches. That's what Petey was. Yeah, he, um, yeah, a lot of those stuff. But Hanky was special. Yeah, they're fucking assholes with that shit. I still think that it could have been an elaborate. I still feel like he's steal, alive. I yeah, just do steal, this. Steal him. I do this. I do this with anybody. It's like I feel like my, you know, I mean, it's crazy because, like, even my son, it's like, I, I see ghosts. I, I do this for a while. Anybody that dies, too, I, it's crazy. I don't, I don't like it, but I've only done this since my father died, you know? Because mm-hmm. I stopped for years after he was dead that he would walk back in the door, and I just saw him everywhere, you know what I mean? I've never seen him anywhere, you know? But it's just a, it's a thing in my head, I guess. But I, I keep looking everywhere for him, you know what I mean? And it's like, I feel like they didn't, they didn't, they didn't do it. They just wanted to say they did it. God, that would be the biggest, that the, you BCA clinic would we'd own the BCA clinic if they did some shit like that. They would be it's ours. It's possible. I mean, it um, is possible. Zoe, you, you're Zoe right. We work there. You're right. It is possible. She could have said, "Hey, you know, my my auntie, she wants we want the we want to get this dog it is, back." It's very possible. And uh, you know, he, he could have just laid down and know, went to sleep in that room too, he, and she's taking pictures of him like he went to sleep. I mean, it's possible. But then again. They don't want no evidence. They might have just done it. You know what I mean? They're fucking killers. They're fucking sick. They should never. They never put him down. There's just no. There was just no reason for it, really. Well, you know, yeah, the lying to me. That makes me think that it's more likely they were trying to take him back. Well, they said that at and, first, and, right? They did say that at one point, right? She yeah, said. Beth said something about her brother. Yeah. I've been looking. I've been looking yeah. everywhere to see if I can find. He's coming. I'm trying to remember. I think he had a his, had a bit of a different name on Facebook. I, I looked. Um, I couldn't. It was hard to find him. Uh, he's not. He's not really. Are you, she hasn't I blocked you, right? So. No. Um, I blocked her so that I can unblock her to get back to her. Uh, I, I block if I don't block you don't block them first you block them first then then they can't block you back so uh-huh. then you can unblock them and then see them again uh-huh. and then go back when well, you block them the first time in 48 hours block them the second time it's like a week you know when I uh, try to go back to her on you're blocked Facebook. you're blocked you're blocked I couldn't even see her on your Facebook I, I had to find her in mine. I'm my stealthy one too, and then and then I and then I blocked her after I screenshotted some shit. Mm. Yeah, she's looking. 
Okay, um, yeah, when I tried to go there. So, like, I tried to do a search of Beth Cummings, right? And this is the one that showed up. And I believe this was the... i seen it. I know it's just about This one right here, right? But that's not her. That's not her. That's <coughs> not her at all. There's a bunch of Beth Cummings. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Yeah, but that was... <coughs> I noticed what, one thing. People's what was names, before? They kind of look alike, man. I swear to God. People name, somebody's named Laura. All the Lauras look alike. Uh, Lola, no, no, I mean, but this picture, I, I believe, believe I noticed this before she did this all this shit to me, and that's not her. Yeah, but that's it's not her. It's not her profile. It's another. No, Beth I mean Cummings. like. That's not no. her. That's not that's not her at all because her, she doesn't like. Where's where's that? That where's was it this, That at? was the account. Where's it located at? Where is it? Yeah, See, where's, best where's about information. Where, yeah, where she live at? Um, let's see. I've seen the profile. I, I went through yeah, it. Yeah, Steiner. Uh, Shepherd Center. Where's Shepherd Center? Georgia. Yeah, she's not in Georgia. No, but this is the um, account that it her her account turned into. Um, seems seems to me to be an imposter. Are you friends with her? This one right here? No. No. Yeah, I was looking at that account yesterday. I, I was, no, when that, I, the other day. that was the that was the account that was her account mm. before. Oh no. Where, okay. Well, where did you get that picture from? From her Hank. account. From her account. From this her this account. this Beth, right? No, no. Uh, which Beth? Beth Cummings, the one the fucking Beth. Her fucking. I, I found I found I found Hank. I put in Hank and I found Hank. That's how I did it. I found Hank. Okay. I, I found Hank before I found okay, Beth. Okay. Well, you found that picture of Hank. So which Beth Cummings was right it? Well, see now now I can't look her up. She's blocked. I'll go to another Facebook. Let me see. I'll go to another Facebook here. She's blocked on this one. So I don't, I don't want to unblock her because then she'll see it. And I want to keep it, you know, like, on the low for a minute. So I need it. Really need it. But it's not her, you know. Yeah, I know, I know, I know you're thinking of this. Okay, so she's locked here. If I go... I go this one. Let's go...
There she is, because you can tell right away. Here. That's her right there. That's her. It looks yeah. really similar to that lady. Yeah. It looks really similar to her, but it's not her. There she is, right here. Yeah, that's... Okay, and I, what I did was I scrolled all the way down, and I saw Hank. I, or, no, I looked at the pictures. I looked at the, how I found it was I saw, hey, that kind of looks like her. And then, I, and then I went straight to the photos. Okay, so featured, but let me see if I can get... I couldn't get into her friends, but what you do, if you can't get into friends, right, is you go to the thumbs up, right? That, that's, the, uh, that's the way to get into the friends because that's their friends. You can see it that way only. Oh, the people who like So, so Yeah, and I, so I went there, I went there, and I, and I looked, most women, all comments. Let's see what it said, all comments. So I went there, and I, I looked, and there's nothing, there's nothing, I'm, I'm seeing it to be like something, I'm blocked on some of them at some level. Uh, where I only see Richard, which is my ex-wife's name, Dorinda Lang, her friend Dorinda Lang, that's my ex-wife's name, Dorinda, and then, that's, and then, that's and then a yeah. pretty rare name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I had to look at the picture, too. I saw the picture, I was like, oh shit, let me push it, okay, so you got, you got Elizabeth Flintwood, Dorothy, so I could not find Zoe in here once, or Steve, I went through all of them, I went through all of them, I'm gonna block her again, on this one. She's, she looks like she's getting hit by the ugly stick, don't she? She getting ugly. Yeah, right. Yeah, but she's uh, severe. Because Lou, you can see her too. It's just, it's just all oh, bullshit. You know, it's terrible. Snoopy. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking for the brother, all over the place. I couldn't find him. Nowhere. Hey, when'd you make that food? When'd you make that food? Is her brother? Come here, look, real quick. Before I get blocked. Is that her brother? Does he have long hair or anything, or no? Yeah, his, uh, oh, then like, this one. Oh, oh, here, here, here. She's hugging him? That might be him. Yeah? Uh, maybe not. That, no, I think that was something she was dancing with. Oh, okay. How long? Is he look young? Does he have dark hair or silver hair? Um, he has blondish hair like that. Here, just wait. Let me show you. Being a bun. Is he in a bun? Yeah. He wears a man bun? Yeah, man bun. Garbage pail? It's like a garbage bag?
Yeah, he's not in any of these pictures then. Wasn't Steven, right? How about this one? Pretty sure he, he doesn't have that. He doesn't go by that on Facebook. What? Where's your rose crystal that you said you think is gone? Well, there's. Uh, that, there's I just want to look online. Larger ones. Smaller ones. Um, there were two larger ones. 
I just thought there was crystals on this side too. Wasn't there? No. He's probably got it. He's probably not even on there. Is he, is he, what's he doing these days anyway? Is he just fucking nothing? Just... Well, she said he kind of got his life together. Oh, he did? What'd she say he's doing? That'll help. She said what kind of work? All right, fuck it. I gotta go in there and go to work here. Yeah, he wouldn't have locked his shit. He probably got it private after all this shit. They both do, probably. Well, she doesn't, but she will. Watch. She'll, she'll eventually just shut it off. Why, why should she? Because she don't want, you know what I mean? If she sees your posting, someone will tell her or something like that, or somebody will look it up for her, and then she'll go, oh, I'm blocking, I'm blocking everybody. Fucking drown them or anything. Say sorry to them. Say sorry.
Here's a suggestion.
Hey there, welcome back. Chunk gives dangerous and urgent directive and I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Donald Trump has issued yet another directive to MAGA Republicans in the House of Representatives to shut down the government. And in his most recent post, he says, just blame the suffering of the American people on President Biden and just shut it all down. It's your last chance to do it. Donald Trump posting this message as we head into a week where we are on the verge of a shutdown and it will have catastrophic, cataclysmic effect on our economy, on our country, and here we have Donald Trump fomenting yet another attempt to destroy our government, to destroy our democracy. And I want to say this is unprecedented in American history where you have someone, again, he's disgracing the name of that position, but to have an ex-president out there affirmatively undermining the proper functioning of our country, and you have a political party, the MAGA Republicans who have taken over the Republican Party listening to this, folks, this is horrific, dangerous, brutally selfish conduct that is imperiling us all. I don't care what political party you come from, and I know the MAGA Republican Party is now just the cult, but if you care about our country, what I'm about to read for you with him putting himself above our country, his own personal agenda to destroy our country, folks, it is horrific, horrific stuff. Here's what he writes. He goes, the Republicans lost big on debt ceiling, got nothing, and now are worried they will be blamed for the budget shutdown. Wrong. Whoever is president will be blamed. In this case, crooked as hell Joe Biden. Our country is being systemically destroyed by the radical left Marxist, fascists, and thugs, the Democrats, Unless you get everything, shut it down, close the border, stop the weaponization of justice, and end election interference, we must have honest elections. It's time Republicans learned how to fight. Are you listening, Mitch McConnell, the weakest, dumbest, and most conflicted leader in U.S. Senate history? He's already, he puts this in all caps, He's already given the Democrats everything. They can't believe how lucky they got. We need new and real Republican leadership in the United States Senate, not a clone of Mitch, and we need it now. Just so you know how radical and extreme the modern-day Republican Party is, the MAGA Republican Party, when they act like Mitch McConnell is out there doing solids for the Democrats, that Mitch McConnell, they called a rhino, a Republican in name only, 
it tells you that the MAGA movement is actually the rhino here. They are a radical, extremist, fascist movement designed to destroy our democracy, designed to rip the fabric of our democracy apart, to rip apart the current world order, a stable system, to take and rip apart our traditional alliances with NATO. That is what they are about. That is radical. That is extreme. That is anti-American, and we need to call it out. This was the second directive he gave. So last week he gave a directive. And so when Donald Trump says, unless you get everything, shut it down, you know what everything is? Well, if we take a look at his post from last week, he tells you what everything is. And he says, this is the last chance to defund the prosecutions against me and other patriots, he says, referring to the January 6th insurrectionists. So when you see the most recent directive, unless you get everything, everything means make sure you stop the Department of Justice's prosecution of terrorists of January 6th insurrectionists like the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and others, and to stop the prosecution of Donald Trump for his crimes in attempt to overthrow our democracy. Here's the longer message that he wrote last week. He goes, A very important deadline is approaching at the end of the month. Republicans in Congress can and must defund all aspects of crooked Joe Biden's weaponized government that refuses to close the border and treats half the country as enemies of the state. This is also the last chance to defund these political prosecutions against me and other patriots. They failed on the debt limit, but they must not fail now. Use the power of the purse and defend the country. Folks, as I read this to you, I could only reflect on the fact that this is treason. That's not hyperbole. This is treasonous conduct. For someone like this to interfere in the proper functioning of our government, to defund it, and then to say, then just blame it on President Biden, Blame the suffering of the American people. Blame the fact that critical services that Americans rely on, that our troops rely on, that those will be shut down, that Americans will feel pain. Why? Donald Trump says it. He says because he doesn't want to be prosecuted anymore personally, and he wants to stop the prosecution of other insurrectionists who aided and abetted his attempt to overthrow our democracy. And the insanity of this is, he says that Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell, the Republican minority leader in the Senate, is part of a grand conspiracy with Democrats to harm Republicans. No, the MAGA Republicans want to harm our democracy, period. That's what's going on here. And look, just show you the post that Donald Trump is making as well. 
Look at what he's reposting here. The storm is coming with a Q above his head with the QAnon logo, WWG1WGA, where we go one, we go all. The storm is coming refers to him overthrowing our democracy and conducting public executions of the democratic and rhino cabal is what QAnon believes in their dangerous death cult ridiculous conspiracy. He's reposting. He's posting this message. As he's saying, shut down the government, he's posting photographs with Q above his head, saying the storm is coming, referring to public executions. He's calling for and posts an execution of the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley. It's one of the posts that he made on his social media platform. He keeps posting Q. Here's another one. Where we go one, we go all. From sea to shining sea. Q plus. Q, and he reposts it. That's just QAnon crap right there, folks. That's QAnon crap right there. Dangerous stuff. And by the way, here's the weakest speaker of the House in American history. Spineless MAGA Republican Kevin McCarthy just whining that... People are listening to Donald Trump and just want to shut it down for the sake of shutting it down. Play this clip. Last week you said that these holdouts are trying to burn the place down. you still feel that way? Well, if you're holding out now, you're trying to get a person into a shutdown. You, you've been stopping the bills from ever coming up. I don't know how you stand up and then say, well, he hasn't brought them up. The only reason they haven't come up, they've been out of committee, people have read them. I've been asking for amendments since back to July, mm -hmm. so we can bring them up. But if you can't pass the rule, it's hard to bring them up. It's almost that they, they want to walk you into a shutdown then blame you for the shutdown. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think we should show we can govern, and that's what the majority of us all have been doing. Uh, I've watched what's happening on the border each and every day because of this Biden administration. I want to secure our border. And I think everybody wants to be able to do that. But if you don't bring the bills up, it makes it very difficult for us to be successful. Yeah, just dangerous conduct by MAGA Republicans. Dangerous directives from Donald Trump. And where is the legacy media? Where, 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 where are you, legacy media? This doesn't raise red alert, red alert for you. It doesn't raise red alert for you. I mean, so pathetic. So pathetic. Look, if you want to support the growth of this network, go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. It's free to subscribe on our YouTube. Have a great day. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. defund all aspects of crooked Joe Biden's weaponized government that refuses to close the border and treats half the country as enemies of the state. This is also the last chance to defund these political prosecutions against me and other patriots. They failed on the debt limit, but they must not fail now. Use the power of the purse and defend the country. Folks, as I read this to you, I can only reflect on the fact that this is treason. That's not hyperbole. This is treasonous conduct. For someone like this to interfere in the proper functioning of our government, to defund it,
and then to say, then just blame it on President Biden. Blame the suffering of the American people. Blame the fact that critical services that Americans rely on, that our troops rely on, that those will be shut down, that Americans will feel pain. Why? Donald Trump says it. He says because he doesn't want to be prosecuted anymore personally, and he wants to stop the prosecution of other insurrectionists who aided and abetted his attempt to overthrow our democracy. And the insanity of this is, he says that Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell, the Republican minority leader in the Senate, is part of a grand conspiracy with Democrats to harm Republicans. No, the MAGA Republicans want to harm our democracy, period. That's what's going on here. And look, just show you the post that Donald Trump is making as well. Look at what he's reposting here. The storm is coming with a Q above his head, with the QAnon logo, WWG1WGA, where we go one, we go all. The storm is coming refers to him overthrowing our democracy and conducting public executions of the democratic and rhino cabal is what QAnon believes in their dangerous death cult ridiculous conspiracy. He's reposting. He's posting this message. As he's saying, shut down the government, he's posting photographs with Q above his head, saying the storm is coming, referring to public executions. He's calling for and posts an execution of the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley. It's one of the posts that he made on his social media platform. He keeps posting Q. Here's another one. Where we go one, we go all. From sea to shining sea. Q plus. Q, and he reposts it. That's just QAnon crap right there, folks. That's QAnon crap right there. Dangerous stuff. And by the way, here's the weakest speaker of the House in American history. Spineless MAGA Republican Kevin McCarthy just whining that... People are listening to Donald Trump and just want to shut it down for the sake of shutting it down. Play this clip. Last week you said that these holdouts are trying to burn the place down. Do you still feel that way? Well, if you're holding out now, you're trying to get a person into a shutdown. You, you've been stopping the bills from ever coming up. I don't know how you stand up and then say, well, he hasn't brought them up. The only reason they haven't come up, they've been out of committee, people have read them. I've been asking for amendments since back to July, mm -hmm. so we can bring them up. But if you can't pass the rule, it's hard to bring it up. It's almost that they, they want to walk you into a shutdown and then blame you for the shutdown. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think we should show we can govern, and that's what the majority of us all have been doing. Uh, I watch what's happening on the border each and every day because of this Biden administration. I want to secure our border. And I think everybody wants to be able to do that. But if you don't bring the bills up, it makes it very difficult for us to be successful. Yeah, just dangerous conduct by MAGA Republicans. Dangerous directives from Donald Trump. And where's the legacy media? Where, 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 where are you, legacy media? This doesn't raise red alert, red alert for you. It doesn't raise red alert for you. I mean, so pathetic. So pathetic. Look, if you want to support the growth of this network, go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. It's free to subscribe on our YouTube
Have a great day. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now.
Right, thanks for to me but um, 40 profile views name of friends 76 profile views caught up two days ago Trump loving loving judge destroys entire Supreme Court did you know that people judge? everywhere are recommending good RX my neighbor showed me the app the ethical violations of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas that have been revealed over the past few months by the investigative reporting of ProPublica has been stunning. But this latest development is shocking. And I think this should be something that the Supreme Court Chief Justice Roberts finally takes up. Can he really afford not to? My name is Dina Saidal with the Midas Touch Network. Let's break this down. So as we know, over the past few months, we have discovered what's been happening over the past few decades by Clarence Thomas. He has been receiving millions of dollars in lavish gifts on vac for vacations, jets by Harlan Crow. He's also had Harlan Crow purchase property from him. Harlan Crow has also paid school tuition for a relative he was raising as a son. None of these were disclosed. And, and yet, what he, we are now learning tops even all of that. He has attended, he has been the speaker, the, the person that draws the donors to fundraising events for the Koch Brothers Network, this high-powered yeah. political organization oh, yeah. in the United You're States. Right. Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you hear about um, um, my cat is, they put up, up for adoption, uh, you know, at the uh, pack. So um, I'm trying to get Marty to uh, go get it. Anyway, what's up? Um, Anthony told me he's, he's really rattled. I think he's poisoned from the, uh, from the, the mothballs. I can't walk in there because when I go in there, it gets on my clothes. I have to wash my clothes. I have to take a shower. It's really bad in there. And he called me saying that he couldn't get a hold of you if I could come up here and check on you. Oh. It sounds 
kind of nuts. He wants us to go down there. He wants you to get your pad. He says he cleaned up and he mopped and he washed. And, I don't know. Get my pad? Mm -hmm. You mean like a phone pad? Yeah. He sounds really deranged. Hey there. How's it going? It's just uh, tweeting about Hunter Biden. Uh, he listened to my suggestion suing Giuliani and um, I think he'd, uh, he should also sue Don Jr. and perjury trader Green for violating his privacy on the floor of Congress. But uh, I just saw he's he's suing Giuliani. I just said that. I mean, like, well, yeah, yesterday. So that's cool. Glad people when people listen. And steal my ideas. Go ahead, steal my ideas. Judge protects jury from Trump threat with strong order. I'm Doug Hopkins with SellersAdvantage.com, and I want to buy your house. I'll make you an as-is cash offer on your house within 20... This is Michael Popak, Legal AF. When Fawny Willis in Fulton County, Georgia, as the DA, files a motion as serious as the one she filed on September the 6th, asking the court to restrict the identity of jurors to be selected for Donald Trump and the other 18, people listen. More importantly, Judge McAfee listens because he just granted entirely uh -huh. Fawny Willis's motion to protect the identity of the jurors in Fulton County from people like Donald Trump. Now, we haven't gone so far as it, to make it an anonymous jury, which is what the federal judge up in New York in the E. Jean Carroll sexual battery digital rape case against Donald Trump decided to do on his own accord to protect jurors and others from Donald Trump's out-of-control uh, behavior. But we're close. I'm going to read the order to you. It's two pages. You know, we watch with, with some bemusement, but also alarm what Eileen Cannon, the federal judge down in Florida, does on almost a daily basis to muck up the works in Mar-a-Lago, scheduling hearing after hearing after hearing, asking for briefing after briefing after briefing, coming up with convoluted orders that people have to try to discern what they mean, like they're reading, you know, some sort of runes. Judge McAfee, completely different. He, he enters seven-page orders on complicated issues that are immediately clear and show a firm hand in his administration of his courtroom. Same thing here with the two pages, granting Fawny Willis's motion to, to protect the identities of the jurors. Let me first set the stage on this hot take, exclusively on the Midas Touch Network and Legal AF, on what Fawny Willis mm -hmm. asked for on the 6th of September. She laid out, including with affidavits, by her chief investigator and sheriff's department in Georgia, Fulton County, Georgia, that um, jurors needed protection, be using as two major examples, the special purpose grand jurors who were the advisory jury for Fawny Willis, 23 of them, who, made ed who, who did an advisory report after listening to 75 witnesses and all the evidence as to who should be indicted and who shouldn't be, their recommendation only, 
they had their names listed when the um, when the report came out just recently. All 23 names were listed. And that's Georgia process. And frankly, Phony Willis probably should have thought ahead with her supervising Judge McBurney and asked for an order then to have them uh, sealed or masked. But, you know, transparency is the order of the day in Georgia criminal process. That's why this jury trial, the one that starts on October 23rd for, for the two of the 19, Sidney Powell and Ken Chesborough, is going to be televised. It's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on the court's website. It's going to be on the Midas Touch Network. And you have to balance things when it comes to state courts that like to televise their trials and federal courts that never do. And so she used um, as, as two examples when, when um, she's trying to get her motion granted, which it has, she said the 23 grand jurors whose names were listed on the report were all terribly doxxed, including their home addresses, GPS coordinates, where they work, social clubs, where they worship, um, who are their loved ones, including on Russian-sponsored, uh, state-sponsored websites that the, home, the Department of Homeland Security has tried to get the names down from it, but of course Russia, Putin, and the trolls won't do it. Just for anybody that thought on the right MAGA wing that they're free-thinking, they're not. Your thoughts are being controlled by social media, controlled by Russian, Chinese, and the like. Just put, that, put a pin in that for a moment on this hot take. 23 names go out on the report. 23 names get horribly doxxed and violently and racially attacked and abused in rhetoric coming off of what started on the dark quarters of the web run by the Russians, but then ended up in places like Donald Trump and him reposting it on his social media platform. So Fawny Willis put that as one major example. If you, if you don't protect the jurors, Judge McAfee, they're going to get attacked. And, and ultimately, she tied it back to Donald Trump's own constitutional right to a fair trial. Brilliant. Brilliant. Make it about Donald Trump getting a fair trial. In other words, she's telling the court, I can't, I can't pick a jury um, of people who aren't polluted with a thought against Donald Trump because of what's going to happen if we let these names get out. So to protect his Sixth Amendment right to a fair trial and to the future jury pool, protect them, you should, you should grant my motion, which, of course, Scott McAfee thought was a brilliant idea and has done that. Just as another aside, another little factoid on this hot take, we've already got reporting that Scott McAfee has asked the court system to pull down 900 people to be the to be the jury veneer, the panel from which they're going to choose and, and select the ultimate jury. The jury's only 12. Okay, it's either nine or 12 in in Georgia. They're pulling 900 in order to sit through that in a voir dire selection process, led again by Judge McAfee and and the lawyers to pick the final group plus alternates. And they're going to need alternates uh, for sure. At least I would think four. So what happened today? What's the report? What's new, Popak? What are you trying to tell us? Scott McAfee has granted entirely the motion. And you can call it what you want, but it's about as close to having an order requiring an anonymous jury, you know, as possible. Now, the judge in New York, Judge um, Kaplan, in making his own decision to make the E. Jean Carroll civil rape case against Donald Trump anonymous, cited to 
evidence of Donald Trump bashing jurors, grand jurors, prosecutors, judges, and the like. And Fonnie Willis did the same thing. It's the second thing she put in her papers was that her office and she have been attacked violently um, online, racist um, rhetoric, violent rhetoric, threats of assassination. And she said, this whole group here, this justice system, and all of its stakeholders, prosecutors, defense lawyers, judges, their staff, the jurors, need protection. In fact, she submitted along with her motion an affidavit from the sheriff's department telling the judge, we have a plan in place, judge, as soon as you give us the word to protect the jurors in cooperation with the, you know, the uh, Atlanta Police Department and the Fulton County Sheriff's Office. We're ready. And now they've got their order that they've been waiting for in which the judge um, will be protecting this jury pool. There'll be no drawings or photos or videos of the jury's face identity, anything that could identify them during the trial or even while they're in the selection process for prospective jurors. Those jurors will only be identified by number, right? Only at the time of the verdict and only by audio will the jury foreperson reading the verdict against the two that go in October, the 17, including Donald Trump, that go throughout 2024 in Fulton County on that criminal RICO case, racketeering, organized crime case, will only the jury foreperson's voice be heard. No identifying information about the jurors or prospective jurors, no videotaping them, no leaking of the questionnaires or other identifying information about these jurors or prospective jurors. The jury's questions and answers also will not be revealed. So particularly, let's go right to the order. It's only two pages. It's not going to take me long. I've given you sort of the balance of it. Judge said, having reviewed the state's motion to restrict the juror's identity, filed September 6th of 2023, which was, uh, which was filed by Fawny Willis, the court grants it in part as follows. Now, the only opposition to this motion was not by Donald Trump or any of the 19, because they'd be stupid to step into that, right, and try to act like they don't want the jurors to be protected and say something stupid in their filings. But the media, different media coalitions, um, got together and said, no, we want to know who the jurors are, because let's recall, when the special purpose grand jury got done with their work, the the four-person, she took to the airwaves and gave interview out. She, she gave a dozen interviews on television, and she was the source of a lot of information. And the media is looking for content, and they're looking for reporting. So they wanted it, but the judge said no. And the judge is being kind. He didn't. It says he granted it in part, suggesting he denied something in Fawny Willis's request. He didn't. In fact, he went further than what Fawny Willis asked for in many circumstances. He gave her the entire relief she was seeking, and he added on to it. So he's, he called it granted in part. Um, so some reporting might be, oh, she had part of it denied. She didn't. She had the entire thing granted. Here's his ruling. No person, no person shall videotape, photograph, draw in a realistic or otherwise identifiable manner. That means you, courtroom sketch artists, or otherwise record images, statements, or conversations of jurors, prospective jurors, in any manner that would violate the uniform superior court rule that he cites, except that the jury foreperson's announcement of the verdict or questions to the judge. So sometimes the jury in deliberation 
sends in questions to the judge and may even come out and ask a question, that can be audio recorded only. Jurors number two in his order, jurors and prospective jurors shall be identified by number only in court filings or in open court during the pendency of the trial. So they'll refer to juror number six, 12, nine, and the like. No party shall disclose, no party, defense, prosecution, shall disclose during the pendency of the trial any juror, prospective juror information that would reveal a juror's prospective juror's identity, including names, addresses, telephone numbers, or identifying employment information. Further, no party shall disclose during the pendency of the trial any list of jurors or prospective jurors or responses to juror questionnaires provided to them or juror strike sheets. That's when the, the lawyers and the court system go through who's on and who's off the jury as they're picking their jury. How it started. How it's going. Bounce back with fast heartburn relief. Unless, uh, unless permitted by the court to disclose such information. I said it was a two-page order. It's really a one-page order because the last line is a signature block for the judge. So he did all of that, and he did it in record time. He did it in a couple of weeks. That's why so far on Legal AF, the leaders of Legal AF, Ben Mysalis, Karen Friedman, Ignifolo, and me, we kind of like what Scott McAfee's doing. We were a little concerned in the beginning you know, young, under 40 years old, never been on a court before, only been a judge for six months, Federalist Society background, appointed by a Republican governor, although it was Kemp, who's not a Trump fan. But Scott McAfee so far knows his way around that courtroom. It may, it may be because he learned his craft and skills and knowledge of, of proper management of a case from Fawny Willis, the Fulton County DA, who he worked under before, when she wasn't the DA yet, but she ran a major division of that office related to litigation, one of her colleagues that worked under her and reported to her was Scott McAfee. So as I've said in prior hot takes, there's two people in that room, and only two, who know the court system, the justice system, and these competing interests that need to be balanced. Um, and that's Scott McAfee, the judge, and Phony Willis. And everybody else is playing catch-up. Everybody else is in nursery school, while these two are in, you know, AP calculus <laughs> to pull something from my high school days, right? That's what we're watching. And that's why we haven't criticized Scott McAfee in the way Judge Cannon has come under proper criticism on legal AF, why we don't criticize Judge Chutkin for what she does, because Chutkin and McAfee so far, and Judge Jones, the federal judge dealing with the removal statute, issues and people trying to get out of state court to federal court in Georgia, they are the epitome of what you expect in a jurist, regardless of who, what party nominated or appointed them. Sober, reasonable, Solomonic in their decision-making. You can read their order. You may not totally agree with it, but you know where it's coming from. Intellectual honesty and integrity about the ruling. Right? Not out of left field, not obviously being manipulated or um, uh, warped by something outside of the court system, like politics. That's why we admire the judges that are doing the job that they're doing. That's the new order. That's the takeaway from this particular hot take. If you like this kind of hot take, and I do, you can follow us 
um, and look for uh, sort of a curation where we curate the top stories, just like this one at midweek and at the end of the week on the Midas Touch Network, only on their YouTube channel and where you get your audio podcast from on a podcast we call Legal AF. It's what you think. We sit at that valuable real estate at the corner of law and U.S. politics to bring you stories using our collective 75 years of legal experience. I've been doing this for 32 years in courtrooms and courthouses, just like the one I'm talking about. I've been to the Fulton County Courthouse. I've reported from outside of it for the Midas Touch Network. And so we don't blow smoke or sunshine here. Help the Midas Touch Network if you're enjoying the content. Free subscribe and help them get to two million subscribers. The bigger they are, the more your voice resonates. Until my next hot take, until my next episode of Legal AF, this is Michael Popak reporting. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now.
see. You guys still there? Go listen to some Billy Carson. I escaped the matrix and the nine to five and now live this beautiful luxury lifestyle here in Dubai. It's a condenser inside of an break for a month or two. These are all tests in life that we get on a daily basis. Every single day you might get tested. You might get you might have a break for a few days or a break for a month or two. But the test is gonna come. The test is definitely gonna come. And the test could be simply to see how you're going to handle the situation. Are you going to get all out of control? Are you going to lose it? Are you going to cause the situation? Are you going to be agitated and frustrated? Are you going to be snapping at people all day because you didn't get no sleep and all this kind of crazy stuff? Or are you going to suck it up and, um, and provide the content, information, the energy, and everything else you promised everybody? You know? That's what it takes sometimes. It takes, it takes that. And that's what separates, you know, People that are at this level from people that are at this level. It's a certain level of perseverance uh, that you have to have in anything, not just this, but in anything in life. And if you don't operate at that level, at that mindset, you're going to continuously disappoint people, and you're going to continuously disappoint yourself, and you're going to look back 20, 30, 40 years and look back and go, man, I just I blew it. You know, I have regrets. And in, in me, the way I see life, I don't want any regrets. I'm going to live and do the, you know, what I can, when I can, how I can, to the highest level that I could possibly do it. And I'm going to enjoy every single, I used to say I'm going to enjoy every minute, then I changed it years later to every microsecond. Now I've changed it to every plunk unit. The smallest measurement of space time that you can get a plunk unit. I'm going to maximize every plunk unit. I don't want to waste anything. Anything. And I still get a chance to stop and smell the roses. I really prove it to myself that you can still. Um, you know, do a lot of projects simultaneously at a high level and still get a chance to enjoy life simultaneously and enjoy sunsets and sunrises and oceans and walks in the park and everything like that. It can all be done. What, comes, what it comes down to is what are you willing to sacrifice that's taking you away from that? If these projects and these, or these opportunities are that important to you, that you feel you need to act on them, then there's something else that you have to cut out to make the time for. In my situation, I cut out TV and I cut out sleep. That's what I do. I sleep about three to four hours a day, every single day, for over 20 years. 20 plus years. And they told me I was going to go crazy, I was going to go insane, I was going to lose my eyesight for being on computers, but I still have 2013 vision. I have eagle eye, still. Still have eagle eye to this day. Uh, they told me all these things were going to happen to me, but nothing ever happened. And the only thing that happened was I got smarter. <laughs> and that's just an acclimation of knowledge that already existed. I'm just, um, you know, benefited and blessed enough to be able to receive it and try to save it in my mind, you know. But um, that's another thing real quick before we get started. I think one thing we have to realize is that um, we, we literally don't get ideas. We don't. When they come to us, 
but they're all downloads. When you hear somebody going, oh, I downloaded information, you can't laugh at that person. Because if you remember what I talked about earlier with DNA, and the ancients knew this, this is one of the things that Bob talks about. They literally had the capability of understanding the frequencies in space-time and downloading information directly into their DNA, directly into their bodies. And, um, and they have the capability of transmitting it too, which we're going to talk about tomorrow, with the language of light, which has to do with the hieroglyph, the Nietzsche, the Nietzsche we're going to get into tomorrow. But um, you have to understand that all thoughts and all ideas are downloads. Because why? All information already exists. This laptop already exists. This table already exists. This screen already exists. This microphone already exists. Everything, all the clothes you have on, Everything already exists. Everything. There's not one thing here that doesn't exist already as an electromagnetic waveform. What happens is you resonate on a specific frequency that that data packet is located on in the ether in this energetic grid. And you download it into your body and then it transmutes to your mind and you convert it into uh, a thought that then becomes a reality in the third dimension. But the information, the raw code, the zeros and ones already exist. Okay? Uh, so now we're going to talk a little bit about the Emerald Tablet, and we're going to go in there and I'm going to read a couple things here and talk about a few things that I haven't talked about before. Some of it's in the book, some of you may have read it by, by now, maybe some of you haven't, but I'm going to explain it and go over it as well. And I'm going to talk about a few meditations that I like to do. But this is a, the Emerald Tablet, or this is a replica of the, of the concept of what it might look like based off of these the descriptions. Now, there's two versions of Emerald Tablets. There's one that's Emerald Tablet Singular, that's why I keep saying tablets. And it's uh, on display. Uh, the, the translation by Sir Isaac Newton is on display at the Cambridge Library uh, in, uh, in England. Okay? So if you ever get a chance to go to England, go to the Cambridge Library, you can lay your eyes on the uh, translation of the Emerald Tablet of Hermes, which is done by Sir Isaac Newton. Uh, the other tablets, uh, which are a total of 15, because two were broken down uh, and split in half, but the, 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 the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, in my personal opinion, after all the research that I've done now, have ended up, and this is not for sure, but this is my hypothesis, underneath the Vatican archives. That five-mile underground base that they have there that's well documented. Only a very few handful of people get a chance to even go down there. Um, what, else, what else is down there? According to my teacher in Egypt, uh, the books from the Alexandria uh, burning. Yeah, that's where they are. They didn't burn. Now some books burn, but that, that was, that was a, those are the distraction books. The books from the Library of Alexandria from ancient Egypt were not burned. They're located, according to my sources, underneath the Vatican. Okay. It was a heist. It was a heist, and the fire was the distraction. That content has been uh, it's been stored there. Why? Because that was the information of the entire world. That was the knowledge of the world. If you came into port in Alexandria, you had to pull up into port with books. That's your payment for docking. If you didn't have books, you weren't allowed to even dock. Think about that. What kind of world would this be right now if we had that scenario? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You couldn't dock without books. That's, I mean, it's incredible. The exchange of knowledge here was off the charts. The information, the technology, the, the philosophy, the esoteric wisdom, the metaphysics, the quantum physics, all of that stuff was there. And, um, yeah, 
sources. Now, this isn't just one person saying this. It's a lot of these uh, ancient Kemetic wisdom keepers that all, uh, you know, they have this passed down history uh, about this, and uh, that's supposedly where they're located. More recently, the Ark of the Covenant, the only one that were the three of them in history that were recorded that I, I knew about, uh, two of them have been completely lost. Nobody has any clue what it was. One that was at this Ethiopian church uh, in Africa, and unfortunately, after the documentary and everything else came out about it, and all the articles came out about it, it was stolen. So they stole the Ark of the Covenant. Um, uh, you know, it's a shame, really. It's probably in an underground base somewhere. It's a military installation. So I put a video on Forbidden Knowledge. I don't know who ever saw it. It was a, uh, a, a college professor who replicated it based off of the biblical text. Yeah, you saw that? That thing was so powerful, they had to shut it down. So it's an amazing piece of technology is what it was. And the Ark of the Covenant are the, is the exact dimensions of the stone box that's inside the Grand Gallery of the Great Pyramid of Giza. So inside the Grand Gallery of the Great Pyramid of Giza, there's a box there, and inside of that box is empty, but they, they're trying to say it was a sarcophagus. No, all the sarcophaguses that they have in the Valley of the Kings are bigger than this stage, okay? Uh, so basically what happened is um, uh, that box is where the Ark of the Covenant used to sit. They would put it in there because the, uh, we're gonna go over this probably later, is the, the, the pyramid was built on top of an aquifer. And the aquifer uh, would generate physiostatic electricity, and then those ions would then pass up through the grand gallery, which is a resonating chamber. And you can see the slots where they have the resonators in it. The resonators have been removed. It's been emptied of all this technology. Then it would pass up into the king's chamber, where it gets amplified by those multi-ton uh, magnetized, magnetized uh, granite stones, and then forced up into the apex, as where it becomes a wireless electricity, wireless power source. But then what happened was when it uh, when the aquifer dried up because of the Nile just naturally meandering away and the dryness that happened after the last pyramid war, uh, the, uh, the the pyramid stopped working. So they built that box. You can tell it's an add-on box, that stone box. They built it and they put the stone, they put the uh, Ark of the Covenant inside of it, and that's what then powered the um, powered the Great Pyramid, which gave Egypt power. They had everything back then. If you go to Egypt. Uh, make sure they you ask your guide to show you where they had the movie theater. Yeah, where they had the movie theater. You heard me exactly right. They used to have used that pictures playing on a wall there. All this was power, wireless uh, light bulbs that connected to a jet pillar. The jet pillar would pick up the energy right out of the atmosphere. All this was technology. You can see this technology if you go to the Temple of Dendera and go underneath into the crypt. Just give the, the guard there, give him like $5 in American money. And he will let you go down to the crib and give you like about five to eight minutes down there, you know, 10 minutes max before he's called you back out. But go down there uh, and, and, and you'll be standing between two gigantic metal uh, pieces, blocks of granite, so, so close together that I couldn't do this there. And on these um, uh, uh, granite stone blocks are etchings, raised out etchings, not carved in, but raised out glyphs of uh, technology. You have Jedi jet pillars, which is a condenser inside of an ankh. You have just a jet by itself with a wire connected to light bulbs. You have all different sorts of technology down there etched into this grand magnetized stone that shows that they were an extremely highly advanced civilization. So basically, the reason why Moses was chased by, uh, you know, by the uh, Pharaoh's army 
was not because the Pharaoh had a change of heart, that old story you know, you heard about growing up and everything else. It was because when, when he left Egypt, he took the Ark of the Covenant with him out of the Grand, Grand Gallery of the Great Pyramid, and the Pharaoh knew that Egypt was going to be cast back into darkness. And they had to chase it down and they had to get that thing back. But what happened is, the biblical story is actually inaccurate. When you go into the original text uh, in the Bible, and you want to look at the original language, you, you find out that it wasn't the Red Sea that they crossed. They crossed the Sea of Reeds. This is a, you know, a huge, huge blunder that has been passed down for now hundreds of years uh, about the Red Sea incident. They didn't cross the Red Sea. They crossed the Sea of Reeds. Just one of 14,000 mistranslations by accident on purpose in the, uh, in the Bible. Okay? Uh, the Sea of Reeds is a much smaller and much closer sea, much easier to cross. It sits right on the top of a tectonic plate. Two things could have happened. One, the Ark of the Covenant could have utilized its power source to allow them to cross. Or, what most likely happened, if you rewind the geological time clock in that region for the plate movement, you discover that there most likely could have been a very massive earthquake around that same time, which would have caused a tsunami. And if you ever seen a tsunami, it sucks the water directly out of the bay, out of the, out of the shoreline. And that would have given them time to cross. And at the same time, it would have given a great reason for a flood to come and wash away all the soldiers because when that tsunami come in, what happens? You get washed away. And that's most likely what happened. Again, I don't believe in that kind of magic wand stuff. You know, I just, I just, you know, could it happen? Possibly. I think there's a lot more logic now. Did somebody direct this to happen in this way? The Anunnaki did. They have the kind of weapon that could cause an earthquake, that could cause a tsunami, that could suck the water out of a small sea and could allow people to cross and could have timed it to where it could wash back and flood out the, uh, the following soldiers. Now, Nikola Tesla created an, uh, an earthquake machine back in the 19, in early 1900s that rocked the whole building. He created that inside of an apartment. And so you think a, a species of people that one million years ahead of us couldn't create an earthquake? You know, a lot of this is all based on technology. When you start looking at what happened in ancient past based off of un uh, unexp um, sorry, um, misinterpreted technology, well then a lot of things open up. Now it's all easily explainable. We're dealing with people that were one million years ahead of us, technologically. One million years ahead. Imagine what we'll be. In 100 years, we went from a horse cart and buggy to sending remote control cars to other planets. Think about that. Now imagine where we will, where we will be in a million years. It's just... It's unfathomable. We're out there. I mean, we would be out there if we take back control of this planet. That's the key. That's the whole reason for this whole thing and all the movement and all the meetings and all the lectures and conferences and all the teachings and all the information. It's for us to understand that we have a birthright, and our birthright is peace, tranquility, unconditional love, and access to the galaxy. That's our birthright. It's been taken away from us. They did a scientific study on technology from the 1800s, and according to this study, the Arabs were so technologically advanced at that time that if it wasn't for the papal crusades that killed over 80 million people, we would have been on the moon in 1800. Think about that. You know where we would be right now? 1800, we would have been on the moon already. The papal inquisition is what literally destroyed all technology, all hope, and everything else, and put us back almost into the Stone Ages. It forced an ideology on the planet itself. And uh, I'm not batting down religion, but I'm saying that spirituality is really the true key. And that's, that's one of the real true mysteries, is your direct connection with source energy 
and not relying on a hierarchy of people to step up to get to the divine. That's a falsehood. That's a falsehood, and uh, unfortunately, a lot of people have fallen for it, but it's not really our fault or their fault. you got to realize, how did Christianity take over the entire planet? People go, oh, because it was written, and it was, you know, it's supposed to spread around the world before the end times, and it's all about love. No, that's not how it got there. Go back, and I really think, how did Christianity get spread around the planet? When I was talking to this guy the other day, he was a guy who was telling me he was, he was a Mexican guy. He was telling me he was proud of his Latino heritage. I was talking about Teotihuacan and Teotihuacans in the ancient times and how they were there before the Mayans. And I'm proud of my Latin heritage. You're not Latin, buddy. I'm sorry. You're an indigenous, native uh, Mayan. That's what you are. Huh? Yeah. How do you think you learned Spanish? How do you think your ancestors learned Spanish? Killed, murdered into it. They were, Kill people in front of your other family members and back then, and oh yeah, we better learn to understand Spanish because I don't want to get hung up like that. <laughs> How do you think black people learn English? How do you think we learn Christianity? If you ever hear a person of color complaining about the past and what happened, don't just disregard them and, and like be like, oh, whatever, it happened in the past. You can't do that. Those memories are inside of our DNA. That pain, that struggle, that anguish, that torment, that torture is still in us. It's still in us, and it talks to us. And it's not going to be gone just like that. It's going to take generations for that to go away. Part of this whole process is trying to reprogram ourselves. And slowly but surely, I'm seeing a more diverse crowd. We're beginning to reprogram. But it's going to take more generations for that to completely be gone. If it's ever 100% gone, that's, that'll be a miracle. But at least we can reprogram ourselves, reprogram our kids, and get them on another path, a path where a lot of that pain and that PTSD that's embedded into our DNA it's gone. We just have to understand that. Uh, and it's, it's just a fact of life. That's how it got spread around the world. It didn't get spread around, spread around the world because Jesus loves you. That's the biggest myth that's going on out there. So Zeus loves you. So he, Listen, if you go to the Congressional Library in Washington, D.C., there's two gigantic steel doors. What's on those doors? Both the Atlantean and Odin. There's also him. Both of his names. You think these people don't know what's going on out here, man? You know, they're laughing at us. It's like, they're never going to get up to speed. They're operating with these Egyptian mysteries and all this information, all this esoteric wisdom and knowledge that I'm telling you about every single day, but they're using it for evil. Because it can be used for evil and it can be used for good. It's the force. You can twist the force however you want, yin and yang. It's your decision. This is a free will universe. You have a conscious decision that you can make. So they understand that. They understand frequencies and vibrations. That's why all the building instructions are built with a specific harmony and resonant frequency. So green, we talked about earlier, Malachite represented joyfulness and was closely associated with the goddess Hathor. you got to go to the Hathor temple in Egypt. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal place. Grand Malachite was used, to, uh, was used as a pigment in painting and statutory Malachite jewelry was highly prized. Eye makeup was made from ground up Malachite and was also known to defend against certain eye uh, complaints, and wearing it has also seen invoking the protective power of the goddess. Hathor was also associated with another popular green stone, turquoise, known as Mephkat. The turquoise and gold bracelet found at the wrist of Queen Zer is the oldest piece of stone jewelry so far ever discovered, dating back to around 5500 BC. Turquoise was mined in Sinai, and its blue color symbolized fertility, good luck, and protection against the evil eye. The Egyptians also used glazed quartz to, great, uh, to a great effect, creating brilliant shades of green. In the Book of the Dead, the, the 
deceased is described as a falcon with the wings of green stone, and the pyramid text Horus is, is described as the lord of the green stone. Because of this, the connection with Horus, the hawk god, the eye of Heru, amulet, which is offered as protection and healing, was often green. During the mummification process, the heart was left in the body, and a green heart scarab was placed over to magically protect it from damage. So again, green. This is why green. Reason why Tope uh, chose green is a reason to this green. You know, like I said earlier, this is the reason why the United States chose green for money. They understand all of these things, and they try to alchemically change it through alchemy, through spiritual alchemy, and use it against you. In a world where dry eye symptoms keep coming back, inflammation in the eye might be to blame. Feel the ache and burn! One man learns the truth. Over-the-counter eye drops typically work by lubricating your eyes. They may provide temporary relief. But probably won't touch me! Tell me there's another way! There's hope for lasting relief with Zydra. Zydra works differently, targeting inflammation that can cause dry eye disease. Zydra! Yeah! Zydra treats the signs and symptoms of dry eye disease. Don't use if you're allergic to Zydra. Common side effects include eye irritation, discomfort or blurred vision, and unusual taste sensation. Why wait? Ask your doctor about a 90-day prescription and pay as little as zero dollars. Zydra. Uh -oh. Not today, dry eye. <laughs>
Hey there, welcome back. We're watching, listening to Mars Touch. Republican, Republican brutally dismantles impeachment argument. Not to continue to investigate something in the back when you cannot find any reason to impeach this president. That's why today I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. So the evidence is very strong against Hunter Biden. There is very little evidence that links Hunter Biden with Joe Biden. But we have three committees right now, the Oversight Committee, the Judiciary Committee, and the Ways and Means Committee. They just haven't found that link yet with Joe Biden. Okay, at this point, we've all enjoyed the debunking of the impeachment that never was, whether it be Democrats on the House floor. Oh my God, really? Oh my gosh, you know, oh, it's devastating. <laughs> Don't do it. Is that instead of getting to work to fund the government, they're trying to impeach Hunter Biden, I think, which, spoiler alert, is not the president of the United States. MSNBC hosts, if you want to understand just how ridiculous and cynical this impeachment attempt is, let me introduce you to Republican Congressman Ken Buck of Colorado, or even Fox News liberal voice of sanity Jessica Talo. And I learned some new things, but it's strange that members of the Republican Party who serve in Congress don't agree with him. So much so that they're on record saying things like this, David Joyce, Congressman, I'm not seeing the facts or evidence, Dusty Johnson. There's a constitutional legal test that you have to meet with evidence, and I haven't seen it. Don Bacon. There should be a direct link to the president and some of the evidence. I think we need to have more concrete evidence to go down that path. But what about a Republican, Ivan Fox, debunking each point of, quote, damning evidence one by one? Even the Fox News host looking like, well, Marjorie Taylor Greene doing simple math. So the evidence is very strong against Hunter Biden. There is very little evidence that links Hunter Biden with Joe Biden. Uh, Hunter Biden received a lot of money from Burisma, uh, a Ukrainian oil and gas uh, company. And Joe Biden fired a Ukrainian prosecutor named Shokin. Uh, the, uh, the, the theory, I guess, is that the Burisma paid money to Hunter Biden so that Joe Biden would fire Shokin because Shokin was investigating Burisma. One, there is little to no evidence that Shokin was investigating Burisma. Two, Shokin was uh, uh, targeted by the European Union um, as well as our State Department to be fired because he was more corrupt than the people he was investigating. And three, there is very little evidence to no evidence that suggests that Hunter Biden actually shared the money he got with Joe Biden so that Joe Biden would do something or that Joe Biden knew that Hunter Biden was getting money so that uh, Joe Biden would take these acts. Um, that's what has to be investigated, and I'm all for the investigation. Uh, not, not an inquiry with a label of impeachment, but we have three committees right now, the Oversight Committee, the Judiciary Committee, and the Ways and Means Committee that are investigating Hunter Biden's activities, and they're doing a great job. They're, they're uncovering a lot of good information. They just haven't found that link yet with Joe Biden. Unsatisfied with his rather stellar performance last week, Ken Buck, who for the record, by the way, I stand firmly opposed to on almost everything, aside from the ridiculousness of this impeachment and our mutual interest in making fun of Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene came out and said, we played the sound yesterday, that she's like, I'm not voting for any budget bill, no continuing resolution, nothing that doesn't involve the defunding of Jack Smith's special counsel office and everything that he's doing 
do you feel similarly about that issue as you do to defunding the FBI and the ATF and the DEA, et cetera? So, so George, when, when I was uh, teaching uh, law school, um, I learned and, and taught certain constitutional principles. When Marjorie Taylor Greene was teaching CrossFit, she learned a whole different set of values, evidently, because um, my idea of what this country should be like is based on the Constitution. And she sees the world differently. She's criticized me for, uh, you, you know, um, voting to uh, certify the election in 2020. The Constitution says Congress shall count the votes. It doesn't say Congress may overturn an election result. It doesn't say Congress can do whatever the heck it wants with this election. Shall count the votes. That's what the Constitution says. In her CrossFit class, maybe they didn't cover it. Identified into the lion's den, into Fox News of all places, the echo chamber filled with eye-grabbing headlines like damning evidence, impeachment hearing, downfall imminent, only to air things like this. Events, where's the quid pro quo? More whistleblowers and more bank documents now showing alleging bar bribery there and, and more. What do you say? What do you see? Well, again, that, that is a difficult thing to prove. Uh, what we are seeing is just mounting evidence. Senator Grassley and I laid out the vast web of financial uh, foreign entanglements of, of the Bidens in our September 2020 report. Uh, the, the complicit and corrupt media ignored it. Uh, they covered up the Hunter Biden laptop. And we aren't interested in uh, whether or not the accusations against Vice President Biden are accurate or not. We're in, responsible for making sure the FBI does its job, and uh, that's what we want to know. Okay, Senator, let and, me stop uh, you there. You, you just said you read the document, is that right? Yes. And what did it say? Well, I'm not going to characterize it. We're going to what exactly the Biden family was doing with our adversaries in China. Okay, we will see where the next chapter leads. James Comer, thank you for your time. It's, um, it's rather incendiary, and we'll see whether or not you're onto something. Again. Five years investigating. Nothing just yet. Ken Buck and many of his Republican colleagues are seemingly tired of the facade. The endless game of throwing full outrage at the unbuilt border wall and hoping that something sticks. Two days ago, you said that the time for impeachment is when there's evidence linking President Biden to a high crime or misdemeanor. You said, quote, that doesn't exist right now. Do you still feel that way tonight? I have not seen any evidence that links uh, President Biden to Hunter Biden's activities at this point. I will be getting a briefing later in the week. I'm looking forward to uh, understanding more of what the Oversight Committee has uncovered. But at this point, I have, I have not seen that evidence. Scheme maybe is onto the fact that people don't care. They care about the economy booming, by the way. In fact, only two presidents in American history with fewer jobs the day they left office than when they started. One was President Hoover. The other was Donald Hoover Trump. <laughs> Seriously, only two presidents of American history. And look, you may remember my predecessor promised to be the greatest job president in history. Well, it didn't really work out that way. He lost two million jobs over the course of his presidency. Two million. We created 13, we've created 13.4 million new jobs. We not only recovered all the jobs we lost during the pandemic, we've added millions more. 
We've seen record lows in unemployment, particularly, and I've focused on this my whole career, particularly for African-Americans and Hispanic workers and veterans. They care about workers' rights, lending support to unions. They care about lowering drug prices. They care about keeping schools safe, introducing red flag gun laws. They care about the right to choose, which, by the way, if you hadn't tuned in to NFL on Sunday, you missed quite the commercial. In America, we love football, chicken wings, cold beer, and contraception. IUDs, the pill, condoms, they give us the freedom to make the right decisions for our families. But some politicians are threatening our right to contraception and fumbling our freedoms. Last year, 195 Republicans in Congress voted against protecting our right to contraception. This time around, we're watching. Find out where your senators stand on the Right to Contraception Act. Are they protecting your freedoms? People are tired of the new but her email. So while I won't expect these same Republicans to be singing the same tune come election year when their front runner has it on every billboard and t-shirt, it's worth noting now so that we can... Hey Midas Mighty, love this report? We continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. There's a hidden cause of joint stiffness that won't show up on an x-ray. And you probably never heard your doctor mention it. And you sure as heck won't hear about it on one of those cheesy prescription drug commercials where they rattle off a laundry list of frightening side effects. You've probably been told to just accept it as a symptom of getting older or it's just normal wear and tear. But if you stick around for the next 90 seconds, I'm going to show you the hidden cause of joint discomfort and the simple do-it-yourself method you can do right now to free yourself from that joint agony and get back to living life the way it's truly meant to be lived. I know the leopard. He was in the middle of saying something. Reds, ones and threatens, live streams. Reds, deranged Trumper spread. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. So immediately after the Department of Justice unsealed its indictment of a Democratic Senator, Bob Menendez, MAGA Republicans, including Donald Trump's lawyer, Alina Haba, and others, went into overdrive to spread conspiracy theories. And they claim the reason the Department of Justice is unsealing this indictment and prosecuting a Democratic senator is part of a big cabal, deep state conspiracy. And the Democrats are just going after their own Bob Menendez in order to distract from the prosecutions of Donald Trump. This shows more of the Department of Justice corruption. Just think about the insanity of that conspiracy theory. This is all a master plan orchestrated, again, by a Democratic deep state cabal because only Donald Trump holds all of the secret answers, not 
that Donald Trump tried to overthrow our election. Donald Trump was found liable by a jury of sexual assault. Donald Trump stole classified Convicted records. Rapist. Donald Trump threatens our democracy and our institutions each and every single day. Donald Trump fraudulently valued his properties, and that's why he's being charged civilly by the New York Attorney General. And we could actually see the valuations on paper. We could read Donald Trump's deposition transcript where Donald Trump says, I just treat my properties like the Mona Lisa and value it however I want to value it. And the Saudis will pay me for whatever I want down the road. Anyway, Donald Trump's lawyer argued, by the way, in front of Judge Arthur Ngoron in the New York Attorney General case that, look, he's a billionaire. Billionaires can do whatever they want, to which Judge Arthur Ngoron banged his hands on the table and said, you can't lie on business records. You realize that, right? So let me show you here. This is Alina Haba, Donald Trump's lawyer, stating that the unsealing of the indictment of a Democratic senator is all part of a big Democratic hoax to try to further throw Donald Trump under the bus. I'm, I'm trying to understand this one. Watch this. It's completely, everybody look over here. We're totally impartial. We're trying to be fair. It's fake. It's fake news. What they're doing here is trying, it's just like how they brought a felony charge for guns only against Hunter Biden. Why? Because it's the only way that they don't have to dive into Joe Biden. This is more of the same. They're fooling the American public. And by the way, if anybody is silly enough to believe it at this point, I, I hope you get some help. I mean, our country is seriously compromised right now. We have a guy in the sure. White House who is being bought by China. And meanwhile, Trump's getting indicted. I mean, it's crazy to me. It's crazy. Outrageous. Yeah. And by the way, I could show you multiple clips like this. I'll just pick one at random right now from another MAGA Republican, MAGA Republican Congress member Clay Higgins, basically parroting the GOP line, which is this is all part of a DOJ plot to try to distract from the other nefarious things they are engaged in. I mean, the level of delusion and conspiratorial nonsense you have to grasp to get there is beyond power to hear. Play this clip of Clay Higgins. Oh, what tangled webs we weave, correct? First of all, let me say, I don't trust anything coming out of the DOJ. And I would not put it beyond them to to uh, go after Menendez as, a, as like a, a sacrifice to whereby they could pretend that they would would willingly and effectively investigate things like this to give them a little cover uh, for obviously not participating and helping the oversight committee upon which I sit in the house to investigate the, the Biden crime family. So I don't know if the senator did anything wrong or not. I'm, I'm hopeful that the justice system will figure that out, but I do not trust the Department of Justice. It's a great point. It's a great point. And this is what Stephen Miller, one of Donald Trump's top aides, wrote. Because, look, Democrats 
are calling for uh, Bob Menendez to resign. The Democrats are like, oh, this is the weaponization and the DOJ is going after Bob Menendez. No, Democrats, like, for example, Democratic Senator John Fetterman and mostly all Democrats are saying this guy, Bob Menendez, is corrupt. He needs to resign. He's presumed innocent. But based on what we know, get rid of this guy. He shouldn't be anywhere near a position of power. But, of course, what Stephen Miller's response to Democrats like John Fetterman calling for the resignation of uh, Bob Menendez, here's what Stephen Miller writes. Since John Fetterman obviously didn't write this, and quite clearly some other power urged its release, it should further fuel suspicions as to the timing, motive, and larger purpose of the DOJ removing the head of the Senate Foreign Relations. Again, what this is doing is so doubt, build a conspiracy, and then create some uh, cabal, deep state, whatever, and spread disinformation. And look, is legacy media going to call this out? No, we call this out at the Midas Touch Network. But this is the playbook of the modern-day MAGA Republican Party. Spread conspiracies, lean into people's vulnerabilities and the complexity of modern society, and then basically turn the MAGA Republican Party into QAnon and, and push that. And by the way, you may be going, oh, Ben, push QAnon. That's not really what they're doing. You Don't exaggerate, Ben. We come to you so that you can tell us the truth in an objective way. You can't say that the MAGA Republican Party and Donald Trump is spreading QAnon stuff and this is all related. We rely on you to tell me the truth. Well, let me show you. I'll prove to you that's the case. Here's what Donald Trump posted. All of these posts that he made all happened relatively recently. Donald Trump goes, where we go one, we go all. We the people from sea to shining sea, let freedom ring, patriots. It's your time. If America falls, the world falls. United we stand. God bless you all. Q plus. That's what Donald Trump posts. Q plus. A death cult which says the storm is coming, where the storm being Donald Trump will conduct public executions of the deep state democratic cabal. That's what they say. Oh, well, here's Donald Trump's post. He writes, we will... Stand tall in the storm. That's a repost. The QAnon terminology, the storm is coming. Or how about this repost by Donald Trump? We will stand strong in the storm, Q+. And it has a Q where his lapel is. How about this one? The storm is coming with a Q posted by Donald Trump right there. How about this one? Donald Trump reposting. Someone says, patriotic American alpha sauce. And it says WWG1WGA, which is the QAnon slogan, where we go one, we go all over the presidential seal. Could you imagine just for one moment if 
President Joe Biden posted a photo of himself and over the presidential seal had the slogan for QAnon, where we go on, we go all, or posted things with Q on. And, and by the way, I could show you 500 others because that's how many of those Donald Trump has done over the past 12 months. But I'm not going to show you the 500 others because that would make this video go much longer. But by the way, on the topic of Bob Menendez, do you remember when John Melendez, a.k.a. Stuttering John, did a prank? I think this was back in 2018 when Bob Menendez had the charges dropped against him on previous charges brought by the Obama administration. Obama administration, Department of Justice, brings charges against uh, Senator Menendez. Senator Menendez, there's a deadlock jury, so the court declares a mistrial, and then the Donald Trump Department of Justice, they drop the charges against Menendez as part of an overall policy not to prosecute people for corruption. And in this audio I'm going to play you, you will see Stuttering John, that's what he calls himself, um, call um, Donald Trump, prank Donald Trump, Trump believes he's on the phone with Bob Menendez and congratulates him for getting out of the corruption charges that the Trump DOJ dismissed. Play this clip. Hi, Bob. Hey, how are you? How are you? Congratulations on everything. We're proud of you. Congratulations. Great job. You went through a tough, tough situation, and I don't think a very fair situation. So, folks, we need to be tethered to the facts, tethered to objective reality, and we need to understand here what is going on, what's out at play. And the MAGA Republicans and their leadership recognize that legacy media is not covering this and that there's a void for them to fill it with this dangerous threats, with this dangerous conspiracy, with this dangerous disinformation. And that's why, share these videos, please. Let people know what's going on. You don't see this stuff here reported anywhere else, which is shocking to me because all I'm reporting on is, here's what they say. Here's what he posts. Here's what Alina Habba says. Here is what Clay Higgins says. Here is what Stephen Miller is posting. Here... Why don't we all call on the Justice Department to break up the corporate media monopoly, question mark? Only four corporations own all of the media. There are only four corporations that own all of the media. They are all awesome. It's right there in front of us, folks. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 2 million subscribers. Check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch as well. Have a great day. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report. That uh, Kevin McCarthy gets chewed up by his own party on live TV. This guy is just a rag doll living in a movie. Tries to remain all chipper. <laughs>
I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Judge Network. Can you get any more pathetic than this? <laughs> Here is MAGA Republican Kevin McCarthy, the weakest speaker of the House, saying that the reason that other MAGA Republicans want to shut down the government and not even allow debate to take place on a vote on spending bills is to basically make Kevin McCarthy look bad. He says they just want to shut it down to blame me. Last week you said that these holdouts are trying to burn the place down. Do you still feel that way? Well, if you're holding out now, you're trying to get a person into a shutdown. You, you've been stopping the bills from ever coming up. I don't know how you stand up and then say, well, he hasn't brought them up. The only reason they haven't come up, they've been out of committee, people have read them. I've been asking for amendments since back to July, so we can bring them up. But if you can't pass the rule, it's hard to bring them up. It's almost that they, they want to walk you into a shutdown and blame you for the shutdown. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think we should show we can govern, and that's what the majority of us all have been doing. Look, I watch what's happening on the border each and every day because of this Biden administration. I want us to secure our border. And I think everybody wants to be able to do that. But if you don't bring the bills up, it makes it very difficult for us to be successful. And when Kevin McCarthy's asked directly over the weekend if he believes there's going to be a government shutdown, his response is, well, I hope not. I hope not. I'm going to try to remain optimistic. Play the clip. Should Americans expect a shutdown at this point? No, we never give up. So you don't think there's going to be a shutdown? Look, I think we're able to work through this. At the end of the day, get there. Okay, how about doing your job? Kevin, how about at the most basic level, keeping our government funded and doing your job? Here's MAGA Republican Ralph Norman from this weekend. When asked directly on CNN if he believes there's going to be a shutdown, MAGA Republican Ralph Norman says, yep, there will be a shutdown. Play this clip. Uh, so do you think we're heading toward a, sh a shutdown? What, what's your sense of it right now? Yes, we are. Here's another interview of MAGA Republican Ralph Norman when he's asked the reasons for this shutdown. And the interviewer that's on PBS is saying to him, well, you know, unemployment's down, inflation, inflation's been going down. You know you're going to harm the economy. And this is very telling because this is how the MAGA Republicans feel. This is how... They view our country, and it's important that you listen to this and you share it with people who don't know what's going on. Here, MAGA Republican Ralph Norman says, this is what we need to teach this country a lesson. He wants people to suffer so that people can learn a lesson. And part of what he says as his justification, I'm going to show you the clip in just a moment, is he said, well, government shut down businesses during COVID. Well, first...
thought it was a deadly pandemic that killed over a million Americans. Second, Donald Trump was in office during that time period, but never let the actual facts get in the way of a agenda of MAGA Republicans to cause harm to us. Watch Ralph Norman here play the clip. Congressman, it's really striking to hear you say it's a 100% chance of going to a government shutdown now because we are just now in this country digging out of the hole from COVID and the, the hit that the economy took, but inflation is coming down, unemployment is at historic lows. Why risk damaging the economy further with a shutdown? Why risk borrowing more money at $20,000 a cycle that's going to add to the $32 trillion debt? But you do agree that a shutdown would also harm the economy, correct? Well, uh, it harmed the economy when the government shut the businesses down for a, for a virus. It harmed the economy when children couldn't go to school and they took them out of school for the length of time they did. And uh, the, the government's going to have to go on a diet. And a shutdown, if it happens, and I think it will, uh, will encourage everybody to come up, particularly Republicans. I don't think we'll have much bipartisan support. The answer the Democrats continue to give, which is, uh, which is bizarre, is more taxes and more spending. I'm just not going along. I'm not using my vote to go along with that. So a shutdown is, is going to be the result of I guess waiting to the last minute. So then MAGA Republican Tony Gonzalez is asked about a government shutdown and if you believe in Kevin McCarthy. And the response by MAGA Republican Tony Gonzalez is, I wouldn't bet on him and I wouldn't bet against him, is what MAGA Republican Tony Gonzalez says. And then he compares the situation at the border to school shootings. Play the clip. Have confidence in Speaker McCarthy's ability to lead? You know, I wouldn't bet on Kevin McCarthy, uh, but I also wouldn't bet against him. Uh, I'm in a district where I'm just trying to keep my head above water. You know, this border crisis is very real. It, it's, it's, it, Margaret, it's very similar to when a school shooting hits your town. And, and sadly, too many Americans know what that's like. Uh, or a hurricane. And, and this border crisis as, is as if a, a Category 4 hurricane has hit. So I don't have the time to, to pontificate on political futures for other, other people. We're just trying to keep our head yeah. above water here in Texas. You know, and you notice there Tony Gonzalez comparing the border to school shootings. That's a horrific comparison to make, uh, I guess, except for are MAGA Republicans actually taking any action instead of offering hopes and prayers or thoughts or performative stunts for either of those issues? So I want you to watch this. AOC over the weekend was asked numerous questions, and course, she talked about how MAGA Republicans are trying to shut down our government, how dangerous that would be. But here's a part of the interview I want to show you specifically, where AOC talks about the situation at the border, and she says, look, we need comprehensive immigration reform. We've introduced legislation to address the issue, but what we also need to recognize is some of the root causes of what's going on right now, and specifically, what we see right now, the biggest increase in migrants are coming from Venezuela as a result of sanctions, that the sanctions package that was championed by MAGA Republican Marco Rubio. That's where it comes from. So we need comprehensive immigration reform. We also have to think through our policies. And so in other words, MAGA Republicans are the arsonists, and then they come in claiming they want to put out the fire, 
but they really just want to be more arsonists and then use their propaganda channels like Fox and OAN and Newsmax and frankly large legacy media which peddles their conspiracies as well to then blame the Democrats and say, look, it's Biden's fault, look, it's AOC's fault, look, it's all, when actually Biden, AOC, and Democrats are trying to come up with solutions. Here, play this clip of AOC. It's a great clip. I definitely think that we need to have comprehensive immigration reform so that we aren't constantly doing this patchwork policy extensions. That has not happened for decades. But additionally, I think we also need to examine the root of this problem. Because if we are constantly engaging in foreign policy that drives people to our southern border. In this specific instance, uh, U.S. sanctions that were originally authored by Marco Rubio began and precipitated, certainly took a large part in the driving of populations to our southern border. Shortly after those sanctions, those broad-based sanctions... You're talking about Venezuela. Yes. Shortly after those broad-based sanctions were enacted, we started seeing uh, dramatic increases in these populations that were coming to our southern border. And so we have to address the root of these population movements and the migration crisis, and we also have to address the domestic U.S. policy issues when it comes to immigration reform. But you know the Maduro government has also been responsible for large parts of that. Are you saying that you want want the Biden administration to pull back pressure on him? I think we need to re-examine the nature of these sanctions. There are sanctions that are very specific, for example, the Magnitsky Act sanctions uh, that do actually focus on the decision makers and people who may be violating uh, norms, practices, civil rights, but broad-based sanctions that punish the overall economy and harm everyday working people that are driving them into the economic and political destitution that force millions of people, uh, both not just to the United States, but even to our regional partners. And I want you to compare for a moment. You can't actually compare and contrast what you just watched. This is Lauren Boebert over the weekend as well. She's asked a question about, um, she's on Fox, about, well, why, why did she engage in that behavior at the public theater where she was engaging in public sex acts with her boyfriend and blowing vape smoke in people's face and so that you know he, she, he, she gets a softball question from Jesse Water so were you drunk is that the issue and she goes no it was Beetlejuice that made me excited play the clip what happened you just had a little too much to drink no Jesse not at all I was very excited about the actual musical um, huge fan of Beetlejuice anyone should go and see the musical if it's in your area and please let me know how it ends because I've yet to see the ending. <laughs> so you were so enthralled by Beetlejuice, you got carried away. A little bit. You know, Jesse, it's been 20 years um, since I was in the dating scene. And back then, there were not infrared cameras um, watching my every move. Uh, but it's a lesson learned. Um, as I said, I'm truly um, humbled and apologize to uh, my, my people in Colorado's 3rd District. Um, those who I love. In my position, it is my responsibility to bring levity to my constituents' lives, never gravity. Um, Never should my actions burden those whom I represent. Uh, So uh, I will work uh, to only bring levity to them and uh, try to bring as much solutions as possible. This whole week has been a total distraction, Jesse. We are on the verge of a government shutdown. Um, We have uh, muscle memory in Washington, D.C., of a bipartisan muscle memory of those who want to continue to do business as normal. That's why we are at $33 trillion in debt. And I'll leave you with this clip right here. Congress member Eric Swalwell on the dysfunction of MAGA Republicans. Yeah, Congress. 
If you're over 40 and still using mainstream concealers, you're making a big mistake. Ever wonder why mainstream concealers don't deliver? Swalwell on the dysfunction of MAGA Republicans. Yeah, Congressman, why did you decide to do that? Why did you decide to call out um, the congressman there? Well, the American people, uh, you know, want the Department of Justice to work for them and, and to hear Jim Jordan, you know, make these baseless attacks on Merrick Garland. I, th I thought folks should know that Jordan has no credibility. And, and, and funny enough, as soon as I started speaking, he started running away as if I had like a congressional subpoena in my hand. Um, but we have to discredit uh, MAGA Republicans every time they try and land any of their points because these are pro-insurrectionists. They rooted for uh, the insurrection. Uh, they were part of inciting it. They acquitted it when we voted on impeachment. And they give comfort to it by going to visit uh, the January 6th. Uh, defendants, and so they don't have credibility. And, and then we have to pivot to, uh, you know, debunking any of the false claims they put forward, and also to let the American people know that if we were given the keys again to govern in Congress, that we'll focus and deliver on what they want. So discredit, uh, defend, and deliver. You know, the three Ds is, I think, the best way to deal with these guys. So what we see here is a pathetic, gaslighting MAGA Republicans do nothing. And then just blame. Remember that Ralph Norman clip. Think about that. As MAGA Republicans are engaged in this behavior, ultimately, where he was perhaps most honest, he wants you to suffer. They want you to suffer. And who's the they? It's not a both sides. It's the cruelty coming from MAGA Republicans. That's it. And by the way, I'd be open to having conversations and dialogue with Republicans who aren't like that, arsonists. But we need to have intelligible conversations, real conversations on issues, and MAGA Republicans aren't into that. They want to have these political stunts, this performative BS, as a power grab. You saw it right there. These are their words, folks. Tell me how you feel in the comments. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 2 million subscribers. Thanks to your support. Check us out at patreon.com slash Touch. Have a great day. Hey Midas Mighty, love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now.
Other life. Folks, Folks. I want to win re-election. I need you by my side for the next start. Whatever you're able to chip in, even if it's just a couple of things, you'll have a huge impact on our campaign. Jordy Micellis is on assignment right now. I don't think he'll be joining us for this show, but he'll be with us later in the week. Of course, we always miss Jordy when he's not on the show. But Brett, not me. the things that I discussed that Donald yeah. Trump did that are disgusting, these are just things that he said. As I said on Traitors who took part in January 6th insurrection. Flash show. We're going to show you the clips. This isn't me being hyperbolic. This isn't me exaggerating. This, frankly, doesn't require me, as I said on the last show, to get my archival shovel and start digging <laughs> to find this and go, oh, my God, this was a... How did I discover these things? Like, these are things he's saying every day, and a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the things that he said in normal times would be disqualified. If President Biden did just the fraction of the fraction of the fraction, he'd be done. You know who would be calling for him to be done also? Probably me, <laughs> because I want to hold people to standards. I'd probably be like, well, you're doing a q and I mean, I mean, you're not qualified. But this is who leads the cult that is the Republican Party that wants to shut down our government. Ridiculous. You know, it's really horrifying and sad to watch, but it's becoming increasingly apparent that Donald Trump has broken the brains of the media and they have never recovered. He attacked them and attacked them and attacked them and instead of saying we are going to do our jobs, we are going to step up fire. our games and we are going to hold this individual accountable, instead they are like flustered. They don't even know what to do and he literally says things out in the open, makes his posts for all to see and they run their main headlines every single day about President Biden's age. And the guy is only three years older than Donald Trump, and you're making this a story. It is absolutely absurd. Then they push these ridiculous polls that they even admit in their own article are outliers and are BS. And they're trying to create this narrative that I am certainly not buying into. And while they do that, while...
they fill the airwaves of their 24-hour news cycle. They have 24 hours to say any of this. 24 hours. And what do they do? They just talk about the same two or three subjects nonstop. And the thing that really bothers me, and we're going to see this today on this episode of the Midas Touch podcast, is they always accept what the Trump people say at face value. They always take their word for it and parrot their exact talking points rather than actually presenting the evidence that runs counter to everything that these people are saying and doing. They instead are like spouting a press release from the Trump campaign day in and day out. It is absolutely disgusting, but we need to keep the heat on because our democracy depends on the actual truth getting out there. People actually seeing the plans that Donald Trump has in store were he to be reelected. And at the top, I should mention that Ron Filipkowski, editor-in-chief of Midas Touch, just published an absolutely incredible and vitally important piece on the Midas Touch Network website. That's MidasTouch.com. It's 27, 27 things that Donald Trump has promised he will do if he's reelected president. And these are things that are glossed over each and every day by so many of these legacy media outlets. And this is actually the core of when you actually drill down, okay, he's saying crazy things, he's spouting all this nonsense, but what is he actually promising to do if he were given the opportunity to have power once again? I think when you see these 27 points all backed up with sources and the dates that Donald Trump made his proclamation, I think it is absolutely jaw-dropping. And I urge everybody to check that article out right now at MidasTouch.com and share it with everybody you know, because I just don't think that these messages are getting out there. Well, look, the coverage by CNN was no different than the coverage by these, like, wackadoodle right-wing media outlets like Right Side Broadcast Network. They're almost saying the same things. And Donald Trump said that he's pro-worker and he's going to reach across to union workers. That's what CNN was saying, parroting what Donald Trump is saying, which is clearly lies and clearly part of his gaslighting campaign. But let me let me show you this. Let's go through the lowlights of what went down at Donald Trump's speech in South Carolina. And then I'm going to show you some of the posts that Donald Trump made recently. And then we'll compare it the coverage out there so you can see that legacy media just doesn't get it. In addition to Donald Trump just saying the most dangerous things and vile and weird, there's serious issues. This isn't, oh, he's got cognitive decline issues, blah, blah, blah. He really does. He really does. Before our very eyes, last week he was talking about how he believed he ran against Barack Obama in 2016 and that he's running against Barack Obama now. Last week, Donald Trump said that President Biden's going to start World War II. And at his most recent speech that just took place in South Carolina, here are the types of things that he was saying. Trump believed that Jeb Bush was the president that got us into the war in Iraq. And watch him short circuit on this clip. Play. It's less than four months before the Season starts. We start in Iowa. We go to New Hampshire. We come down here. You know, the beauty was when I came here, everyone thought Bush was going to win. And then they took a poll and they found out Trump was up by about 50 points. Everyone said, what's going on right here? They thought Bush because Bush supposedly was a military person. Great. You know what? He was a military. He got us into the uh, 
He got us into the Middle East. How did that work out, right? But they all thought that uh, Bush might win. Jeb. Remember Jeb? He used, he used the word Jeb. He didn't use the word Bush. I said, you mean he's ashamed of the last name? And then they immediately started using the name Bush. Never forget it. And it gets worse from there. Here, Donald Trump thinks that windmills are like frequently killing whales. And this is what he's talking about. He goes, you know, they want your ships to go 11 miles per hour, but the rail issue are windmills. And they just, there's more whales being killed by windmills. This is making this stuff up. And by the way, what in the world are you talking about? Here, play this clip. The Biden administration is right now trying to bludgeon the boating and maritime industry. We were just discussing it with a lot of boat companies back there that create a lot of jobs and having a hard time. With a boat speed limit of less than 11 miles an hour, about 10 miles an hour. In other words, like a slow golf cart. It's like, a, think of it, along the entire eastern part of our country. This is supposedly in the name of preventing whale strikes. But you have a better chance of being struck by lightning than hitting a whale with your boat. There has only been, listen to this, one such whale killed off the coast of South Carolina in the last 50 years. But on the other hand, their windmills are causing whales to die in numbers never seen before. Nobody does anything about that. They're washing up and show. I saw it this weekend. Three of them came up. They wouldn't, you wouldn't see it once a year. Now they're coming up on a weekly basis. The windmills are driving them crazy. They're driving, they're driving the whales, I think a little batty. The windmills, they're driving the whales a little batty. Like this it's, is not, this is unwell, like like a, a very sick and disturbed individual. Like what he's saying is dangerous. Yeah, like no. an adult, deranged person. Like before our eyes, like up there, what in the world is he talking about? And, and, and here's another one, ready? Donald Trump in this one is joking with the crowd, or maybe he's being serious, that he should have given himself the Congressional Medal of Honor because he flew into Iraq when he was president. Play this clip. I said, you got to be, I flew to Iraq, remember? And I came back, remember that brave flight when we landed on a runway with no lights? And I said, I want the Congressional Medal of Honor for myself. I said, am I allowed to give myself the Congressional Medal of Honor, Russell? And they said, I don't think that would look too good, sir. I said, I agree with you on that. And here, Donald Trump falsely suggests that China inflicted COVID on the world because Trump was being tough on China. Watch this clip. Paid us hundreds of billions of dollars. Not one president got 10 cents from China. I got hundreds of billions of dollars from China. They weren't too happy with me. Hence the China virus. Okay, and here Donald Trump goes on a really weird and bizarre rant about migrants having cell phones and saying that our veterans don't have cell phones. What I do know is that MAGA Republicans were fist bumping and celebrating when they were voting against the PACT Act, when they were voting against giving health care that our veterans so desperately need as MAGA Republicans want to defund and dismantle the VA, that's what their policies are. But here's what Donald Trump's talking about, that migrants with cell phones and veterans don't have cell phones. Weirdest thing, they come in by the tens of thousands, sometimes a day, and they all have, they have cell phones. I'm saying, where did they get the cell phones? 
Everybody has a cell phone. They're all talking on these beautiful cell phones, and they're expensive ones, too. They're nice ones. Somebody who's into that said, those are good phones. And then I say, who, pay, who pays their bills? Who's paying the bills, Marjorie? You want to check that? I'll give it to Marjorie. She'll figure that one out fast. No, but you ever notice? They're all coming in with cell phones. Our veterans don't have cell phones, do they? It's like the worst, most dangerous stand-up routine that is destroying our country. And they just sit there, the people, and they, and they eat it up. And it's like, what are you even saying? What are you even talking about? And the worse he gets, like the more deranged he gets, the more they applaud at these events. It's truly a kind of just an ongoing vicious cycle of Trump where he is just constantly pivoting to. Have you heard him too while he's speaking? He doesn't seem to even know where he's going with his sentences. He'll be like, and then I told him, and then have you heard about the China virus, the China, and the whales, the whales, the, the dolphin? And you're like, big boats. Boats. What are you even talking about? But what I like is that he's at least leaving no doubt that he's not making errors while he's speaking, that these are things that in his mind actually make sense. Like, you could have written off that Jeb Bush clip as, oh, so he got Jeb wrong instead of it, George W. Okay, so he mixed up the name quickly. But then he goes on for like the whole minute talking about, and then you saw his name, Jeb, Jeb, Jeb. He, he ran against me. You didn't get the last name. I told him, why are you, are you ashamed of that last name, Jeb? Jeb, and then he went back to Bush. Oh. It's like, what? what is happening in this just, like, deranged brain of his? If this person were sitting next to you at Thanksgiving dinner or any sort of holiday dinner, you would question their sanity. You would probably seek psychiatric help for that family member. You certainly would not say, you know what? You know what? This, this person in my family, this cuckoo uncle sitting at the table ranting about dolphins flying into windmills or, or whatever the hell this guy is saying, we should give that guy the nuclear codes. How about that? Let's give, let's give the, the dolphin windmill guy the nuclear codes. So what was CNN covering? Did CNN do the analysis that we just did? And by the way, I would think that the red alert that we just did here on the show is an existential threat that this is someone who is leading the Republican Party and who they're considering giving the nuclear codes to again, that's how I would cover it, right? That's how I would devote my network time. That is how we're devoting our network time. But no, the CNN coverage not only focuses on Donald Trump claiming to be pro-worker and that he really cares about union workers, but they also go on with like, how loud and how boisterous this rally is and this event is. And it's really not that loud. Like, I want you all to pay attention. Like, yeah, Donald Trump is speaking, which is what's distracting the person who's uh, talking because there's another one person speaking in the back. But it's not like there's this, you know, huge amount of applause in the background and you can't hear. Like, no, you could hear it's pretty quiet. And they go, oh, we can tell how loud these rallies are and how big these events are. And he's talking about what a pro-worker 
president he would want to be. Here, play this clip. Endorsed Joe Biden. They have not yet endorsed in 2024. Donald Trump has been posting about this on social. His team believes that while he has had complications with unions in the past, that he can sell himself as pro-workers, essentially turn on the Biden administration and their green plans, their electric vehicle plans, say that they're going to kill jobs, and say that Donald Trump himself is pro-worker. Now, whether or not that will work, of course, remains to be seen, but this is a group of people that in a general election, Trump does believe he can siphon votes off of. Kristen, you're a pro. If it is that loud in her microphone, <laughs> I can only imagine how loud it is in real life. We've been there and we know. Oh my God, Kristen, you're a pro, Kristen. You're talking, Kristen? Wow, he's talking. You're such a pro for just that. What are you talking? And that's what it's like when I watch that, I'm looking at these robots. Like, I'm looking at these people whose brains are apparently just mush. Like, destroyed. Like, that's your takeaway from all of this. Christian, what a pro you are. You're able to speak while he's talking in the background. Great job, Christian. I mean, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, you're not you're not going to mention the actual things that he's saying, and then you're not going to fact check those live. You're just going to be like Donald Trump say he, he you know he says he's pro worker. Well, so you know we're going to see if that messaging works. But Donald Trump, you know, insisting he's very pro worker out here, and it is loud and boisterous, and boy are people excited. <laughs> you're doing okay. a great job.